This is the Jason Kavnis Experience, hosted by Jason Kavnis. Join Jason as he talks to small business owners and startup founders and other interesting people as we gain great insights about business, people, leadership, HR, and how each guest strives to be great every day. The Jason Cavendish Experience is sponsored and brought to you by Cavendish HR. At Cavendish HR, we deliver HR to companies with 49 or fewer people while automating HR products and services for providing you access to a dedicated HR business partner. Here at Cabinets HR, we're currently providing employee handbooks and HR policies at no cost to companies with 49 or fewer people in the city of Seattle. Hello, and welcome to Jason Cabinets Experience. I'm your host, Jason Cabinets. Our guest today who's right now taking selfies is David Robertshaw. <laughs> David, thank you for being here today. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah, so I got some food. A few might be hungry. So this is a so you're from Texas too, right? Yeah. He's in so Texas. two blocks, well, not two blocks down the same street is a place called Central Saloon. Supposedly opened since 1892. Mm-hmm. Like Nirvana got started there. Mm-hmm. Um, man, what's the guy who sings the, the Big Butt song? Um, yeah. The uh, uh, Big Butt. Uh, uh, I like Posse on Broadway. Posse on Broadway song. I can't think of his name right now. <laughs> but he used, to, he used to perform there. Yeah. Well, anyway, they, they actually have actual Texas brisket there, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's called Texas brisket. Yeah, it was like Central Texas. Authentic. Yeah. And then every authentic. night, every night they have live music every night at 8, 8 p.m., mm-hmm. which is pretty good. That's good. That's really good. And you got some hot pickles, some, I don't know if you like onions, some mac and cheese. The mac and cheese is okay. I've had better, but. Jason, Jason doesn't hold back. He hooks it up. <laughs> he hooks it up. So let's start, get started. Um, you're born and raised in Texas? Yeah. Uh, well, some of it. Um, in between. Houston, yeah. He's good up just a little bit. Yeah, Houston, Dallas. Okay, all right. Yeah. What? What? Which? Which? What do you call home? Mm, I would call Houston home. Okay. Yeah. Because it's like a little um, competition, Houston, Dallas, right? Yeah. Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you go to Dallas talking about Houston stuff, you can get beat up. <laughs> they they are serious. <laughs> now you don't mess with the Cowboys or the Texans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I started following the Texans this year just because the, the quarterback has the bottom, but man, I see a big time Houston Oilers fan, right? Yeah, yeah. Earl Campbell, Dampus mm-hmm. Greening, mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. people, right? And then that bum fuck ass owner took him to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, Mr. Oilers, Mr. Oilers. <laughs> so, yeah. um, after, so you joined the Marines right after high school? Right out of high school. Okay. I got by a cafeteria recruiter. So why, why the Marines? Um, but, are you gonna well, be like everyone else? Say it was because of uniforms? Uh no, not because of uniforms. For me, uh, I, I I remember exactly where I was when 9-11 happened. And um, and I really wanted to do something about it. And I ended up joining uh, infantry, 4311. I was supposed to be counterintelligence. I felt a piss test. And uh, they put me in infantry. Uh <laughs> counterintelligence down to infantry. So I ended up going demolitions, 0351, and became a squad leader uh, from there. And yeah. yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Are you in the military in the Marines? Uh, 2008. 2008. And I ended up getting hurt while I was there. Uh, came home and, um, and somehow I'm still surviving because you're most likely to get shot here in America than you are at war. Isn't that, isn't that crazy though? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's like, crazy. I, I went to Afghanistan twice, right? It's like it's like one second of pure horror mm-hmm. and ninety nine thousand whatever of the pure fucking boredom. Boredom, boredom. As soon as you get here, though, mm-hmm. <laughs> every like, other minute. Yeah, like especially where I'm right in the Pioneer Square, you always have you have to have your head on the swivel around here, unfortunately, right? For real, no, for real. <laughs> you got mental cases, you know, like you know, like mm-hmm. so when I pulled up the park this morning, private expedition. I parked in the street. I got early enough park street. Mm. Right in the, like the, the storefront, right? There's this lady. Mm. She's here all the time. She's like, obviously mental case, right? Yeah. She yells at herself, you know, talking mm. to trees, right? And mm. like, like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I, like I say, people have way more money waste more than me having figured this shit out. Yeah. Oh, there, there, since I got out here to Seattle, you know, I, um, I noticed that, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people that's just strung out. They call it blue. Out here, uh, I'm assuming that's been no, um, but it is like zombie town yeah. in certain. I just like that is crazy. It reminds me of Las Vegas at two o'clock at night. Did it? Yeah. So I got two stories for you. First, my nephew Jalen came to stay with us like a couple weeks, a couple summers ago. Mm-hmm. And back then, I was working on the WeWork in, in downtown, like on 12 Third Avenue. Mm-hmm. I'm forget the first day we caught the we caught the train from Dupont. I mean, from Lakewood. Guy who got off the train walking. He looked at me dead in my eye, like Uncle Jason. Are they filming Walking Dead here? Like, what the fuck is going on here, right? <laughs> it's real. That's real. No, for real. <laughs> At one time, I say, Uncle Jake, I had to actually record this, right? So you mm-hmm. did a video, right? This guy was on, dressed as a bird. Yeah. At the stoplight, like, talking like a bird. Yeah. Like, talking yeah. like a bird, right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's he was me. in a whole different realm. Yeah, you're like, what in the world's going on? Right? He was in the shadow realm, yeah. having a great time. Like, I know it's all these like hot tech people, all these high smart people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say, like all these tech people. I, I, I assume they have money, right? Mm-hmm. And they have all this right here. Like, there's no middle ground here. Yeah, but that's a, that's at a lot of places. It is. Um, I uh, a lot of the places I've gone to, you go to the really nice neighborhoods, and like right behind, like one street away in these rich areas. Or it's basically the hood where the servants, where the workers yeah. live. You know, they don't live in a nice area. They live right outside of it, but it got to yeah. be enough, close enough to transmute. Yeah. So it's like you go, you go to a rich neighborhood, one block over is Martin Luther King's yeah. Boulevard. <laughs> and, and this is bad to say, but isn't it like crazy? Like every city, of course, there's generalization, of course. Mm-hmm. Every city was a Martin Luther King Boulevard. There's some, there's some like violence going down. Yes. Like Martin Luther King is not known for like peace and love anymore, right? Oh, yeah. Like, not his street. No. That's real. That's real. It reminds me of that Netflix special, They Clone Tyrone. Yeah. It was like, how do you have the same, how do, how do you have literally the same demographic type of people on the, on the same street, the same name street in every area yeah. if it's not done on purpose? I, 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 I'll go one far. I bet if you did like a study, like a, we'll say a one mile radius of every that street across all cities, mm-hmm. but it had the same percentage of uh, liquor stores, mm-hmm. same percentage of you know yes, and but and will be no grocery store be found anywhere. Yes, it it is is horror. I think it's more. I think to be frank, I feel like it's extremely evident in in minority na- neighborhoods, but this is something that's prevalent for the entire country. Yeah. Like it's all set up to uh to enslave me in some way. Yeah. I go to the corner store just to fill up gas. What do I see in front of me? Yeah. Cigarettes. That's going to kill me and yeah. get me addicted. Alcohol at the grocery store. You, you know, all of these things and just don't like, me. It's not like, the, you know, what I call like a healthy beer, the like papucha or the IPA. Mm-hmm. It's like the malt liquor. Yeah. The, in, in the 40 ounce. 
<laughs> yes, they have you on the corner dancing. And, and you better not not finish whole forty ounces. Then you're not a man. <laughs> no, you got to finish it. You put some hair on your chest. <laughs> yeah, that's real. That's that real. Crazy? Like I never been to Chicago. I heard like in Chicago, like you know, it's like so segregated. So you got like one part you no know, black people, one part Polish, mm-hmm. one part Slavic. So like so yeah. segregated there, right? Yeah, yeah. Then had like like little islands. Yeah, they had there. Uh, I haven't spent too much time down there, but I know that those people down there are stacked up like roaches, yeah. like this, like nothing but high rises. And if you have a house, you're a millionaire. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was just talking to my niece earlier. She lives in a town called Antioch, California. It's like an hour oh. something of San Francisco, right? Yeah. I just remember asking, hey, you know, what do you pay for? I'm just curious. She told me the amount, like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's Kelly. <laughs> like and and I've been a place. It's not the best place, right? Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. it's like okay, like you have to have your head square longer to look apartment complex, mm-hmm. right? I'm like, what the? Fuck? Yeah, and then she has to pay for parking. Yeah, yes, yes, you do. Look, let me tell you, I have a special heart for California. I have a special heart for California, and it's not. It's definitely not because of the, the prices. <laughs> but I had a special heart for California. I spent a lot of time down there before I started my business and everything. Um, I started off as a life coach and after my father died and everything, I shot straight out going state to state. California, I spent a lot of my time at. Let me tell you, let me tell you, it was so hard. Even if you got the money, finding a place down there is super freaking hard right now. But 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 even if you didn't have the money, they have this thing that you don't find in other city, in any other city that I've seen so far. They have these pod apartments. Where, I've heard of those. Yeah, yeah you heard of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like really big down you there. You hear that one time a few years ago, this this family, they they were written out the garage. Mm-hmm. Not not <laughs> and it was, it was the garage, like no access to the house at all, just the garage. That's crazy. The empty garage, like you can put your furniture and the stuff you know. Yeah, park the driveway. Like, yeah, and and pay about twelve hundred still. Yes, <laughs> just for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like I gotta go to San Francisco probably next month or a month farther to, to do my fundraise. So I'm looking at Airbnbs, right? Oh, I found Lord. one Airbnb because, you know, can't be too far away mm-hmm. from action, right? Mm-hmm. One Airbnb, this guy's renting his house out. He has like a four-bedroom house. Somehow he has like four bunk beds to eat in mm-hmm. each room. Mm-hmm. He's like, he can put 60 people in there. He's trying like 50 bucks a night oh. just to have the bed, right? Oh, wow. And that's, that, that's actually a deal, right? Yeah. Just 50 bucks, free parking, access to the house 24-7. Parking, yeah. But the but thing is, you would Potentially 16 other people you don't know, right? Yeah. Now, I don't know about that one. Yeah, that's... Yeah. I mean, I have did that on big, uh, on Venice Beach. I went and stayed at this place called... Uh, um, uh, it was uh, Podshare. Podshare, that's the name of it. And it's like little cubicles. And yeah. it's open to the whole community. It's like a commune or whatever. Um, it was actually a really cool experience mm-hmm. because people, you know, chilling That's beautiful the beautiful area. This house is like everyone's like startup founders doing yeah. stuff to be kind of fine. Yeah. But, but so, so my niece, she lives like an hour away from everything, right? Yeah. So I was thinking like, you know, then me paying some random stranger to Airbnb, I'll just pay rent for a month. Mm-hmm. But she told me about it, I was like, good Lord, I don't know if I want to do this, right? <laughs> I got to pay, I'll send my pay to rent for a month. Uh-huh. And then like, but then I had to drive an hour back and forth, you know, so I don't know what I'm going to do, right? Yeah. But it's like, she told me the price, like, Oh goodness! What's the range? Was like like over over close to twenty five hundred. <laughs> it's like a two bedroom, like maybe seven hundred square feet. It's not it's not big it. at all. Yeah, I could do it. I I get an RV before I do this. <laughs> she has a, a son the tenth grade, so yeah, that kind of plays it to you. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So Houston, I don't people a lot of people know that Houston is actually a pretty diverse place, right? Like there's a lot of like 
Jamaicans, Vietnamese. Is the number one number one most diverse uh, city in the entire United States. Even more diverse than New York City? Way more diverse than New York City. I would have known that. I, yeah. I would have bet you money that New yeah. York City is bigger. New York's bigger, yeah. but it's not more diverse. Okay. So talk about the diversity that you had when you growing up. Uh, well, uh, and so I spent, so I spent the first part uh, from all the way up, you know, from childhood to the age of 14 in Dallas, living on a farm in the country side. And then I came to the city when I was 15 and spent the rest of my life there. And, um, you know, it brought the hood at me, you know what I'm saying? Um, it, it was. Hey, while you're talking about Jessica Cam, you're a little bit taller than I thought you were. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's um uh, your head off. Oh no or, worries, no worries. No, Houston, um, Houston is um, you know, I, I I one of my good friends, Tony, he was a Vietnamese kid. Um, and I, I was really close with him and his family. I was learning. Yeah, I don't Vietnamese. think people realize how many Vietnamese people are in Houston because mm-hmm. I mean I agree one, but I think when they came over in the boats after Vietnam War, mm-hmm. for some reason a lot of them went to Houston. Mm-hmm. There's no better fa than in Houston. <laughs> If, if anyone goes to Houston, visit Fu One and Fu Two, okay? And there's another place called Fu You, like really, the Fu You. So I, I was in Vietnam for 10 days in September. Yeah. That's, I ate so much further. It was ridiculous. Nice, I had a great time. Nice. Is, it, is that, is it, did it taste like more authentic? Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Mm, Ross, something else. Love me some good eating. Uh, Houston, uh, good eating all the way through. One thing about Houston is so big, um, you can't live there without a car. That was one of the big differences that I experienced coming up here. It's like to get to from the north side of Houston to downtown, it takes 45 minutes. And that's crossing three cities out here. And isn't, I, I, I remember seeing somewhere that Houston is actually bigger, bigger than the state of Rhode Island or the state of Delaware or something like something crazy like that. Y- yes, 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 it is. It is way too big. Uh, even um, we even have the world's biggest highway, Katy, Katy Freeway, 11 lanes. I don't know that. Yeah, the world's biggest highway. And it's still got traffic. <laughs> yeah, so there's like really no public transportation there, right? Not really. Not really. Um, is the trains are, we don't, they're not really good on the trains. They got buses, but they don't go everywhere. Um, so the, tra- the Dallas has public transportation on point. But Houston, yeah. nothing. So when you came back from Marines, talk about your transition from being a Marine to being a civilian, so to speak. It was traumatic. I could not find a job. I did not want to be a police officer. I ended up becoming a security officer. And I didn't want to become a police officer because I knew that there was a like, big, bigger chance of me dying. <laughs> you know? Um, and so I ended up going security um, uh, for a while. And... Um, yeah, it was it was quite hard because I didn't I didn't have any skills that I had. I didn't I didn't built any skills up. And so coming back, I didn't really have any support. Uh, it took me some time to be able to access the VA. Um, and and they really tried to and the military really tried to um, mess me up. on so I ended up giving away some of my rights when I left the military. Um, uh Marine Corps, they real good at fucking you over on things. And so after I got hurt, and this is before uh, Obama changed a lot of things, but after I got hurt, I had the opportunity to possibly go back after two years um, in a pondoctor, 
approval. Um, two years passed, got doctor's approval, but then Fort Hood happened. And they changed the whole reenlistment process. And, um, and I was not able to go back because that was my, my intentions. But because of that document I signed, I gave up my GI Bill. I gave up a whole bunch of stuff um, to have the opportunity to come back. And just to be told, I can no longer come back. It put me in a precarious predicament. So, like, no one told you, like, not to sign a document or they were just, like, they tricking you to it or how that happened? I didn't have anyone to support me. I had, it was a, it was a Navy, it was a Navy, uh, forgot his rank, but it was a, it was a Navy officer that tricked me into signing that. <laughs> Crazy. And, and, yeah. And so you signed over your whole job, yo? Yeah. Uh, I, try, I signed over everything. I signed over everything. Um, I told I was told that I'd be able to to come back, you know. And so they made it seem like made it seem like oh, you're just leaving the hill and you're gonna come back. And what they really wanted was for me to leave without any benefits. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, did you have any like good memories of the Marines? Um. Yeah, my fellow Devil Dogs. You know. Um. You know, we had. You know our share of fights, but it was it was all love, you know. And when we hit the town, we hit the town. I had so from what I could remember during our good time, <laughs> from the times I could remember, I remember a good time. <laughs> and how many years were you in? Uh, two years. Oh, just two years. Okay, yeah. all right. And where were you stationed at? Uh, I spent I spent almost all of my time at Camp Pimlico. That's all of California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hollywood Marine. Um, yeah, I end up I end up hurting my shoulder on Mount Smoky doing a training regimen um, uh, before uh, before shipping out to uh, Iraq. I was supposed to do a tour in Iraq, and I end up hurting your shoulder pretty bad. Okay. You know, this still bother you? Uh, yes, I can't do certain exercises. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lifting this up, yeah, it's it pops. <laughs> uh, and uh, they wanted to do surgery on my collarbone, but the documents they wanted me to sign uh, from the Navy was basically saying they can leave a fork in me and I can't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so you got the Marines, you had some trouble transitioning. What finally you got off the hump? Like, don't make you like train, like, Get a hold in your life, so to speak. Like what transition? Like you had a mentor come in, or you just figured out on your own. It was it was a lot stranger for me. Um, it was a lot stranger for me. Um, I, I, I'm pretty spiritual, um, but at this time, I'm definitely not. Um, I actually after after uh, leaving the military, I actually went down a pretty bad road, depression stuff for a while, and um, and. One day, uh, and I ended up getting involved in drugs and stuff like that. I was really young, drinking and stuff, and just trying to forget my problems. And one day, I remember my father, oh, God rest his soul, uh, he had basically kidnapped me from my apartment. I, was, I had moved to Dallas, Pleasant Grove. But he had kidnapped me and took me to the country, lived in the country. And he, uh, he held me for three days, and on the third day, he had took me to church when I went to church with him. But I remember sitting in a church and the people was praising and worshiping and I'm at the front pew because I didn't want to be bothered with nobody. And um, 
I remember all of a sudden seeing myself in third person, like looking down at myself, whole congregation. I have to ask, were you on anything? Were you smoking anything? Like, nope. No. Okay. Three days completely sober. Okay. My dad is kidnapped. Were, were you eating and stuff? And hmm? were you eating? I was eating. Okay. I was eating. It wasn't like water. it was like a Moses fast and yeah, God it was you. Okay. No, it was it was it was strange because it was like nothing leading up to it. You know, it wasn't like a byproduct of a fast, and it's not something that's not something that's happened to me um, since. Um, not not like to that level. So what happened um, as they're worshiping? I all of a sudden see myself in third person looking down at myself in a congregation and I see myself like fall over, like, like as if I had died from heart attack, I had clutched my chest and I fell over to the side on the pew and it looked to me as like, as if I died and, uh, and it scared me so much, it scared me so much that, um, you know, I told my dad everything I was involved in and I made a really big change. Like everything, everything, everything. Okay, I told him everything. And how he reacted? That was like, thanks, you know, son. Good for telling me. We're like, oh my god, son. I didn't know you were that fucked up. <laughs> it was like, yeah, it was the, it was the ladder. What the fuck, son? <laughs> it was the what? Like the I fuck. didn't, I didn't raise you like this. <laughs> it was the what the fuck. It was, it was a big what the fuck. <laughs> but it, 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 that, that vision, whatever that was, that scared me that bad, and it really made uh, my life take a big change. Um, I end up, I end up become, I end up joining the church for a good 10 years. I end up becoming a youth pastor. Um, I'm no longer uh, a part of that church. I'm a lot more spiritual than I am, uh, than I was, you know, than, than religious. Um, but it was, it was definitely a supernatural experience that changed my, my whole direction. Yeah. And so, you say you're not religious anymore, right? No. What what caused that come about? Uh, well, while being a youth pastor, you know, I've had uh, you know, I preached all over Houston, and in in several different places in the states, New York, and and I got the chance to meet a lot of different pastors, bishops, and and I realized. You know, once you do it in so long and you're living like this lifestyle that's like really strenuous and devout, and then you meet these other people that are higher up than you. Now I realize I'm gonna start asking myself the question, am I the only one that's like like trying to do it? Let's so how does one become a preacher, right? I mean, like, is it just I'm Jason Cabinet, so I'm gonna preach to whoever I want, as long as they give me ten percent of the money or like <laughs> You got to be certified. Like, is the process like how does it work? Uh, well, for me, I can't. Uh, for me, I was uh, pointed out by a pastor. Uh, traditionally, it's through the right hand of fellowship. And I know that we we've regulated um, these things, and usually, you know, you get your certification, seminary, or whatever. Um, but traditionally, it was through the right hand of fellowship. The only like the Freemasons uh, to to become one, you got to ask one. You know, and so to become a pastor or to gain position, um, you had to have uh, somebody in position to lay hands on. Yeah. And so what made you like kind of transition from being religious to like this spiritual? Like something happened or was it like a... Oh, well, um, uh, well, after my father died, after my father died, well, before my father died, before my father died, I had a extremely spiritual moment where it felt like it seemed like I like 
a lot of information was downloaded to me, it felt like. And, um, and I was given information that, um, that seemed like it was telling me things that was going to happen in the future. And, um, and it was so strongly, um, felt, felt it so strongly that I believed it. And then when my father, in which it had me to go on this search, I started searching ancient texts everywhere, trying to understand parapsychology and things of that nature. And then, um, and, and it led to me having some more strange happenings. Um, and then my, when my father died and that's when, that's when it really changed. And that's what actually led up to the creation of black muse. Um, I was going state to state as a life coach, um, um, teaching, uh, you know, these spiritual teachings that I had downloaded and, uh, and it was really good until, and then when I got to here in Seattle, um, I ended up becoming a life coach. As soon as I got down the same month, I got down here. Um, and becoming a life coach at the Echo Glen Children's Center, the juvenile rehabilitation place. And so, and so now I'm bringing my, my spiritual teachings to the prison system. And, and it went very, very well. I ended up getting a contract with the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't expect to stay here. I was passing through. I'm thinking I'm about to cross over. What year was this? That was three years ago. Okay. Three years ago, 2021. Yeah. And like, how do one become a life coach? Uh, well, normally there's a process. Normally there is a process. Um, there's different uh, companies that certify. I did not take any of those processes. I, I gave myself that title. I went out and, and did it uh, and put my teachings out there. And um, those that benefited from it flocked to it. You know, that's, that's a life coach. It's honestly, that's a, a made up title and it's a made up certification that they have out there. There's no certified certification for a life coach because there's no certified, there's no actual field of life coaching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what got you interested in being a life coach? Um, my need and desire to help people. And, and when I teach, I also learn. And whatever I'm teaching is solidified. And so I have this process uh, where I'm doing these two things at the same time. Um, and so I, I had a giant need in me, especially after downloading all that information, a big need in me, um, to, to put out there and help people. So what, what made someone like a good student for you? What, what, was, what was like your perfect student, so to speak? A perfect student? A perfect student would be someone who is willing to question everything. Uh, there, there are people that look for answers only to validate. Um, a perfect student for me is a person that looks to answers simply to know what's true. So I would say a person who's devoted to truth. If you put truth, if you can put truth above all else, and so that means that I could be wrong, you could be wrong, everybody could be wrong, because truth is not, truth is subjective, but. Yeah, I better say like who determines what truth is, right? Because like, if you take somebody, you know, on one side, that's their truth, someone else mm -hmm. is their truth, right? How do you determine what the truth is? Well, well, uh, truth is truth. It's not something that you're going to be able to determine. Um, uh, truth, we can, we can experience this. We can experience truth subjectively. Um, but truth is something that changes you rather. So subjectively, we change, we change the image of truth, but truth changes us. So when I turn on the old school television 
and I turn it on channel like five, there's no channel for that, right? The static. That static on that television is actually radio, is actually radio waves from the beginning of our universe. This is a common static that sits behind our reality, right? That we can pick up through our radio antennas. Um, but that you can call that, in a sense, truth, where this is something that's stable. This is something that's unchanging. Uh, you can call the number one truth. You can call the number zero truth. Two is subjective. Three is subjective. They're all the way up to 10. So what's some of the stuff that you learn from your students? From my students? From my students. From for the life college. I mean, the life coaching. I would say in California is, um, I, had, I picked up a student um, that was a, a startup. I was the founder of a startup out there. And uh, this person was uh, identified as male. Um, but from where I was able to see, uh, had the, the body parts of a female. And coming from Texas, and I didn't understand gender and the, the fluidity, fluidity. I'm still learning. I'm still learning, trying to wrap my head around certain things. Um, in, in Texas, the pronouns are yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> For real. <laughs> for real. For real. <laughs> oh, it's 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 not much information out there and people, you know, are really against it. Um, but dealing with the kids out here, you know, it, it's dealing with the children. You see just how much it's, it affects them where where you have a person experiencing a, a certain lifestyle um, and um, and people around them are pretty much telling them, oh, it's just a phase or, mm -hmm. or you're not really who you say you yeah. are. I don't care if a person want to identify as this, that, or another. I'm like, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, this is my thing. I probably get blasted for this, but like, my thing is this, right? And I, I'm, I'm not saying it right or wrong. This is my thought mm -hmm. process, but like, we, we, no, you can't get a tattoo before 18, right? Mm -hmm. You can't drink a beer before you're 21. Mm -hmm. You can't join the military 17. Mm -hmm. But yet, we're letting kids like make these life-changing decisions at 9, 10, 12 years old, right? Mm -hmm. And it's no fact that kids are the, so malleable, right? Mm -hmm. So I just don't know about that, right? Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, I'm, I'm very much against be the, some kind of process, like, I don't know. Like, some of these surgeries. Yeah. They, yeah. A process of going through counseling. I mean, it should be easier to get a life-changing surgery than it is to get a tattoo, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. And where you got to have a laser to... I've seen the pro I've seen the surgery. Yeah. That is a brutal surgery. I mean, that's a life commitment, right? So I mean, yeah. Yeah, there's no going back. There's no going back. But there's a but there's a, a like a whole uh demographic of people now that are detransitioning. Yeah. Yeah, I feel about that too. Like people like and that's even worse supposed, like more money and like even mm -hmm. more um what's the looking for? Um they have to go more therapy for that, right? Like, yeah. I mean yeah. you got people like make decisions at a young age, right? Yeah. Because I, I think, like, the man, we are bringing this probably from, like, 25. So, mm -hmm. like, females are a little bit, like, 20, 21, right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Like, like I said, yeah. people way smaring than me are doing this. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But I, each, each of them will do what you want to, but it has to be some kind of guidelines. You go under 18, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm never for experimenting for uh, experimenting with our kids, you know? Yeah. I definitely want them um, to to feel a part of the community and to be understood. But there's, there's other ways. You know, doing these to our kids, there's just no, there's no excuse for I'm it. I'm like, okay, you're a guy, you think you're a girl, go wear a dress for a couple of months, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, and live the lifestyle, whatever. Yeah. 
and see how you like it. Yeah. <laughs> see how you like it. <laughs> Try oh, it out for some, <laughs> some step process other yeah. than straight surgery. <laughs> yeah, nothing gets me too far glad, but I still do this, but you don't have all these guys. For example, this is a guy, I can't remember his name. He was a swimmer mm -hmm. at Penn State. He was like, make this number up, number 10,000 swimmer mm -hmm. in the men's college, right? Mm -hmm. Transitioned to a mm -hmm. woman. Now he's like the winning swimming all the time, right? Oh, yeah, I remember. And a lot of people say, <laughs> You know, that's trans transphobic, whatever, mm -hmm. you know. But like, mm -hmm. man, to me, like, if I'm a woman, I'm like, man, what's going on here? Like, if I'm a feminist, mm -hmm. I'm like, man, what's going on here, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, we're losing everything to men. I mean, mm -hmm. and people say it's like, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm a smart to figure that stuff out. Just like, this is, you know, the balance to be unfair, right? Yeah. Like, you're a female practicing all your life. And then, mm -hmm. you know, some random chick shows up mm -hmm. and blows mm -hmm. you away, right? Yeah, yeah. I right. think I think they did the same thing in the weightlifting. It was a weightlifting oh, uh, yeah. competition. Yeah. So dude broke it by like three hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like you know what happened after that, right? What happened? So this person, she said, you know, I, I um identify as a woman. So mm -hmm. it's a Canada, so everything mm -hmm. goes for Canada. So they had a little weightlift, right? Mm -hmm. She broke it by three hundred pounds, right? Mm -hmm. And so the next day, the actual men's world champion weightlifting in Canada mm -hmm. that I I now identify as a woman. So he competed yeah. for color records. And, he, and, and, and at least the, the, the first one kind of, you could tell she's trying to like transition, right? Mm -hmm. This guy like, you know, yeah. he was like, he's still like a big muscular guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're doing that spike? No, you, yeah. you can't say nothing or you've been a hypocrite. Yeah. And had to shut up, right? Yeah. He just put all the records out, right? Yeah. That's how insane it is. It's definitely, definitely some type of, there's definitely some type of rules got to be said, but it's, it's going to come to a place where it's like, where we're going to end up just taking out the whole gender part of it and just be sports. Sports. If you can't hang, if you can hang, yeah. you can hang. But then if you, you might, can't. Then you have like a 155 guy fighting a 155 girl. And no way wrong. In the military, I knew some females that would beat your ass, right? Mm -hmm. But they're mm -hmm. beautiful. Far between. Like, I knew this one lady, like she's 5'3", like quick and powerful, right? Mm -hmm. You can take it out, take down any man and combat it, right? Yeah. But you know, most females can't do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, the testosterone, it makes it makes a difference. It definitely makes a difference. I see people that are transitioning fully five, 10 years into their transitioning from a woman. Yeah. Um, and after experiencing testosterone, that's a whole physical change. Yeah. Your voice change, you got muscles. I, I saw um uh well let me speak of that. Let me bring my sister. My sister um is a lesbian, but at one point in time she identified as male. And she accepts her whole self now. But at this time, I remember her saying to me, like, uh, to me, like, I'm more man than you. I'm like, well, you got it, sis. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. got it. You could have it. <laughs> if that's the case, <laughs> yeah. take like, me what, out. What's there. that one lady's name who used to um, be in the UFC, beat everybody's ass? I can't remember her name. Uh, in the UFC? Yeah. She became like a first real famous female fighter. I remember her. She'd been on some movies and stuff. I remember her face. Yeah, but she was like, no yeah. joke. Like, I don't think any man would want to fight her. No, oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, there's a uh, skill. Skill yeah. would defeat muscles any day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a different world we live in, right? I mean, it's yeah. a whole totally different world. I'm, I'm trying to adapt to it, too. Sometimes, man, I, I don't understand this shit. What the fuck's going on, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, but. But don't you, don't you, but do you feel like, like, I, I mean, I personally feel like there, there's a push or is a gender, like a gender war. Yeah. I really do feel like there's a push for that, you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know. There's like all these agendas out there, mm -hmm. you know, the left or right. 
feminist, anti-feminist, mm. you know, like pro-gender, antifa. Mm. It's like everyone has a gender, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I don't think none of these agendas have thought out the long-term process of what happens if they win, right? Yeah. I don't I don't think so either. Like, I don't, what happens if you do win, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you have nothing to fight for. What do we do now? <laughs> well, I I I really feel like like a lot of these movements and things ideas are needed. But at the same time, on the counter side of things, uh, it keeps us uh, segregated. It keeps us uh, apart. Like me and you, we could be neighbors and spend 20 years as neighbors, but be separated further than, I, than a person here in America, than a person in Africa, just from who you decided to vote for. Yeah. Or what is your religion? If we, if we needed to come together to come against a corrupt government, we would be completely unable to in any sense. Yeah, because like, I watched some of the Grammys the other day, that part where I like, got Luke Combs. Like, I had no idea who mm -hmm. Luke Combs is. He's a country mm -hmm. singer. But he bought out Tracy Chapman to sing that song, right? Mm -hmm. And most people are like that, right? Yeah. Doing stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. like, because you let the news media say, like, they, they, mag they magnify the 1% on both sides, like, doing bad stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. I always say, if you get rid of 1% on the left, 1% on the right, the extreme, would mm -hmm. be a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Balance. We get some balance. Um, um, my partner, Taylor, you know, she says quite often that there shouldn't be billion. There should not be billionaires. Um, and the reason why there shouldn't be billionaires is not because no one deserves that. It's not that we, someone doesn't deserve to have what they earn, but is that if you have a real fair marketplace and, and, and you're pushing uh, people to become entrepreneurs to add to the, add to the, um, uh, to, you know, the overall uh, revenue of this country, you're going to be pushing for people to be entrepreneurs. And if you're doing that, uh, there's going to be too much competition in that specific market for a person to become a singular billionaire. It shouldn't be like that. We're supposed to be against monopolies. So let's switch. Let's go back to your country you're living. Yeah. Talk about your country you're living. Because I grew up in the country too as a little kid. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's no such, there's a good, no good area to grow up as Talk about some experiences country living. I agree. It's a favorite part of my life. Um, uh, had a lot of animals, a lot, a lot of animals. Uh, I had uh, 15 dogs, had uh, over 50 chickens, um, over 50 rabbits. We had rabbits. Um, we had 15 ducks, we had two sheep, one goat. Um, uh, my, we had a, a dog that was supposedly half wolf. My dad said it was half wolf. I don't believe him. Not in my, I, believe, I did at that time. Her name was Lady. Um, we had a lot, a lot of animals and we had doves. We had a lot of doves. My dad had those doves trained. He would let them out in the morning and they always come back at night, same time. And um, so, yeah, I spent all of my time in, uh, in, in Seagoville, Texas, specifically, right outside of that countryside. Okay. I know that city. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, between Buckford and nowhere. Okay. <laughs> and you, I guess you did a lot of fishing and hunting growing up? Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, my dad was a big, big, spent a lot of time going through the woods. A lot of time. Uh, I remember um, being drug up the river of Trinity River on boat because um, my dad is trying to spearfish uh, an alligator gar. He drug us up what? the river. <laughs> A mile up the river until we ran out of gas. It was a bad day. It was a bad day. <laughs> um, so 
So what are some lessons you took from country living that you, that you take like on your life now? Because country lives a different, different lifestyle. Hmm. I, I would say country living is where I learned to look up um, and be aware. I realized that most people out here in the city are not aware of themselves. They're not aware of the surroundings. They're just not aware. Walking zombies, people are asleep to their reality. Um, in the country, it was slow enough for me to think, for me to, to determine something good or something bad. Do I like this? Do I li- not like this? How do I feel about it? It was slow enough for me to, uh, to figure these things out. And I think I had a lot less focus uh, on certain things that other kids had, um, where I wasn't super focused on uh, hanging out all the time because there wasn't too many people in my area. Um, and I was one of the, it was only eight black kids at my school. And I was the only, and I was one of those eight black kids. And I'm the only one that didn't listen to rap. because My dad didn't let me listen to rap until I, I didn't get introduced to rap till I was 14. Yeah. And uh, so I was very different from all the other kids. And I talk proper. Man, I got made fun of. <laughs> <laughs> so you took the face and talk, stop talking white, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kind of Oreo, you know. Like, what are you doing pronouncing Oz? <laughs> you enunciating and shit? The fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's talk about my, my favorite person, mm-hmm. Luciana. Yeah. Yeah. Did she win the contest last night too? Yes, she did. That was her? Okay. Yes, she did. It was. It. So you know, you know you didn't remind me to go. Yes, and I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Really apologize. No worries. Yeah. I really But she won again? Yes, she did. Yes, she did. I want to show you. My my phone screen sucks. But I will show you the some of the her new outfit. And, it, and her stuff actually worked this time? It was good. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It worked out perfectly. It worked out perfectly. It was way better than any of us would have really thought. Like for real, for real. This it was crazy. Crazy. So this is Wish I, this is not the exact one that that I showed there. She, but I did that today. Oh. Yeah. Oh wow. Yes. And so she got a couple of dresses. She actually met with Patty Pan. Oh, did she? How'd yes. that go? Went very well. Good. So they did uh, like a Zoom, I guess, or yeah, it was Zoom, and, and we're gonna and, have a, and you and Taylor were there, and yeah. and we're gonna have a, another one with her. Uh, we're gonna start up her first gallery. Uh, Lucy, for those that don't know, Lucy, uh, we have a business pitch competition of Black Muse. Um, with middle schoolers and elementary kids. And uh, they, are, they develop their own metaverse. They develop metaverse assets, NFTs, digital art, things like that. And they develop a business plan uh, around that. And we host a business pitch competition so they can showcase that. Lucia, um, which was our first business pitch competition winner, uh, came a second time and rocked the show. Rocked the show. She had numbers. She had, she included, married, she made it maritime themed. <laughs> she, I, I'm going to interrupt this for a minute. So a lot of times these kids do stop competitions. Mm-hmm. They're like parents or someone in their family, like really tech savvy, right? Mm-hmm. No one in this young lady's family is tech savvy, right? None. None of them. None of them. Like she's doing all this on her own. Like, all she's like 13 years old, right? Yes. Years old. I mean, all this tech stuff, mm-hmm. like business stuff. Like she really has no one in her family. Like I want to say, they say Porto, it's a portal course, but they don't mm-hmm. have the knowledge like, like other people do, right? Yes. No. And she's doing all this own to make it even more impressive. 
Yes, they're all shocked. They're like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, they're just, they're grateful. They're grateful. And um, they really want, they really want the best for her. And I'm glad that, you know, she has parents that support her. But it, it is hard when they don't understand exactly what you're doing or why you're doing it or if it even is profitable, you know? Yeah, so I was actually just the last pitch competition, right? Mm-hmm. And she won. And the mother was talking to me and David, like, I have no idea what's going on, what's going on this. And David, this to me is funny. David's like, hey, you know, you, you probably won't have to worry about paying for college because if this goes right, like we think, mm-hmm. she can pay for college. I'm like, fuck that. She might not even go to college. <laughs> no, bro. She might even have to go to college. <laughs> no, bro. Honestly, seriously. Seriously. I mean, this young lady is so talented. Yes. We need to have her come to the podcast if we can. That'd be nice. Yeah. I would really, she would love that. Yeah. Absolutely love that. I would that. like to do a demo of her dress and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. That Maybe. would be really good. Cool. to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's a, hey, that. hey, you're going to shake on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. And like these kids, like, like most people like are scared as fuck as far mm-hmm. as speaking. Yes. Like some of them, of course, I just, some of the kind of shy and stuff, you know, but um, this one kid, he like, David had, had to take the mic away from him, right? He was talking. He's at a private demo. He's answering questions and shit. Like, damn. <laughs> and that was good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't, I'm telling you, last night, um, it was the, the, the attestants there was really good. We had, you know, our second place winner, our third place winners. Um, they all went hard. There was one of, we did have another technical issue um, as well with a, another. Uh, Cheers, my friend. Cheers. New Texas boys. <laughs> Just living large. Mm. Oh, that's good. That is good. How was you said chicks sandwich yet? How was your sandwich? On oh, the sandwich off the chain. You get now that you said something. Mm. Mm. Mm-mm. Off the chain. So when I first started doing this podcast here in, in March, right? I just had another place I got but they charged so much money, so I moved in March. Mm-hmm. Actually, um Eddie was my first podcast guest in here, right? Really? Yeah, my first one, right? I start off with six bottles of bourbon. Mm-hmm. I'm down these last two. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, that was one. That's good. Yeah. I got I to gotta replenish pretty soon. That's really good. <laughs> oh, wow. You can literally determine the length of the podcast yeah. by how many bourbon bottles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, 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 uh, um, what's, I can't think of the term, but there's definitely a factor between the length of podcast and how much mm-hmm. bourbon is drunk. <laughs> my longest podcast has been like was like four and a half hours we drink, really? a, we drink, we drink a whole bottle of bourbon yeah really? yeah. Oh, yeah that's a whole bottle oh yeah. y'all was going in but this guy he's like a research scientist mm-hmm. he did a PhD in genetics he served in the war he wrote a book he's like nice. yeah so we got a lot of stuff to talk about yeah, right? yeah. a lot of stuff to yeah. talk about that's awesome man but I'm glad y'all y'all like Patty Pan I'm a big fan of her really? yeah we met at a at an incubator a while ago mm-hmm. uh, Founders Institute mm-hmm. I've never met her in person right? she's just mm-hmm. so yeah like Nice, you know. Yeah, yes, very nice and yeah. informative. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine the mentorship she can provide, Lucia. Yeah, uh, she has off. So she asks us that we're going to do a gallery for Lucia. Okay, we're going to set up an actual gallery, a virtual and a physical gallery. Where's that going to be at? Uh, we haven't figured out for the okay. physical yet. Um, I know there's an NFT gallery out here. I'm gonna, we're going to reach out to them. Um, but we know that we are going to the virtual space. Yeah. We're going to host her uh, NFT gallery on Decentraland and on Sandbox. We okay. bought real estate, those okay. platforms. Okay. And so... Um, you talking about doing that Tacoma or up here in Seattle? Uh, Seattle. Yeah, we okay. want as many people uh, to come as possible. And in Seattle, it's like the... It's a hub, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tacoma does his best, you know, but... Yeah. yeah. Like, I yeah. joke around, Seattle tries to be San Francisco, and mm-hmm. Tacoma tries to be Seattle. You know? 
Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's a good analogy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but man, yeah, I'm a big fan of Lucia. Like man, her. Yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, the, the, yeah, she doesn't make it because somebody somebody messed up. Like, yeah, she has all the tools. She she knew she knew she was gonna win. Yeah, she yeah. just knew. And it. this girl has so much confidence. It's insane. Yeah, she she came with a memo this time. She came prepared. First of all, she came prepared to sell her jury. Huh. Nice. <laughs> so she had the memo up on her presentation. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's going good. Really, really good. You know. Yeah. Because the first time I saw her, she didn't really have her stuff together, right? She was mm-hmm. missing stuff. Mm-hmm. And she just said a confidence, like, I, I don't care if I have nothing. Yeah. Just me by myself is going to win this. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she did. Yeah. She did. She came boldly. And she did that same thing this time. And her dad came this time yeah. as well. And her just seeing her dad's face was, like, the best for me. Her, he, her dad's probably like, what in the world? Like, <laughs> like he didn't even, he, that was his first time seeing yeah. a dress, too. He yeah. Was, he took his glasses. <laughs> like, this is my daughter? <laughs> yes. It was good. It was really, really good. And I, I really appreciate, I, I just want to say, Jess, I really appreciate you investing into Lucia. Not like, my flavor. Into her with, with Patty. Um, that is so amazing. And I really feel like even just so far, we've, like, we've changed the direction of her life. Like, this is like, uh, humane intervention. <laughs> it's not divine, but humane intervention. And her her uh, mom expressed so much appreciation yesterday, um, especially because Lucia has this thing where she she switches she switches like most kids, you know, just trying to find out what they like, you know. And I and this time, this particular time, she's finally found something she's just naturally good at. And she enjoys it. She's going to be so successful. Cannot wait to get her on the show. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. I'm glad. they glad for her. So, um, how often do you do these pitch competitions? Uh, it's quarterly. Um, so, uh, we, um, so Black Music is in collaboration with Metro Parks. And so, we're at over 30 schools uh, uh, delivering our curriculum, teaching uh, metaverse architecture and asset creation. And so, after every session, which is typically eight weeks, after every session, we host a, a business competition. So I guess you can say every day. Would that be quarterly? It would I'm not be, sure. And then how do you like pick these? Is it like a, like a competition beforehand? Or you just pick random kids or how's that work? Oh, no, we invite everyone. We invite everyone. Like this last one um, that, we, that just passed, we actually introduced the elementary kids this time, which we didn't do that the first time, which we had us a little worried, but it went it was successful. Yeah, elementary kids pitch. Yes. Oh man, I've been scared of shit. Yeah, they did so good. They did so good. They had they had the crowd in the palm of yeah. their hands. Our second place winner um, was a uh, uh, she created uh, uh, this world called horse farm, um, where you're farming horses and you're learning equarian knowledge and how to take care of horse horses. And she created this entire world in Minecraft, programmed it and everything. Where you can actually take care of these horses, they grow. Beautiful job, and she's an elementary, and and it was just really, really awesome to see um, one uh, a minority female and young in the tech space. That is yeah. beautiful, and she won second place, and um, and you know with beautiful 
with a beautiful world that she presented and a great president. I really, if you saw that one, yeah. that would have been your your second Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so let's talk about Black Muse for a minute. Mm-hmm. How did they get started? Uh, so I founded Black Muse. Um, I was uh, when I got down when I came uh, from California to Seattle, and I was working um, with a company called A Better Track, uh, teaching um, pre education transition. Here. And that's where I became a life coach at the uh, at Echo Glen Children's. And Center. what year was this? That was 2001 to 2002. And so I created, I got two state programs uh, approved through the state, um, all held in VR, you know, for, for the, uh, and I was the first person to bring um, VR education into the school system here. The literal very first person to bring that into into the state of Washington, uh, in the school system. And, um, and so I wanted to take it further. I wanted to take my program further. I wanted to give away headsets for free. I wanted to, um, uh, create, um, VR applications for deaf and blind people. Um, and my partners at the time completely disagreed. Um, and actually, and they started to, to work against me. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided, you know, I, I was like, this is my idea and, and everything. And they're just funding it. They were just funding it. So I was like, I'm going to take my idea and I funded myself. And believe it or not, I bootstrapped this entire company from day one. So what was the average cost of a headset? Uh, it's 400. 400, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, 299. 299. Yes. Are there like different brands of headsets you can buy? Or like, is like, like a high end, middle end, low end? Yeah, so you, they got several of them that's out right now. So the ones that we use is uh, is uh, Meta's uh, Meta's uh, uh, Quest Two, Quest Three just came out, and then they also have the Quest Pro. So Quest Two and Quest Two is mid range, you would say. Quest Three that just came out would be mid high tier, and Quest Pro would be like for us adults, meant to replace your laptop. Hey, did you see that it was on TikTok, which I spent way too much time on, and it was a video, and the video said, my mom's first time with AR VR was a disaster, and this lady said VR, and she ran to the fucking stove. Oh! Like, full speed. Like, she was chasing something, she ran full speed, and stuff, like, bam! Oh, she back wow. over, like, and there were, like, people, like, what was she running into? Like, people, like, you no know, putting, like, model, men models up there and stuff, you know, or, like, jewelry or whatever. Yeah. Like, she ran full speed. Yeah. Mom's first encounter with VR is a disaster. It was immersed, like, that's how immersive it is. Yeah, it was like, it was like, bam. He bounced out the fucking Yeah. Door. I mean, stuff like, I, I, it's funny. It's, you don't see that with the kids. No, no. You see that with the adults. Yeah. You know, the kids, they, they grab on just like that, you know, but they, they run into stuff too. They more like hit, hit stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the biggest problem that we have with our kids when we have them in class and they have the headsets on is making sure other kids ain't walking around them. Yeah. Get punched. I know, right? Yeah. And they're playing. Sometimes we have them, we allow them to play games when they're not creating. So they're on Gorilla Tag. And Gorilla Tag has an interesting way to move. And so, because you can only move with your hands. And so you see the kids with their headsets on. And that. And it's like, and you get in there and you're going to get hit and it's going to hurt because they're. (laughs) So these kids that are in Black Muse, what's their demographic? Are they like from poor economic disadvantaged backgrounds? 
you know, middle income? Is that was this a, across a wide swath of economic backgrounds and things like that? Uh, it is. It is pretty. Is a pretty. Di- it's pretty diverse when it comes to race. Um, but most of them are lower income, and that, that's what our goal was. It was to bring um, high high education to low income communities because our main goal is to break down doors. Breaking down doors, we want to democratize education. We want to get rid of the financial. Uh, we want to get rid of the, um, the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The 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 buy-in, the 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 financial gate that locks people, lower income people, from education. And for your classes, is it a fee they have to pay? No, no, okay. no fee. And that's all covered by you. It's all covered. All okay. of it is covered. Uh, when in collaboration with Metro Parks, thank you, Metro Parks. And we're talking about the partnership for a minute. Like someone, like how does someone get into your class? Like obviously, you can't take on everyone, right? Is there what's the deciding factor to pick someone or not pick? Oh uh, well, uh, right now we we've been doing first come first serve. Okay. Um, we uh, when it comes because uh, each one of our sessions uh, classes filled up at fifteen. Um, we were we thought about doing interviews and whatnot, but that would literally be the opposite of what our goal was, mm-hmm. and so. We decided, you know what, if someone is even remotely interested, we're going to give them the opportunity, allow them to come. If they mess with their, if they fuck up their own opportunity, that's them. We're not right. going to be hard. Our goal is to provide it. So with that, I'll push back a little bit, right? So I used to volunteer at a thing called TAF in February, right? It's like a technology school for like underprivileged kids, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're having like people do piss competition, right? Mm-hmm. Like junior high, high school. And I forget this, this three, the three young ladies, their idea was that charge your phone by using the electricity in your body, right? Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. And like, well, this might be something like, uh, mm-hmm. and like, they kind of had the science down, right? And, but then two weeks later, two of the girls never came because the, one of the parents got put in jail or something bad happened so mm-hmm. they could never come again, right? Yeah. Just unfortunate, you know? Yeah. And that's a real, that's a real. But sometimes it's hard to overcome your, your stuff, so to speak, you know? Yes, yes. That's, uh, that's a real thing. And, um, and that's also why we, we work so hard to try to, to make sure that we take out any pop type of limitations that, that separates them from getting the education that they need. Because I went through that myself. Um, and I, I, my first thing I started with, it was graphic design in high school. But I didn't have a computer. How the yeah. hell do you? It's hard to do that. On a computer, yeah. <laughs> How do you learn I mean, this? You can only do, you know, pencil and pen on pad so long. Yeah. Yes. And sure enough, sure enough, I, I barely passed that class. How did I pass that class without even being? But I did my work. I did. I went hard the best that I could with the little that I had. And my skills has grown phenomenally since then. But it was if I only had. If I, if I had a teacher that did more than just throw tutorials in front of me to actually give a fuck about yeah. me learning, it would have been a whole different situation. And I feel like that's what we're doing here uh, with these kids when we have plenty of parents that are like, oh, we can't show up yeah. or we can't do this or this reason, that reason. We expect that. Yeah. We talk to the parents ourselves. Yeah. We talk to the parents ourselves. And sometimes you got to sometimes you got to make them feel guilty a little bit. Like, oh, yeah, I can't make it to the pitch competition. We completely understand some people can't afford to, yeah, you know, and you know, their kids. You know, so, you, know, you know, some people can't afford to see the daughter win first place, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that, how do you do this? Like, you know, what well, you do obviously not for everyone. Like, kid signs up, and, and y'all can quickly tell, like, 
this kid doesn't get it right. This he's not his brain's not wired to do this right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you like you just they keep on going and take a space up? You, or you say, hey kid, you know our parents, hey like I don't think this is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, like how's that work? Well, to be honest, I have not had not one kid. Not okay, that's good. That has that has been unable to do this, and so um, the. I bet if you're teaching 55 years old, that should be different as fuck. That'd be completely different. <laughs> that's, com- uh, that's a different ball. Game. <laughs> but I, when I taught, when I taught with DBR, the Department of Vocational Rehabilitation, I was only teach uh, specifically. I'm doing the same thing I'm teaching the kids in these middle schools right now. But I was teaching they're only teaching kids with mental disorders, only mental disorders. So all different levels of autism and all other different type of mental illnesses and diseases that they're dealing with. And, and I'm teaching this at their facilities, right? It's like Pearl Youth Residence, uh, Echo Glen Children's Center, Furwood uh, Residence, many different places out, uh, out here in the surrounding area, right? And uh, I'm teaching this very same stuff, no, no difference. I'm teaching visual scripting, how to code, um, how to build these, uh, these assets in a 3D world, in a 3D space. And guess what? These kids with these different, sometimes severe, um, uh, mental issues are still able to pick it up just like that and are, are able to engage with this VR space on a higher level than they are in reality. That's one thing I think is a crime in the United States. They're not teaching kids to code them to like 19th grade, right? Mm-hmm. They should be fucking teaching them kids like first grade kindergarten. It's a language. Yeah, it's a language. Yeah. Language. It's a language. And, yeah. And the studies show you pick up languages faster the younger you are, right? Yes. A lot of schools are like, oh, we're, we're like, I have nieces and stuff like have you learned code? Oh no, we te- they te- have that in tenth grade. Yeah, yeah. Like, like <laughs> lost interest and everything. It's hard now. <laughs> yeah. So, do you taught yourself all this stuff? Yes, I did. Was it YouTube University or the University of David? Uh, University of David. I I taught myself how to read. I taught myself how to read. Well, with hooked on phonics. Yeah. My dad worked at a at a at a garbage. He was a garbage man, and he found a hooked on phonics thing, cassette tapes, and listening that over and over again. Taught myself how to read. I learned how I learned. I learned how to learn. Okay. And so I went on to teach myself C-sharp, JavaScript, um, the full front-end development and yeah. back-end development. And you did this after the Marines or before the Marines? Uh, after and before. Okay. Before, was, uh, before was more graphic design. After the Marines was when I went full software development and uh, 3D animation and all okay. that good stuff. Yeah. But it all, self, all self-taught. All self-taught. And uh, who all teaches the kids? This you and Taylor or you have other people teaching? So I have four instructors and two interns. Like, how do you find these people? Like, obviously, you can't just have any random dude teaching, you know, kids, right? Yeah. Like, what's yeah. the process? Like, you know, making sure that are fucking pedophiles or fucked up people or like <laughs> drug dealers, you know? Like, what's the process? You show the Metro Parks and the schools, hey, like, these people have been vetted. And yeah, they we, actually know what they're doing. We're, we're required to do federal background checks. So we, we make sure you do federal background checks. And, we, um, and we're very, very uh, strict um, in our interviewing process. But we, we source from different colleges. The main college right now that we've been sourcing from is Clover Park Community College. Okay. And that's been a great resource to get um, our um, uh, instructors from. So uh, our last hire, uh, Mr. Nathan, great, great instructor. Uh, he's actually in, uh, studying to be an architecture. He's in his uh, second year to learn to be an architect. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going from AutoCAD, learning, you know, knowing how to do things in AutoCAD to Blender or uh, Quest 2 is not that much of a big jump. So talk about how you um, got this partnership for Metro Parks, right? Like talk the whole process, like 
was this like got a, 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 a hookup connect? You did like this marketing sales thing with them, or like how that whole thing worked? The stuff for me is different. Stuff just fall in my lap, to be honest. But I'm gonna tell you, but the the way the way it happened, um, I had already created, I had already uh, wrote the program, uh, created it, um, put it all together, and then the next thing I did was uh, go to two five three. Um, started two five three. They had a uh, it was a drink night or something like that. It was just drinks that night. We had free drinks on the night. And that first night, that was my very first time. That, that's one thing about being a startup here in Seattle area. Like, if you're like you're struggling, this is a startup founder because there's like every night there's an event with free pizza and beer somewhere. Yes, you can eat. <laughs> yeah, you can eat. <laughs> my, my, my be only meal of the day, but you're gonna get some food and some beer. You're gonna survive. Yeah. You get a connection. Yeah, exactly. But then that's what, that's literally what happened. The very first, the very first time I end up meeting uh, the nonprofit, uh, nonprofit uh, owner, uh, Super Ladle, Miss um, uh, Rachel, beautiful woman, um, blessed us and uh, told us about Metro Parks. She was teaching a cooking class for Metro Parks. And so she told us about it and gave us an email. And so I reached out. And about a week later, I finally had a meeting with them presented and get this. They had looked at our website and everything. And before I, we even got into the meeting, they had already decided that they wanted to work with us. And so I ended up getting my first year contract with them. And um, since then, we got a contract with YMCA, Boys and Girls Club, and it's growing. So what exactly is Metro Parks, right? Uh, Metro Parks, uh, they, they, if you live out here in, in anywhere in Seattle, the surrounding areas, every park is owned by Metro Parks. Okay. A lot of these community buildings okay. are owned by Metro Parks. Okay. Um, they are basically. So they run like a base, like a kind of like a boys and girls club sort of kind of. They do. They do. But it's not their source. There's, there's what they're known for, but it's not the main thing. Um, they're, they almost act like a, um, uh, they're uh, an entity that is in between a civilian company and a government company because okay. the government gives them money and they d- distribute it. So, so, like a, so you're kind of like a subcontractor then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's pretty much at the very core of it. They're subcontractors for the government. Okay. And because every they because they're nonprofit. You signed a one year contract with them? Yeah, signed one year. And then we're about to we just signed another one. Okay. Another, for another right. year. So it's probably be a long term relationship. Yes. A long-term relationship, and we, and we just last two weeks ago was where we signed a contract for YMCA and Boys and Girls Club. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So what's the what's the saying? Like more money, more problems. <laughs> so like, how are you dealing with all this, right? Because because I don't think you hired enough more people, right? And, and you're still bootstrapping, right? How you like? How do you solve? Like, it's like a problem to have, right? Mm-hmm. More customers, but mm-hmm. like you have limited resources. Mm-hmm. You only have limited number number hours in a day, you know. And like you're still like you know. You still tailor stuff for hangouts sometimes. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. family, friends, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I joke around. Like, if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have a personal servant, right? You don't have a personal assistant. Like, you just have to like wash your clothes, mm-hmm. get the oil changed, right? Grocery shop, you know. So, how are you dealing with all this? Um, well, I did, I did have a made it when I first got to Houston. I was staying in Airbnb. When I first got to Seattle, I was staying in Airbnbs for like a year. And so I had a, I was, I had a maid for a whole year. It was really cool. Um, but, uh, I, it is stressful. It is stressful. Um, for me, whenever I need some more money, I just make another world. I just make another world for a company. 
And, and that's how, that's how I've been paying for it. Every, my partners, they were betting on me not being able to do this by thinking I wasn't going to be able to afford the headsets. And so I just made a world for a company over in New York and a couple of other companies and that financed uh, everything. And so for when, so, so far that's what it's been. Whenever I need more money, I just do some more work. So how do you do your sales process? Because a lot of founders, like they don't want to do sales, right? Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. and then they feel because I don't do sales, right? Yeah. Like, how do you do, what's your secret to doing sales? Just like, just pick up the phone, just go in person. Like, what's your process? Uh, well, uh, the phone first, the phone and email first. A lot of times I'll send an email um, and then call you maybe even 10, 15 minutes after the email, knowing that you've seen the name and now you're about to connect the name with a voice. And then eventually, and then eventually you're going to connect the, the voice with the face. And so I'm trying to take them through this, through this step process of sticking in their head. And you sales that you only do a Monday through Friday, nine to five, you like 24, seven, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> if I got a, if I had a minute, if it's Sunday at 10 in the morning, I got a free time. I'm calling the shaker up. Okay. Because you might answer. <laughs> well, I, well, for me, I, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit different in the way I do things. I actually, uh, Going out and calling people, that was like my least favorite thing. Even though I'm a natural salesman, yeah. that's my least favorite thing. So I put that in with, between the time frame of eight to five. Okay. You know, it's my creativity, the, the creating things. That's the stuff I can't stop. I cannot stop. I'm up all night creating and yeah. animating and developing. Okay. Um, but the sales, um, that's something that if I'm not doing an email or on the phone, I'm doing natural when I talk to you. And that's where I'm at my best. When I'm, okay. So how do you deal with this? Like, suppose you call someone up and they're like, AR, VR, that's some fucking bullshit. I'm not doing that fucking black magic crap. <laughs> you're like, you just say, okay, did you say thank you for your time? Or you're like, or you like, try to like, well, actually, sir, have you thought about this and this? Do you like try to educate them? You're like, okay, this is obviously a waste of my time. Let me yeah. move on. Well, yeah. And when a person says that, that, that tells me, because uh, that doesn't, that doesn't tell me, no, I don't want it. That tells me, that you haven't given me enough information. Mm-hmm. And so my first response is, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's my first okay. response. I'm glad that you said that. That's going to lead me. So I'm not even going to come with a negative. I'm not going to say, but, because it's a negative connotation. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm glad I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you. And I'm going to lead that agreement back into, here's, all right, you said, you don't, you don't want that. You don't like that fucking AR, VR. I'm glad you said that. And you know what? Many people said they don't like AR and VR until they first experience it. It could definitely cause business issues and whatnot. And we already have issues with social media and having our phone to our So face. you're doing the Eminem thing. Yeah. Eminem about yes. that dude and, and, uh, I'm going to tell all the bad stuff. Yeah. I'm going to tell the bad shit about me. <laughs> and I need to talk about you too. <laughs> yes. Yes. By the time I finished talking about all the bad stuff that they were already thinking, they think I'm on their side. Yeah. You know, they forget I'm the salesman. Now I'm a brother. Now I'm, <laughs> you know. And, and so once I flip it into, okay, here's the, these valid reasons as to why your reasoning is correct. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to add more information in to get you to question it. And I'm going to tell you where the benefit is and I'm going to have you weigh it. And then once I put all the information out, I'm going to get quiet. Yeah. Definitely quiet. Uh-huh. I'm not going to say anything. The first person to speak is the one who wins. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Let's get another drink. Mm. Um, man, you're doing some great things. So, talk about. So, we first met when you went to my pitch competition back in July. My Kevin's HR pitch competition. Yes. Talk about your experience with that. 
Oh, that was awesome. That was awesome. That was I got to brag on myself a little bit. That's a lot. That's a good time. <laughs> it was a really good time. Really great pitch that you put on. Um, so uh, the first pitch, my very first pitch was a Jason Cabinets HR pitch. And it, and it was nerve wracking. It was beautiful. And it's also what led up to uh, Black Muse's business pitch competition for uh, middle school kids in elementary. You see, you literally me. what? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was like, this is great. This is great. This should be done more. Yeah. Yes. No, you, you definitely, and you definitely inspired that. And I, I really feel like um, with that, that part of it, it would have been damn near impossible to get the YMCA and yeah. the boys and girls contract. And yeah. so, but I, I did a podcast that I sent clips to everyone, you know, so I'm sure you use that and stuff. Yes. You, you met Karina that night. Now you're in Karina's program. Yes. Yes. It, a lot of stuff spawned just from that. Yeah. That's why I'm a big believer in going out, going out and, and challenge yourself. Um, I yeah, didn't you, know. You have, about to yourself out. you have to put yourself out there. Yes. There was some heavy competitors yeah. at that comp yeah. competition. Look, we, look, we have, we have our website and whatever we put on, uh, we put on a, a good pitch. We didn't have a whole bunch of stuff to show. There was one other company that had a whole app with a board game, uh, with it AR components to it. If you show your, look at your phone and point it at the board, it was beautiful. Well done. Very well done. I mean, and, and the other, and the other companies, these were companies that were just top level. And so I, you know, one wouldn't think, oh, okay, you know, we're coming in and black music's coming in and we're going to win. Didn't think that we we wanted experience and we wanted to meet people and um and that's what we did now and then we won yeah <laughs> like oh, what and I have to tell the story right so Karina Advent, uh, no announced the winners right and she was like Black Muse you know winner and David clapped and set the fuck the back down <laughs> like we're like we're like what the fuck are you doing get your ass up here right you're like like oh someone someone won someone named David my same name won <laughs> I really thought that I really thought that like who. Who is that? Who just won? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Why aren't they getting up? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fucking craziness, right? You're like, dude, get the fuck up here. Yeah, like, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. That was funny. Yeah, and the people you met, like, you no, know, Byron, you met Byron Robinson, the Olympian, mm -hmm. like, he's a big, mm -hmm. big banker, right? Mm -hmm. uh, then you met uh, Aubrey, who you did some yes. stuff with this stuff. I know, you know, you, y'all still have to connect, I think, you know, mm -hmm. with Barbara. I need, I need to make sure I connect. I have a meeting with her next week, you know. I'll follow up on that with you. Yeah, it was a good time though, right? Yeah, it was a really good time. Really good time. You brought together some heavy hitters. Yeah. You really did. I, I do pretty good at front on events. You know? Yeah. That's what <laughs> I do pretty good at that. Yeah. I, hey, if you do events that good, I want to see how your parties look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Those are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was your first time pitching Black Muse? Yes, that was my first time pitching Black okay. Muse. That was my first time pitching. And so how did you prepare for your pitch? Oh, uh, Ten years as a preacher. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. 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 <laughs> I okay. I um I I knew what I wanted to I knew what I wanted to say, um. But it's always for me. It's always at the top of my head. Yeah. It's not something if I if I practice too much when it comes to that I mess like, up. Like me, like so I'm an INFJ. Mm -hmm. There's like one percent of the world. Like that's me too. Oh shit. Yeah. No one I like you. <laughs> that makes and sense. And so like you know I'm an inter introvert. Like I hate small talk. Mm -hmm. but I love getting in front of people talking. Right. Yeah. What's yeah. funny is like. For example, I said to the podcast before, like one of these podcasts, right? Like, mm -hmm. like a 10 minutes before, I like, man, hope David doesn't David does show up. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I get fucking like, you know, anxiety attack. <laughs> yeah. I don't always show up, right? Yeah. And then like when I 
I like I, I just enjoy talking in front of people, right? Mm-hmm. For some reason, right? Yeah. Which is like which is insane, right? But the thing is, like, and then like I cannot practice on anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Like I will like I will not practice. Like yeah. I'll code is yeah. random strange. I cannot practice on anyone, right? I have to right. be in a room by myself, practice it, right? Mm-hmm. And then when like when I pitch whatever talk, I rehearse, right? Several times. But there's mm-hmm. a point like, what's it called like point of no return, where, like you practice too much, it actually degrades your performance, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty good at that. But I rehearse and I talk in front of people. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I have to shit, I don't fucking know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> I just fucking start talking and like like one time I did a pitch competition. Uh-huh. So I pitched New Tech Northwest on December 13th, right? Like, mm-hmm. two minute pitch. What I was supposed to say the first three minutes, I said the last seven. So I, I switched the parts around, right? Oh. But no one knew, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, tell, like, like too bad. oh, see, I didn't say this, right? So I mm-hmm. know that. Like, yeah. It'd be like that. Yeah. It really do. It really do. And I, I switched, well, man, I love how you said about what? You said about A1, 2, like, I don't remember seeing nothing about <laughs> no, 1, 2, 3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for real, for real. No, this is, that's the exact same thing. I experienced that uh, while, um, uh, when I was a preacher, I would write a whole sermon up. Three-point essay, on point. Got my strong points in places, beautiful and immaculate. And then once I get up there, it's like, I ain't much looking at it. Uh, it is vaguely in my head. And yeah, I feel like the business pitch competition yeah. was like that too, you know? You know? So you see you plan on doing some more pitches? Yes, as many as I can. Okay. As many as I can. You need, you need, you need to pitch New Tech Northwest. Yeah, there's one in Seattle, one in Bellevue. I connect with Brett Green. Yeah, okay. they do it every. They do it once a month, and he actually had ten minutes to pitch. Really? That's yeah, a ten minute pitch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh wow, yeah. that's a lot of time. It is, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I've never pitched. I never pitched uh, that long before. Yeah. I mean, you do like you do a demo, or do what we want to do. You know? Yeah. yeah so I connected with him. That'd be really cool. And then, uh, have you done Founders Live yet? No. Uh-uh. That's like so. That's a nine nine second pitch. Yeah. That's a little bit harder. Your pitch is the only pitch competition I've ever done. Okay. The only pitch competition I've ever done. Yeah. And, and, but I did watch uh, some before going to it. Yeah. I did watch some of your old pitches yeah. before I did it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I put myself out as much as I can. Yeah. And I'm glad you did because it helped me. Because <laughs> that's how I won. <laughs> so you, you had accepted a Washington Maritime Blue, I think it's called, right? Yes. And so Washington Maritime Blue is like a basically, I mean, it's a, you could be at a first water startup, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you convince them to let you join? You're obviously not a water startup. <laughs> well, well, uh, ARBR is a hot topic. Um, and so I'm, I'm already hitting, uh, you know, a strong point with them. That's in the back of their head. They don't even know it. They just know they hear it on the news all the time. Every time they're opening up YouTube, is everywhere. And so if something connects to it, it's going to ding. This is the perfect time for it. Um, we were able, we were able to, to go around that because they can clearly see the, the beneficial applications of AR, VR, and Maritime. Um, we actually had the benefits um, of talking to um, Maritime's, I forgot the position, but he's connected with the airport in Maritime. Well, and so we were talking with them about creating an AR platform that allows uh, for translation of different languages into English by using your phone. When they point at a sign, it will visually translate it there in the, in the augmented reality space. You know, even better, we had the Apple glasses to do it for. Um, but having that in the airport and having uh, and having uh, AR, uh, AR invisible agents that are able to you able to ask questions to um, like, you know, you have you have the when you're in the airport, you have uh, just random people who work there. And you're going to stop and ask them, hey, where do I find this or whatever? Um, but imagine if 
you know, there's not an actual person there. You got your phone, you have this application open and you need to ask the question. You don't have no one around that you can ask the question to, at least not in your language. And then you look around, you're looking in the AR and oh, right there in the corner, there is an agent that you can't see in reality, but on your phone, there's a person there. Go to that person, ask them your questions, going to respond in your language. Um, and having, so you, of course you don't need the visual aspect, but having a visual aspect um, is great, especially for the older people, because, it, <laughs> you know, it's immersive. <laughs> they feel like it's real. You're speaking to a real person. Nobody wants to speak to a robot. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to assume you, you consider yourself a tech person, right? Yes. Talk about this, right? This generation has gone from Pong to AI. Can you talk about the speed and advancement of a tech? What's it called? Like, like I kind of was called like, like, like one plus one is two, two plus two is four. Yeah. The advances are so fast, right? It's going to yeah. faster and faster, right? Yes. Like I'm a firm believer. Like, if not my kids, my grandkids will be going to space. Like, mm -hmm. be, I think there's going to be space hotels on the atmosphere, right? Yes. That people travel to, right? Yeah, I like. Let's talk about that. the how fast tech is advancing. It, it, very fast. Uh, that's Morgan's Law. Morgan, that's the Morgan's Law. Yes, Morgan's, Morgan's Law. law. And um, we've broken Morgan's Law. I mean, you think about it. We went from, when, when was the first airplane flight with Kitty Hawk? Like 1908, 1902? Yeah, yeah. Very early. We'll 1901 19, or something. We'll say 1901. Yeah. Six, eight years later, we're in the moon. Mm -hmm. Less than that, we have probes in Pluto and... Yeah, James Hubble. What's, I think it's James Hubble, right? No, yep. James Webb. James, James Webb. Webb Telescope is out there. Like, Interstellar finding, travel. Finding millions of galaxies a day, right? Right. Black Knight satellite. All this, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. It's like, and, and the thing is like, does our government or mine, can we cope, cope with that, right? Can we, mm -hmm. Are we able to cope with that, right? Like, I think it's, I think we can't. Like the example, suppose like it's their 1400, right? Mm -hmm. And you bought them and like, go back in time, you get my iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. It'll fucking, it'll destroy civilization. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just yeah. think we can. I don't think government's set up to both this stuff, right? Well, how many iPhones are you bringing back into the past? That's a good question. Bringing one or several? Let's say ten. Ten, and then that will it likely quickly. First off, you will be held as king or killed. One yeah, or the other yeah. depends on how you handle. Yeah, you're like you're 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 Satan spawn. <laughs> yeah, you either Satan or God. One of them. Yeah, but. Um, and, but likely something like that will be considered a magical tool and it's going to be delivered to some king somewhere. Yeah. I don't believe it will destroy civilization. I do believe, um, I, I do believe I'm a big believer that this is not the first time that we've been to, that as a human, as an intelligent species that on earth, we're not, this is not the first time that we've had, um, this level of technology. Oh yeah, I agree. Just in a different capacity. Yeah. But, like the pyramids, right? No one can figure out how to do the pyramids, right? Yeah. No, Obviously, someone built them. Well, the, well it, it would be a way more intelligent society than ours yeah. who desire to create the pyramids because the pyramids was put on purpose. That's literally a, a monolith yeah. to say, hey, this is what something is. Yeah. The, right now, if we stop building right now and just let everything degrade, there would be no, there would be, we would have no evidence in, in over a thousand years. We have no evidence of cell phones. We have no evidence of electricity. We have no evidence of, we look like with, because all our stuff is, will, will biodegrade, of course, yeah. you know, but so nothing would be, evidence would be here. No bio footprint to say, hey, we, we were even civilized. I know. And, and I might make, make this up, but it wasn't, there was a thing where like the, 
the library like the Alexandria had all the information back in the day. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and so either it got stored by fire that the Romans did on purpose, something like that, you know? Mm -hmm. I yeah. believe, I do believe it was on purpose. I yeah. do believe it was on purpose. Yeah. A lot. A lot. So, much, so much stuff was lost. I study a lot of um, ancient philosophers, Aristotle, Plato. And Aristotle, for one, he speaks of a civilization that existed before the moon came. The moon has a lot of weird stuff going on yeah. anyway. But to, to, that one of our greatest philosophers are speaking about, is speaking yeah. about this civilization. Also, Aristotle, uh, Aristotle, no, I'm sorry, Plato speaks of his uh, daemon that, uh, that he has, uh, D-A-E-M-O-N, that throughout his whole life, he had a being that speaks to him and tells him to do this or don't do that. Yeah. His entire life. Kept him out of prison when he almost went to jail. I mean, we almost got sentenced to death for not believing in, in you know, yeah. the, the religion of that time. Because yeah. atheist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, he didn't claim that openly. Okay. <laughs> Most atheists now don't claim it openly. You know? uh, yeah. Especially yeah. like you want to be a politician or, you know, mm -hmm. football player or something, a public eye, right? Yeah. I wouldn't consider myself an atheist. I would consider myself an ominous. Okay. I've never heard that term before. What is that? Um, where, whereas I believe uh, in a mosaic religion, Whereas if you're Muslim, um, you that you still heard from God. You're a Buddhist, you still heard from God, but it may not be the full story. But if I look carefully, there's going to be little puzzle pieces I can fit together like in a mosaic way. Yeah. Bring a bigger picture. Uh, I believe there's a difference between the God of this age and the God of all time. Okay. So let's go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> like I, I consider myself a Roman Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. I, I practice not as much as I should, right? Mm -hmm. But my thing is this, right? Like, you cannot tell me that because I'm born in Texas, I'm Roman Catholic, and, you know, I was told about Jesus, I'm going to heaven, and some random dude in India is going to go to hell. Mm, yeah. It's like, I don't, I, to me, I can't accept that right. Like, right. Right. Like, so God's only for certain people, right? Right. And God is about clicks. Yeah. And, got clicks. Like, <laughs> and then how did God choose, like, the Bible is the word of God or is like the best fucking story ever told, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it like a story type, like, Pass on oral generation about Jewish people to like keep people people in control, right? Mm -hmm. so what better way to keep people in control? Don't do, don't lie, don't do this, don't mm -hmm. that. It sounds, yes. it sounds like you know rich people rules for poor people, right? Yeah. All oh, these poor people are fucking stealing my camels, right? Mm -hmm. Let's make this rule. <laughs> Let's say God. And another thing, like mm -hmm. like why is that God like never like appears on TV? Mm -hmm. Like or my hey, I'm God. Yeah. Do this. It's yeah. always like some random. Shepherd, you know, mm, yeah, or some yes. Buddha bush, right? Or like Moses, Aaron, you know, mm -hmm. like, uh, like, and it's always like the weirdest dude, right? Like yeah. Ezekiel, some random dude in the desert, right? Yes, or, you know, like, like, I, I don't, so it's, it's, I, I, it's a I, lot I, of doubts, right? Like, I and like, then, and then it's like, you know, like, if you read the Bible, like, I think Ishmael and Isaac were brothers, mm -hmm. you know, yes, and uh -huh. now a lot of people can trace like Israel and Palestine to that, you know, or yep. Israel and the Arabs, you know, yeah, the whole Muslim religion comes through Ishmael, yeah, yeah, it's it's like so. Funny story, my my son in law, his name's Ishmael, uh -huh. but he's the most devout Christian you ever met, right? Oh, nice, yeah, it's kinda, <laughs> nice. <laughs> we, it was kind of what threw me off, right? Like, you're like, you're like, damn, you're pro pro, right? Uh, right? <laughs> you sure, yeah, but it's like there's so many questions, right? And then, like, uh, I know I'm hugging the conversation mm -hmm. for a minute, but then, like. In the Bible, it says, you know, God's the same mm -hmm. race. Mm -hmm. But Old Testament, God was killing motherfuckers, right? No. Like, God huh? killed more people than everyone. Yeah. And huh? then, just like that, came a God of love. Mm -hmm. So, is he the same? Mm -hmm. I guess he said, well, actually, he's the same because when your kids grow up, you treat them differently. Mm -hmm. 
that, that kind of makes sense, right? Well, Jesus is, well, according to Christianity, our interpretation of Christianity right now, Jesus is supposed to be God. So for me, okay, make it clear. So um, I do, uh, I do believe in Jesus, Yeshua. Um, but who he is to me is a little bit different. Um, I believe that Christ was, came teaching something, um, teaching uh, divinity, of the divinity of humanity, that we were all divine. I think uh, from, through, through deep teaching of the Hebraic language and studying in Aramaic, uh, he's teaching that, that he is the son of God and that you are also. There is one Messiah. There was a person, a person that's prophesied that's supposed to come to, well, according to the prophecy, he's supposed to give information. And we decided to kill him, you know, whatever. But, but he came and he gave information. And what was the information, the revelation that you are God, that you are God. The Catholic Church, the, not before the Catholic Church, I'm sorry, uh, the Romans, um, specifically Titus, uh, the, governor, uh, the governor at the time, um, was very much, uh, had big issues with the church. And there's evidence that we see from Josephus, who wrote the Jewish-Roman wars, um, shows that uh, there is a lot of manipulation of the story of Jesus that was written down which the Bible, our New Testament was written until 95 years after Christ died. But we still have texts, Gnostic texts, uh, like the Apocryphon of John, the, the Gospel of Thomas, that speaks of these things that Jesus teaches. And when you look at them, it looks oddly close to Buddhism. It looks oddly close to some Hindu spiritualist uh, teachings. And get this, get this. The Bible literally prophesies that he will send his, is that God said he will send his son out of Egypt. Egypt, all of the things that Jesus is teaching, I'm able to find in the Book of the Dead. I'm able to find in uh, the Corpus Hermeticum written by Thoth thousands of years before, uh, uh, before uh, our modern uh, Old Testament was written. The Old Testament that we have currently was written in 200 AD, okay? Uh, 200 AD. And, and that's, we don't even have the original book. Before, before the, the Old Testament was written, the, the Jewish people studied the Gomorrah and the Talmud. We don't even study that as Christian people. <laughs> and, and what gets me, like, you know, like the Muslim religion, they recognize Abraham, Jesus yeah. the prophet, right? Mm -hmm. But it's Muhammad, right? Mm -hmm. And like Muslims and Christianity has so much in common, right? Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it's like, no, you're, you're I don't know. That's power. That right. power. It's power. The, uh, the archbishops, and the popes needed to needed to keep control over kings. Before uh, King James, the only reason we even get Protestant religion is because King James wanted to divorce his wife, yeah. Bloody Mary. Yeah. That was his wife. Yeah. He, and the Catholic Church wouldn't allow that, yeah. but she was a bitch. <laughs> he was like, I, I don't want to kill her though. Yes. <laughs> we got to do something. Yeah. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to change the religion for everyone. So when I look at the history of the church, I see manipulation of a lot of rich people, kings and yeah. queens, manipulating spirituality, like you said, uh, the better fit society and culture. Yeah. Because when I look at Jesus by himself, this dude tore down religion. Yeah. He tore down government. He was, a, he was an anarchist. Yeah. He was, yeah. <laughs> Literally. I just wish there was a record of him because they don't talk about that too, I think it's 33. Mm -hmm. Like, what did he do from birth to 33? Of course, they'll talk about, you know, like, mm -hmm. he, like he led, heard, whatever, tried to kill him, whatever, mm -hmm. the little story. But like, what did he do for like 
age of four to 32, right? Yeah. He studied in, he studied in the mystery schools of Egypt. How do you know that? Uh, well, because first off, the Bible tells us that's where he called him from. Like before he came and started his ministry at 30, he came out of Egypt riding on a donkey. That's the way it was prophesied. And that's actually what happened when he came into the city. So how do you know that's true? How do I know it's true? Yeah. Well, because of everything he teaches. Uh, thank you. Because what he teaches, either he got it, either it was like downloaded to him, right? And he didn't need to, to travel uh, Asia Minor to get, to get this information. Um, or he went there himself. Um, because the stuff he teaches are the same information that was taught by Thoth Trismegistus. Yeah. Um, to be born again is the uh, specific uh, big teaching where he prophes- where he uh, Jesus preached um, to the rich Jew. Um, we interpret nowadays we interpret um, that particular sermon to mean being born again. Like I got to quote Romans eight, and now I'm saved. I'm born again. That didn't make no sense. Why is he using female vaginas yeah. and all this stuff to talk about being born again? I'm telling you here. First of all, the Bible. Speaks about the Matrix yeah. and Ezekiel. The book, I'm sorry, the book of Job is equivalent. Are, are you having preacher man flashback right now? No. <laughs> my bad, my bad, <laughs> my bad. I'm not trying no, to. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's a little joke. Well, uh, in the book of Job, it, it speaks of the the female vagina. Calls it a Matrix. The only time it speaks, of, it says the word Matrix in the Bible, but it calls the vagina a Matrix. Um, well, then we get to uh, Jesus in that garden, and he's and he tells us. That, uh, that a man uh, must be born again. And then he asks, well, how does a man be born again? Will he, shall he come through the womb again? And he said, it will come by water. Basically, to make a long story short, he, Jesus is explaining, he's explaining soul technology travel. That you can, this is literally technology, technologically impossible, physically impossible to travel solar systems or dimensions or whatever, long, vast distances um, physically. Uh, but that you can, souls are souls are are able to be born into certain dimension. Jesus was telling us that any being that's born in this reality will come through a womb, a vagina. It's a portal. It's a portal. Any being that is born that, that is intelligent, is born in this reality, will come through that portal. It's a in in the African religions called a yoni. It was also considered a portal in the African religion. You know? So the vagina is pretty important. <laughs> but that's what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about vaginas. Nice. Um, don't quote me on <laughs> Yeah, we're just talking. So isn't there stories of like before Jesus was born? Like, isn't there like prehistoric stories before Jesus? Like, like virgin births and stuff like that? Yes. Um, yes. Uh, so there are. I know some people say like, you know, like. So I have like, like this cross. It's a, like the cat's a cross oh, right here. Nice. And the story with that is like, you know, Constantine was fighting a civil war. He's outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Original cross. Everyone thought, yeah, everyone thought he was going to lose. And then supposedly Jesus came to the sky with this sign and said, with this with the sign conquer, so he conquered, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then he was like, supposedly like the vote pagan, right? And mm-hmm. he switched to Christianity mm-hmm. and made Roman Christianity, right? Mm-hmm. So they become Roman, right? But of course they combine, suppose they combine like, you know, mm-hmm. like Christmas Day was actually this sun god holiday. Yeah, winter solstice. Yeah, so come out of that stuff. So like, did he really like, was he really Christian? Mm-hmm. They really see Jesus like the yeah. opportunity. Like was was a political expedient thing to yeah. do, right? Oh, you've been studying. Not too many people ask that question. Yeah. I really, I don't believe he converted. I personally don't believe he converted. But I, look, like, I know a lot of Christians, especially Roman Catholics, like they're like, 
maybe well, we, we think he converted, mm -hmm. but if he didn't, yeah. we're a successful religion because of him. Yes, definitely. Like, it wasn't because of him, like, Christianity would have died out. Yes, yes, it like, would. Like, it he, like, the already on the ground. Of course, it was funny, right? It's not mm -hmm. funny, but like, the historical context, like, they interviewed all the men, right? Mm -hmm. Did this really happen? Mm -hmm. Like, they're going to fucking say no. Yeah, yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, well, there are 20,000 men. Not one said it was a lie. Uh -huh. Really? Yeah. Come on. Come on now. <laughs> That's like, it's in death. That is in death for yourself, your whole family, mm -hmm. your, all your animals, mm -hmm. your friends. Yep. It, but it... But it's a great story, right? It is a great story. I but see I, Jesus. I'm going to conquer you. Mm -hmm. He conquers. Everyone's religious. Everyone's Christianity. And then... Years yeah. later, of being people on Earth all Christmas. It was the smartest thing. It was a super smart political move. That's the shit fucking yeah. John F. K., LBJ, Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan, Bill Clinton no. were fucking proud of. Yes. Yes. Because they definitely, he definitely was somebody that was smart enough to take a Roman rebel. Yep. Okay, so let me give context. Let me give context. Before Christ came, there were three people that claimed to be Messiah. According to Josephus. I forgot uh, about wars. that. I forgot about that. There was yes. the previous claim Messiahs. Yeah, I forgot yes. about that. And they all died. All of them was big as wars. The Jewish Roman wars. Millions of people died as it was recorded. Literally millions of people. It happened three times in over 300 years. And so by the time Jesus shows up, everybody's like, nah, we done learned our lesson. <laughs> we ain't fucking with the Romans no more. You trying to fuck it up for the rest of us. They didn't, they didn't want to really see that. But, uh, but the um, the um, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Constantine um, had an ingenious thought. First of all, Christianity had, for the most part, had gone underground, but the soldiers, uh, half of the soldiers were Christians and the other half were Mithrans. And that was very similar to Christianity in the first place. And so in order, so he was losing all of his soldiers. Like he was losing all his soldiers and it was already confusion because the, you know, it's a republic. So the general has more power than over the immediate army than the governor does. And so that being the case, uh, Constantine had that wonderful idea. He saw the thing in the sky. He saw it in the sky, told him to put on his shields. And, and, and then lo and behold, he said, okay, now I'm Christian, right? But he says that, but he doesn't think, you know what? I'm going to, I need to take down all the gods. This is gigantic archway. Let's do a, a slow phase. Yeah, yeah. So, do a slow transition. <laughs> yeah, really slow. <laughs> really slow. Or, I have my new god. You keep on watching your old gods. <laughs> right, right. You know what? We're just going to give them new names, uh, and they're going to look the same. It's still a part of December 25th. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Still exchange gifts, you know. Literally, literally. Quite literally, you know. There, why, are we got, why do we have imagery of Mother Mary and in uh, uh, baby Jesus. There's no emphasis on baby Jesus. The reason why we have that is because that's infantry that that's imagery that connects to Isis and Horus, yeah. you know? And we know from Roman history, they, just like the Catholics do to this day, the Romans uh, were known for uh, take borrowing from other religions yeah. and adding to their own. And that's smart, right? It's very smart. More better way to assimilate, keep you conquered, and take a little bit of their yeah. culture, right? And their gods still exist. Yeah. Their gods, it just made a different name, but your gods still exist. But the tide for your god has increased. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the tide has increased. <laughs> tide has increased. Yeah, that's real. That's you get ten percent, you got ten percent us, motherfucker. <laughs> give it all, give it all. You got to pay taxes, your Roman taxes, and your Roman tides. <laughs> There's one for you, right? So in the Bible, 
there's several times where, and this is my theory, right? Mm-hmm. This is way out there. So like in the, in the Bible, like, you know, several times God would go somewhere, hey, mm-hmm. like I want you to know I'm killing all you motherfuckers, right? Mm-hmm. And Noah said, like, don't kill us all. We have just some, you know, mm-hmm. like what, what the, the, the Lot's wife, you know, mm-hmm. Salem's Lot, whatever, they save some people. Yeah. All the time, like God's going to wipe the whole earth out of this, right? Mm-hmm. And the prophet of the time, they know there has to be at least one person to say, right? Mm-hmm. All through generations, that's happened, right? Yeah. So my theory is, right, this is like way out there, right? Mm-hmm. That knows no one there said, save us now, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're doing all this fucking bad shit, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, there's no one to say, hey, God, don't kill everyone, right? And, yeah. like, and like God is like, okay, <laughs> fuck the human, right? <laughs> like off somewhere else, uh-huh. party, doing this, and we're just on our own, like mm-hmm. destroying ourselves. Yeah. What's yeah. Take on that. Uh, well, I, I would say... Like, I know that's a wild-ass theory. Yeah, I, I would say it, it's very interesting. Uh, I like how you pose that because, like, you know, it's very, very genocidal. <laughs> uh, uh, but I do believe that, uh, like, with the flood, um, it, it had a lot to do, uh, from what I studied, it had a lot to do with genetics. Um, when I read the... the when I, you find more about the flood um, through the book of Enoch. It also speaks about it in Genesis chapter 12. Um, but it it literally says that God chose Noah because he was pure of generations, which translates to his genetics. Um, he was one of the few people at that time that had, wasn't having sex with angels. So uh, according to the Bible, um, our technology was given through angels. This fire through angels. The, the ability to war was through angels. Witchcraft given to women through angels and so forth and so forth. That all these wonderful things the angels, <laughs> but it was, it was considered evil as well. And so, uh, uh, Noah being the first, um, what's those people that don't use electricity? Amish. He's the first Amish. <laughs> He's the first Amish, you know, uh, he was pure generation. He wasn't, he wasn't fucking angels. Uh, and, and so God was like, okay, you're the only one that I spare, but it wouldn't make sense. I don't believe that he literally, I don't believe that God literally killed everyone and they were the only people. Why? Because uh, one of the sons, Ham, ends up seeing his dad naked. This is after the water subsides. He ends up seeing his dad naked and um, he has to, you know, he, he shamed his father and he has to leave. And he goes out and create the first city ever created, um, which, he, which also goes on to uh, create the Tower of Babel and such. But Starting from the very first city, it ain't supposed to be, ain't supposed to be no other people on the planet. Now you out here, you don't find no yeah, wife. We're gonna we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. So who who was the daughter who slept with her dad? Uh, that that is uh, that was Abraham and uh, his nephew. It wasn't uh, a daughter got her. The two daughters got their, their dad drunk as shit and slept with them. Yes, this is right after they escaped from uh, from from the assault. Okay. The salt and stuff. Okay. Well, why, why is the name of the, the, the city? Um, Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. yeah, I got to think. Sodom. Yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, Sodom. Yeah. And they thought, they thought because of, you know, fire falling from heaven, yeah. they thought this happened to the entire planet. So they thought all of humanity. It is like a localized meteor shower. Yeah. It was just localized. They didn't know it though. So they thought they were the only people on the planet. They thought. So they were like, okay, we got to repopulate. Yeah. So okay. they got dad drunk and nasty. So people all over the planet, like, like, like back to like where these people come from, right? Like, well, Cain killed Abel, Cain killed Abel, like this mm-hmm. Adam, Eve, Cain, Abel, right? Mm-hmm. Cain kills Abel. Cain gets like, so 
you have to go right. And Kane goes finds other people, right? Like, where the fuck these people come from, right? Like, like aliens mm-hmm. or like just random people, right? You know, like, yeah. And if you like, if you're based on like the fossil rest, like humans have been like, there are a few humans in Africa, but humans everywhere, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe sometimes I think maybe just the Jewish had the best public relations thing back in the day, yeah. right? I mean, you might ask, why wouldn't why wouldn't God just put something on the planet that's permanent and that would just give us proof that He exists? And why, you know, like, of course I appreciate free will. Yeah. But like when I say, hey, the guy, like, hey, these are rules. Mm-hmm. All of them will die, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of this like waiting around, you know, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's just so many questions, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's so. So I find my answers in the Nag Hammadi text. The Nag the Nag Hammadi library um, was found in the 1940s um, in in Egypt uh, in in a cave. It was found by a shepherd, and uh, it's the real deal. Some of the scripts, the manuscripts found, are older than our New Testament scripts. Um, and so this is where we find the Apocrypha of John, the Gospel of Thomas. And what is, and, and especially the Gospel of Thomas, all Jesus sayings. And Jesus is talking about us being beings of light. It is speaking, it is speaking about rainbow. It's talking about stuff like co- the Corpus Hermeticum. These are Egyptian teachings or whatnot. And so uh, when it comes to the reality of, of, of what we are, uh, it was really deep. It was really way deeper because Jesus didn't come and he didn't come and bring a Jewish religion. He, that's, he forget he was Jewish, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he was Jewish. forget that, right? Yeah, he forget. He, like, he yeah. forgot. Yeah, and, and <laughs> people forget too, like, you know, like, a lot of people, like, you know, in the New Testament, like, it says, like, you know, there's a part in there that says, like, you know, like, Jesus didn't get rid of, like, the, the, the clean food laws, right? It was like St. Paul, right? The angel to St. Paul said, hey, you know, it's not what you put in your mouth, so it comes out of your mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. But a lot of, like, what we call considered Christianity was actually St. Paul that did it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. not Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Paul, who never met Jesus at all, who also killed... Once, once again, some one, one-on-one sighting, you know, <laughs> the angel comes to Paul and all, all the people, you know. Right, the road to Damascus. Might as well have been in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> but Paul, he, just like two years prior, he had killed Stephen, yeah. the apostle. Yeah. You know? Oh, so, off subject, so, I was in Italy for two years when I was in the military, right? Mm-hmm. There's a... Um, we went to a Catholic church in uh, Milan. It's called El Dumo. Mm. They had the statues of, uh, of him there really? with like all the skin taken off. Really? Uh, like how he was talking. Because suppose he would yeah. torture like taking the skin off this statue, the right? Yeah. It's pretty like, like pretty awe-inspiring, right? Mm. Paul was, uh, Paul or is it Stephen? Stephen, Stephen. Yeah. It's a statue, all the skin off. It's a thing that says like he was tortured by taking all the skin off. Yeah. At least that's how, that's how I remember it. I could be wrong, you know, but that's how I remember it. That's an awesome statue, though. I wonder, yeah. yeah. One, one thing, I, you know, regardless of your time of religion, the Roman Catholics have some fucking outstanding churches, right? The, mm-hmm. the architecture, the beauty of your rights. Yeah. Of course, the price they pay to do a lot of stuff, you know, yeah. like the stained glass, like mm-hmm. 1300s, right? Yeah. yeah. So beautiful, right? There's a good reason for that, I feel like. I feel like the Roman Catholic Church, um, the Catholic Church specifically, has been privy to... Uh, certain spiritual understandings yeah. and knowledge that they've hidden from the public. Yeah. Um, architecture, uh, architecture is our symbols um, and symbols do communicate. They do. They do, they do vibrate. They, they do. They mean something to us. Well, vibration is a real thing. It really is. It really real is. Thing. And so the, the architecture of, of the Catholic church literally tells a story. 
And I and they also convey a whole feeling. Yeah. Um, and so and the reason why and you would like you were saying earlier about winter solstice, Christmas, instead of getting rid of a pagan holiday, we just put our day on top of the yeah. pagan. They were making they were the Catholic Church believes and know that magic is real and they've been making use of it ever since. And that's why for us, so it was for the Jews. Uh, who practiced or, or practiced Kabbalism, Kabbalah, uh, Kabbalah for several years, Jesus practiced Kabbalah as well, spoke to angels. It was a big part of it. 72 angels exist um, that, we, that we are aware of. But then we get to the Catholic Church. They turn the angels into little babies, you know, because these are powerless beings because they were wanting to use the power and to, to take away our access to these powers. Now we don't know to call on, uh, on Gabriel that that is set aside for specific things yeah. or, or any of these other angels that, um, that rabbis, that Jesus himself yeah. took advantage. These are power. These are powers. Aleister Crowley, Aleister Crowley, who, who, who was considered the most evil man on the planet. I don't believe that. I study his history. You know, he was just weird and gay, um, bisexual. <laughs> but uh, but the, the, the literal uh, core of all of his teachings was the Kabbalah, the Jewish Kabbalah. He was more Jewish than most Jews. <laughs> I gotta do my parking. It's, it's fine. Can you, can you, can you do it on your phone? Yeah. 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 And here's another thing, too, right? I have all these conspiracy theories, right? So the devil, we wouldn't call him right. He was like God's. Like best one, right? Mm -hmm. But the devil got jealous, whatever. Something they had a falling out. God sent him to hell, right? To like be tortured, right? Right. So now, if you because of the misstand, you're a bad person. God sends you to hell, and mm -hmm. the devil tortures you. Mm -hmm. My thing is like, okay, I'm the devil. I'm the enemy of God. God sends me his people who mm -hmm. doesn't follow God's rules. Why am I gonna torture him for? Right? Like you my you my pizza, right? Like, yeah. You my friend, right? Yeah. You, you just your God, I just go God. Mm -hmm. We're like, we're all on the same page, right? But this is like this torture thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course I'm making that shit up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To me, it doesn't make any sense. Another thing doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It, it really doesn't. It, it really doesn't. And, and I feel like that's the that's what that's the the define the, the defining factor of the difference between the God of this age and the God of all time. And there's so many things like um, like uh, you you know Alec Masloff, right? So he was in the pitch competition. He had the board game. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. So he was on here. I didn't know this. He was talking about, you know, and according to, like, he's like a role, like, he's talking about the stuff too. And so he was saying, like, the, the, the Sumerian, is like a Sumerian religion, right? Mm -hmm. there, there, there are people who believe that aliens came and gene spliced primates and made humans, right? The mind stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So it's all like, man, this is fucking crazy shit, right? So you say aliens came and fucking, like, genetically spliced humans. Apes that makes humans right. The Bible almost confirms that. Yeah, I believe the Bible almost confirms that. Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh, um, the Epic of Gilgamesh, uh, Gilgamesh is written in the Sumerian tablets. We find we find Gilgamesh in the Bible. We find him in Genesis. His name was Nimrod. Okay, Nimrod. Nim yeah, yes, Nimrod was. They gave him an insult name. Nimrod. That's where we call people Nimrod. Yeah, Nimrod. Yeah. kind of thing, right? They insulted him or whatnot. They didn't want to use his real name, but he was considered a might. It called him a mighty hunter. Before God. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. 
And Gilgamesh also went on to create the Tower of Babel. He also went to the mountain and supposedly took the head of God. He went to the, to the, to the, the tree of life in Lebanon, ancient Lebanon, where there are cedar trees that were considered the tree of life. Really, really tall. And he was bold enough to chop down the trees. And so that is a whole epic, but it's all Sumerian, right? And then, but let's go back to the Bible. Then we get to, we get to Ezekiel, right? Ezekiel, and he was on at the river and an angel came to him. This particular angel didn't look like other angels, like six wings, like the cherubim, the seraphims. This angel had four heads, a head of a cow, an eagle, a bull, and a human, right? These are things that look like the rear, that's common imagery to us, right? And so you got an alien, let's say you had an alien that came here that didn't know about us and what we're familiar with. They just, but they need to communicate with us and they don't want us to be afraid. You're going to put together a body and avatar mixed with familiar stuff here and, and then present yourself because you don't know who we are yet. You know? So to me, um, it makes sense that God would, I feel this is a theory I have since I was a young boy, that God uses technology to limit the power of angels. But, but it could just be straight up alien. But it, it's, that's evidence in the Bible of that. So the book of Revelations, is that the story of the fall of Rome or the story of the last days? I've heard both theories. That's a really good question. So, so I believe that he thought he was, he thought he was speaking about Rome because the people at that time thought uh, the Caesar was the Antichrist. His name was Nero. And if you, it, you know, his, in Roman. It, Neo being the one of the worst emperors. And his name actually breaks down in Roman numerals to 666. Did not know that. Literally. <laughs> literally breaks down to 666. And so that's why in Acts chapter 2, um, Apostle Paul has to, to rebuke all the saints because they start quitting their job. And he was like, go, no, go get a job. <laughs> you know, but Christ said he's coming back soon. <laughs> you know. Yeah, his definition of soon is way different than everyone else's. Yeah. Two thousand years later, yeah. but isn't I were somewhere like you know like in in like God time, like it says um, he created Earth in seven days, actually six days or seven days, whatever it is, seven days rest. Actually, one day is like thousand years of him, right? Mm -hmm. So like actually, even though it's two thousand years, that's only two days of him, you know, mm -hmm. something like that, you know. Yeah, that's that's where I heard that. I don't remember, but that came from the Book of Daniel. Okay, that came from the Book of Daniel. Uh, a, a, a day to him is as a thousand days, yeah. a thousand days and, and, and backwards, vice versa. But I don't, I think that's just, I thought, I felt like that was just poetry. Yeah. And, and what if like, what if like the angel of God and them can time travel, right? I what do. if time travel is the thing, world thing for them, right? Where we're stuck in time. We haven't, we're, I think we're going to figure it out eventually we haven't figured out yet where they can like go back and forth and different time missions and stuff, you know? You're fucking with me. Yes. No, yes, no, no. Okay, David Grush. <laughs> okay, the alien, okay. David Grush, the aliens that we just spoke about at the Congress hearing, he specifically, he said he didn't call these physical beings. He's, and he was very specific when he, he called these interdimensional beings. Interdimensional beings, okay? Um, if we had, first off, if they're interdimensional beings that are from another dimension, we know that all dimensions are sitting up to, uh, on top of each other, okay? In order to live in one dimension, you have to live in all dimensions, yeah. okay? But we only experience one of them in time. 
right? And we're in a third dimension. This is a dimension where time is laid out. Yeah. If we go up one dimension higher, time is scrolled back up. Mm -hmm. You don't experience it in the same way, right? And so uh, this is the playing field of the gods. This is the realm of experience. God himself cannot experience or he is outside of time, right? The one thing that God doesn't have and cannot have is experience. That's why I'm a big believer that God split himself into little shards and put himself into the realm of experience via us, right? And so I believe we're all little gods. Even Jesus himself, Jesus himself said to the Sadducees and Pharisees, he says, doesn't not your scripture say that ye are little gods, you know? And so I feel like we are, I feel like these uh, aliens are, that yes, they are uh, uh, interdimensional beings that are outside of time stepping inside of time. So they are, I feel like they are traveling. How else would Elijah in the Bible, right? Go from, you know, he died way a long time ago. Then all of a sudden on the mountain of transfiguration and Jesus, all of a sudden he appears before Jesus, Elijah. If that was really him, I don't know. But, but there's this time traveling aspect here, you know? Uh, fourth dimensional beings live outside of time. Yeah, I'm a big believer. Of course, like, no crazy story. Like, like, you know how, like, you know, we have like, the step below us, right? Humans, it's like, there's like, there's like, well, I was using an for example, right? Ants are below us, right? Mm -hmm. Ants, I mean, they seem to have like a, a light, way of life, but, you know, they live, they like have colonies, they do stuff, right? Yeah. And then we have us, I think there's something above us, like we're above ants, right? You know, like we have, like we say, ain't here, we like stop on it, you know, make parent attention, right? I think mm -hmm. there's stuff above us, whether it's angels or mm -hmm. demons or aliens, whatever, it's something above us, right? We don't pay no mind to us, but yeah. every once in a while, they're like, Throw a hurricane at us, or chain at us, or yes. you know, like something like that. You know, I think that a hurricane is like uh, the same as us stepping on on an ant You know, yes, exactly. There's even so there's there's uh, studies uh, um, done on this. If we have a a fourth dimensional being step into a three dimension, um, the shape changes. So in order for us to have a spear on this realm, it's a different shape on a higher uh, dimension. And so uh, there are shapes on the fourth dimension that don't exist. Of course, there's a lot of shapes on the fourth dimension that don't exist here. Um, hey, we, right now we're like blowing people's mind right now. All right, <laughs> right. And so when you, so let's say, let's say, let's say this is a fourth dimensional object. Okay, we're gonna say this this mic will be the the line that separates the dimensions. So from the fourth dimension and going down into the third dimension, all of a sudden you're gonna see the fullness of it, right? And then now all you see is one aspect of it. Now you see a line of it. You don't see no see that, right? I'm, and, and it is a bad example. What I'm saying is, is that you will only see uh, a sliver of the information. Most of the information uh, is like through a black hole. You only get a little bit coming out. Uh, so uh, you, if you get the, the torus, the donut is the most complex. The donut shape is the most complex shape in our reality and the universe is likely a donut shape yeah um but uh the it's an even more complex shape higher up it's like it looks like this octopus like thing mm -hmm. where the the ouroboros the snake that eats his own tail yeah. is what that shape looks like but it don't exist on a realm it's only a fourth dimensional realm but what you were saying the possibility of the, the like we got ants below us of uh, beings above us on these high on these other dimensional levels um are similar to what's taught by Thought Um, 
in a corpus hermeticum that it teaches that uh, the all in existence would be the the totality of God. For God to exist and to create, He can only create for Himself. Because if He's all that exists, I mean, He can only use from what's inside to create. And so there's a theory that we are all living inside of the mind of God. All is mind. And we're like the other side of the spectrum, whereas God is the big God of all. We're the other side of the donut. God is at the top of the donut. We're the tunnel at the bottom of the donut. So we're mine as well. So is the donut like flat or is the donut like on its side? Let's say donut is flat. Okay. Let's say the donut is flat. And so you got the funnel. Let's say that's a black hole. Let's say that, right? A wormhole or whatever. Yeah. Let's say God is at the top. Where and at the top, this he's the he is the defining factor. He's encompassing all, everything that can exist and it does exist exists within him. All is mine. All is mine. It's all within his mind. Maybe a dream. He may be dreaming. Whatever. But it's all within his mind. And then us, we're God in experience, right? So we're God in time, living it out. And so yes, hell exists. Heaven exists as well. But it's here on earth. We make it. Ourselves because we're we are gods. Hey, I bet you Chile has some hellified Colin Fit conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, we have some hellified conversation. <laughs> we make we we make it what we want. Yeah, we make it what we want. Yeah. So, what are you think about this, right? So, you ever watched a show called uh, Arrested Development? Yes, that was a good show. No, not Arrested. I mean, not no, not Arrested Development. Um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. That's a good show. That's so, a really good show. Remember the one skit where they did where like this guy, he was like, um, he was like, one guy's like pro-religion, other guy like pro-science, right? And the, the, and the pro-science guy, hey, this is a scientific fact, the religion is bad or whatever. And religion guy was like, okay, let me prove something to you. Back in the day, his thing was like, what have we not learned yet, right? He was like, back in the day, people thought the earth was flat. The smartest people in the world thought the earth was flat. They were proved wrong. Mm-hmm. Then he kept on giving examples of how the smartest person in the world at the time thought this was true, right? And it was proved wrong. So what do you think we believe is true now is going to be proved to be false in the future? True now, that's going to be proven to be false. Yeah. Like, or, or is like, do you think wormhole is going to be true? Travel is going to be time travel? It's like, what do we believe in now that we believe like, 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 like we believe the sun is going to burn out in five billion years? Like, we believe, like, different things as mm. fact, right? What do you think is going to be like, okay, we're totally wrong? Uh, in localized matter. I think okay. that's going to be a myth um, that uh, what, we know from, uh, what we know from quantum mechanics, we've known since 1910. Yeah. That, so, I, you see me right here, right? But... On the other, let's say, on the other side of the city, I'm also over there as well. At least a little bit of me. There's a probability. Uh, and, and there's an actuality um, that we know from the uh, double slit experiments in quantum mechanics and quantum physics is that, uh, that these quantum particles are uh, accessing and entering every possible timeline. That when they go through the double slit, we get an interference, but it's only one particle going through a double slit. So how is it possible that you get an interference? You get an interference when you have two waves interact with each other. Once they touch, they annihilate, gives an interference cross patch um, type look. And so how can one atom, 
one particle going through a double slit interact. Uh, it has nothing to interact with. What they determined that it was interacting with its other selves. It was interacting with itself on every other timeline, still creating the same interference pattern. And so these other timelines are sitting on each on side on top of each other, all existing within the, in the same time. And that's and so these particles are experiencing and interacting with invisible versions of themselves. And we do at the same time. And so does a tree, if no one's in the forest to hear that tree, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around to hear it, does, did it happen? No. I mean, it did, but no. So you're talking about deja vu? De, deja vu is just your connection to the fourth dimensional or higher. Because uh, everything that can happen is already, has already happening, is happening all at once. All at once. Um, I, we can, we can, there is a, there's a probability of you becoming president. And if you sit here and contemplate that possibility, that possibility, and it's possible, right? Only thing is, is, is certain actions that separate you from that timeline. And, and sometimes that can be a small amount of actions or a lot amount of actions. But there's, but there's an ability to go from the timeline you are now to change it into this other timeline that you're accessing mentally. It, here, it exists it's, and it's real. And why do I know it's real, even though it's in here? It's because the stuff that is in here affects this world hella real. So this is real. And so if I can imagine the timeline where I am a president, I can discern the steps that's needed to get to that timeline. One thing I don't know people realize, or maybe they do, but I don't think they do, is like how like that's random decisions affect your life, right? Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, like maybe you decide to go left or right, mm -hmm. or maybe someone's upset and they didn't do something, right? Mm -hmm. All these random, like there's literally like, in my mind, there's literally millions of timelines you go on, right? Yes. Like, Maybe, you know, maybe your, your, your aunt was going to like, you know, fly you to the house for, for summer vacation, mm -hmm. but she couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you would have flew there, mm -hmm. you would have lived it and stayed there and went to school there instead right. of somewhere else, right? right? There's all these like variations of timelines that all right. people think about. Why didn't you think that you were able to fly there? And let's and just use that scenario. Yeah, just because like the, the, the aunt wouldn't fly me, or sometimes the aunt wouldn't fly you there, but like, mm -hmm. she got laid off, right? Mm -hmm. And she couldn't she can fly you there, right? Right. And your parents or your mother or whatever can afford you, right? Mm -hmm. that's, that's the collective conscious where there's, where uh, like a wave, like a wave on the shore, uh, uh, proceeding and receding, right? And all these waves, these water particles, linked together mm -hmm. in there. So the things that I do will affect you. Closer you are to me, it will affect you. So no matter if I'm way over here and we're in the same water, what I do is going to affect you. Somebody, some corporate person did something, laid her off. And this, that person's reality, their dream that they're living, yeah. affected your reality in yeah. some sense. But also her choices. And that just trickled down to you, then to your yeah. choice. And something simple like, you know, Let's suppose you go, we'll say you go to like, we'll say go to Burger King and get a meal, right? Mm -hmm. The person, a cashier, her, her, let's say her, her boyfriend dumped her or no, it would make it worse. Mm -hmm. She, she caught a boyfriend cheating with her, her best friend, right? Mm -hmm. She has to go to work. She, she has a fucking piss off attitude. Mm -hmm. And so if she's fucking cut with you, mad at you, like giving you like bullshit. So now you have a mad attitude, right? Mm -hmm. That is goals and trolls or trolls, right? Mm -hmm. But then again, maybe she has a good attitude mm -hmm. and you had a bad attitude, right? Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like, it's odd how like all this shit like, Whole different experience. Yeah. And uh, that's why, first off, 
The emotions are the gateway to the spiritual realm. The emotions are the gateway to other realities and other timelines as well. Because the, these emotions are, are more like, I call them lenses. Yeah. They're, they're chemical, but they're chemical responses to what we're experiencing in reality. But they're lenses that shade how we experience something and discerns what our next moves are. And so uh, we, can access, we can access these other timelines with the right mindset. That's why for me, when I started Black Muse, it started literally from a spiritual aspect first. I, before I could even come up with the concept of Black Muse, I needed to have a mindset that actually believed in this possibility in the yeah. timeline. I needed, I had to, I had to change my imagination and what I see in my mind pertaining to myself to even make this possible. So I had to see a time before the time. I had to see, I had to use my imagination to look into my future and pull out something that I wanted and then make that real through my actions and deciding to walk that out. But what did I do? I looked through time. We all are able to do it. We just don't see it as relevant. We don't, we don't, we don't. We like you said, like we're talking about country city living. If you're in the city, you're like, you don't see shit around you, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like people don't realize this is part of the script, but like there's like so many trees and plants and birds mm -hmm. and stuff around, you know, nature. Yeah. But no one sees that. Nobody sees it. Nobody sees it. No one sees it. And they're, around, they're not around to experience it. So they, we have like big, this is a big view of trees right here, right? Yeah. But no one sees it. Mm -hmm. And they can't affect it either. But the, those that will see it, those that decide to see it are able to affect that tree. So from your point of view, are we inherently evil or inherently good? Uh, I think there is no good and there is no evil. There is no good, there is no evil. Um, there's a spectrum. It's only a spectrum and you cannot separate the two. In order for me to exist, there needs to be good and evil. So, for, so if I'm speaking in the context of God, let's say I'm putting myself in God's shoes. All is good. All of it is good. Everything is good. And, and so for empower, here's an empowering moment. And this is how I was able to determine there is no good and, and there is no evil. Is I, I was abused my entire life. I was a, uh, every babysitter I had as a kid, I was molested by. Every single one. I had a babysitter that uh, made me memorize every song from, uh, every song from, the, mo from the movie uh, Grease. And I had to wear a dress and, and sing these songs from these female babysitters. <laughs> really weird, right? They could have, they really could have my head up, right? Um, but what was the determining factor of how I changed? It was how I decided to receive it and, and, and uh, how I decided to interact with these things. But some things you could say, you can say it's meant to happen in time. It's going to happen, but how I react to it is really the deciding factor of time. And I feel like I got off, I feel, I feel like I got completely off the question. Can you ask the question again? I would if I remembered it. <laughs> yeah. No. Cheers. What, no, no. What, what do we do? Do you believe we're inherently good or inherently evil? Yeah. Oh, yes. No, I don't believe. I don't believe in good or evil anymore. I believe in positive or negative. I believe in positive and negative. I feel like phones are good. Okay. For me, to me. But there's definitely a lot of negatives. For me and others, food, this burger is good. It's a hella good <laughs> burger you got me, Jason. But is it maybe bad for my hips? It may be bad for cholesterol. It may be bad for this. Um, there's every single, look, 
look, uh, I, I'm a black guy and I'm a really intelligent black guy. Right. And then there's really a lot of good things around, about me. But if you really met me some years ago, maybe in high school or something, maybe different, <laughs> you know, you get a whole different experience. So it's, it's not good and bad. It's just experience. And we as little guys are sent out to experience everything that is to experience. And so, uh, so when it comes to good or bad, that is the most completely subjective uh, thing possible. Like me growing up, I, I knew some people growing up, like they were like some bad people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they were fucking bad. They were bad people, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, they took care of me, right? Mm-hmm. They would do anything for me, right? Mm-hmm. Someone else, maybe not so much, right? Yeah. Yeah. But like they, they had my back. They took care of me. Like mm-hmm. they put me the right path. They, they like don't do what I do, mm-hmm. right? But they were like, they did some fucking evil shit, right? Yeah. Yeah. And people say, how are you friends with them, bro? Because you have something so much you have to separate mm-hmm. the, the way they do to how they treat you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you don't even have to separate it. Like mob, like you said, my, like my bosses and some they my boss with a daughter mm-hmm. or something. You know, you done killed all these people, but he's just so lovey and soft yeah. when it comes to his yeah. daughter. <laughs> you know, you get a whole different experience because the good is there. That's where we get the yin yang symbol. Yeah. Um, because no matter what, you will find good and the bad. No it's matter. Always a struggle, right? It's always. A struggle. I mean, like Star Wars. It's about Star Wars, like the. Dark and the light, you know, it's always yeah. like the Sith and the Jedi, right? It's, like, yeah. it's always kind of struggle, right? Yeah. You need both of them, you know, yeah. like you said. But we grow up with an idea that is very, which is very, uh, very, way more closer to uh, the Roman mythology, um, where we, we, we had this idea of uh, God is God of light. Mm-hmm. And then we have Satan, which we treat him like he's the God of darkness yeah. or whatever. Um, we, we were stuck in this duality thinking where the truth is all is one. There's only two numbers that exist. Zero and one. Yeah. There's only two numbers that actually exist. Everything else is just a repetition. <laughs> you know, but those two only things. We got to dig in a vagina. I'm sorry. Zero and one. That's what I meant. <laughs> right? We have on and off. Okay? Um, and so, and all of this is just a, a different reflections of that. How many emanations of the same thing? Um, and, and so, uh, inside of that one, that number one or inside of that zero, we're going to find good and bad. Yeah. It may, what may be good for me, it's going to be, could be bad for you. Yeah. Where does, wherever you decide to, to sit on. And so now that I know that's the case, whenever I'm a, now that I know that there's good and bad in everything, as I eat this once was an animal, I'm so grateful for this animal. This is what had to happen to this animal was bad for this animal and for this animal's family, anybody that cared about that yeah. animal. But for me, it was life nourishment. It was like damn tasty. Tasty. It was, it was good. <laughs> right. And so I, I take a moment to appreciate mm-hmm. uh, that. Like the cycle of life, right? Yeah. Cycle of life. From the most destruct, from the most scientifically, from the most dangerous elements, from the most disgusting elements, we find our most prosperous inventions and tools the discovery of uh of um what's that fungi that white fungus that starts with a p that you can get rid of certain sexual diseases syphilis or something like that. oh i don't know it grows on bread mold that's not mold. it's a type of mold it's a um, what's it called it's a good we use philosac no penicillin 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 yes thank you penicillin is a mold okay we discovered penicillin Okay, uh, through uh, 
fucking with shit molding and fermenting. We discovered uh, uh, chlorine and, uh, and a couple other chemicals that we need and use to this day. And they, and they found it by trying to find something else, right? Through, they was through poop, specifically. Trying to find something else, yeah. Through poop. We get good stuff through poop. Mm-hmm. What? Good stuff come from poop, too. Because even that's bad, good stuff will come from that, too. If, if we're in a mindset uh, of looking for it, if we have a mindset. So that's why we get into scripture um, where Jesus, or the apostles most likely, teaches that we should think of things, these things that are pure. Think of these things that are good. So what it tells us is the way you think will determine what you see and what you experience. And so when I have an innovative, when I have a mindset where it is determined to see the good in everything, that has allowed me to extract benefit from everything. That has allowed me to innovate where other people didn't see innovations at. So you, you, can, you consider yourself a positive person? Extremely. Really? O- overly yeah. positive. See, I'm, I'm opposite. Yeah. No. I consider myself a negative person. And then that's why we work so well. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we work so well. The balance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's one for you. It's another theory of mine, right? Mm-hmm. So let's make this shit up. So let's suppose, to me, this, to me, this is the easy way for alien to take over the earth, right? Mm-hmm. You have to have someone, send one alien here, right? Yeah. I have just some kind of power, right? Like, it has to be like telepathy or mm-hmm. reading minds or like hover or whatever. Or like, mm-hmm. they have to do some kind of power, right? Right, right. Like, I don't know. Like, shut off the electrical grid or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, after they do that, they just say to say. And it could be just like, remember back in the day when uh, the Spaniards went to Peru mm-hmm. and like destroyed the Inca Empire? Mm-hmm. The Incas said, had no, in their, in their religion, these gods would come from someplace else in gold, you know? Blonde beard. It was, it was, it was yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, in all, all the religions, like God's gonna come, right? Mm-hmm. So this alien comes. Of course, they do the research, right? They know mm-hmm. where you live. They come. They do some stuff. And they say, "Hey, I'm I'm your God. I'm your God of Abraham." Blah blah blah. How do you think we react? I, I think half of us are like we bow down and worship him and like do whatever he says. Mm-hmm. Other have like I don't know. Like the, the Bible, the Quran doesn't say the Bible. Quran doesn't say some random alien is gonna come fuck the space, right? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't say that. If I think that'd be easy way for an outer space person to take us over. I, I definitely, I definitely agree with that response you said, but I also think that'd be the same response, even if God, true God showed up. Yeah. That it would still be split. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're not my God. Yeah. You're not my God. Yeah. yeah. Not, you know, you're the Muslim God. What the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah. What you mean? You know, it, uh, it's still looking for more. There's going to be people that's going to, if that God, that God can be here in the flesh, mm-hmm. like to be seen, with awesome powers that is beyond yeah. what we can perceive. And there's still going to be a large portion of us that's gonna, not going to believe because it's all on the spectrum. Can you imagine, like, what, like, what is supposed God exists? God really came, right? Or Jesus, whoever came, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. God, all of you, he actually mm-hmm. came. And, like, he, like, took all, all, all the TVs, all the all TikTok, everything, everything over, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, no bullshit, I'm God, right? A lot of you not following my ways. Mm-hmm. You have three days got your system. Mm-hmm. The fourth day, you come, you have to bow down and worship me on the fourth mm-hmm. day. At this time, if you don't, mm. you're going to die. No, I would. Yeah. I refuse to worship. Mm. I, I refuse uh, to believe that God, the God of all things, uh-huh. is a God that needs worship. Okay. I believe that's a human aspect. Mm-hmm. I believe human people need attention. But God, 
I don't, I don't, I don't, as a creator. So how, how would God prove that he's God then? Hmm. Personally. Yeah. Like, I, I think. Hey, like you're doing this wrong stuff, you know, like you got to stop. No. I, I, I think it will be, I think it will be personal. Um, speci- personal and specific yeah. for your life, okay. and and the best tactic would yes, it would be to benefit that person's life in some way. So be more like, hey, I'm your God. If you do this, this are benefits. Yeah, like if you stop you doing the evil stuff and like, like I make this up, like okay, mm-hmm. you're robbing, stealing, raping people. If you stop this, mm-hmm. you'll be rich beyond your dreams. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be more like that. Yes, okay. or or. But I don't. I still don't think God is about stopping or doing something. But I do believe that uh, if you want to be worshipped, if you want people to serve you, then it's a relationship. Take me on a date. Are <laughs> <laughs> you ever watching the Star Trek movies? Yeah, I'm a big Star Trek. Remember the one Star Trek movie? It's like it's like when like they're in like the 50s, 60s. Like Kirk was an admiral, mm-hmm. and like God wanted a starship. Mm-hmm. At first, believed it, and then found like Kirk was like. What does God need a starship for? Yeah. Like, sometimes it makes sense, right? You, 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 if you're God, mm-hmm. what can a starship do for you, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like mm. If you're God, what do you, like, if you're God, like you said, well, you got, why do I need to worship you, right? Exactly. Like, you know you're God, right? Exactly. It's yeah. like, you know, like, bad yeah. knowledge, but like, like, you're Deion Sanders, you know the one faster to do the earth, right? Yeah. Why yeah. do you need, why do you need to race someone, right? Yeah. Like, dude, I, I know I'm fucking fast. Seriously. Like, or like, I, I know, like, you're like Albert Einstein. Yeah. I don't need to take a math test. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. You don't have to problem. You, you want to do you want me to take an algebra test? <laughs> I created it. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Right now? kidding? You know who I am? <laughs> you know, yeah. But it's like having a child. I don't have a child and demand that that child worship me mm-hmm. or even respect me. That's a whole human being. And why give us free will yeah. and just to put a spiritual gun to my head yeah. and say worship me or don't do this, don't do that. So for me, and the biggest, I, uh, I believe, I do believe God speaks to me at times. I do. Uh, and there's been times where I've been told not to do things or to do things. But I believe that it's been, it's personal. I feel like there's one point in time God told me, don't speed. To this day, I don't speed. I do not speed. He, but, he, he ain't told me that yet. Yeah. But I ain't going to nobody else saying, hey, God said don't speed. You ain't yeah. supposed to speed. He spoke to me. Yeah. You know? And that, and that and that's good for me. And that's a purpose for, for me. But it doesn't mean it's for you. So it's like, what are your set of Ten Commandments? Yeah, yeah. You know? For your life. Yeah. So, so obviously, I, I doubt religion, God, some, some, whatever. But then again, like, this is kind of weird. So like, so from when I was born to, to five years old, I lived with my grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I did with my grandparents, right? They died at 10 or 12, right? So I still mm-hmm. do them right. Mm-hmm. So years later, I found my grandfather. He was not a good dude, right? He did mm-hmm. this book, Harbor Street, right? Yeah. So like maybe 10 years ago, I was like off religion, not Roman Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. And like in my mind, of course, what you're having in my mind is like reality, right? In my mm-hmm. mind, my grandmother talked talk to me and said, hey, Jason, I'm in prayer with your grandfather. I need for you to pray for us because we need your prayers for us to go from, because your grandfather did some horrible things. Mm-hmm. We need your prayers to help us go from purgatory to heaven, right? It's going to mm-hmm. take a lot of prayers, right? Mm-hmm. In my mind, like, like, what the fuck, you know, like? Are you serious, right? Yeah. I, I remember I was, I was, my wife was driving the expedition. I was in the car, uh-huh. right? There's this music. I wasn't drinking nuts sober. Like, yeah. Yeah, my, like, my grandmother's like voice and mind, like right there, Jason, like I could all go to heaven, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with your grandfather. He yeah. did some horrible things, you know, we need your prayers, right? Oh, shit. Like, yeah. They're like, 
is this real? Is it not real? Like, am I fucking fantasizing? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a fucking wild shit, right? Yes, that was real. That was realist. Yeah, that was realist. Fuck. Yeah, it was realist. Fuck. I I believe. I truly believe because we are divine beings. Because we are inter. We are multi-dimensional beings. We are mind. We're Mentos, right? Uh, Mentos. <laughs> We're mind. Yeah. Uh, it, I, 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 I had a similar experience, not directly like that, from my father after he passed. Yeah. I was in a dream. I was able to see him and visit him. I gave him a hug. Yeah. And it was almost like he thought, like he was in a whole nother reality. Yeah. And that reality, he was still alive and I yeah. was there. And he was like confused. Like, why are you hugging me? I was like, yeah. we got to pick up your brother. Yeah. Even in the dream, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, oh, my dad. Yeah. Right? And he looked so confused in the dream, but it seemed real. Yeah. I feel like, like I was saying earlier, uh, according to Corpus Hermeticum, according to the text, is uh, earth is both hev heaven and hell. Yeah. This is purgatory. Yeah. That was the, that's the one thing I agree with, uh, with the Catholics on. This yeah. is definitely purgatory. And so we have non-bodied beings um, that, are, are, that are here. Uh, the Bible tells us that non-body beings go to dry places, yeah. you know? And so, um, and for how, prayers, I believe in prayer. I believe in prayer because I believe in vibration um, and big, big study on that. So, and even when it comes to witchcraft, if you go deep into the different forms of witchcraft and occultism, it just literally just bogs down to prayer, like literally. Like in every, you might add some herbs to it, but it still ends with a prayer. Yeah. <laughs> you go to Satanism, they still pray. <laughs> you know, just a different guy. They still fast and everything. <laughs> like, with, yeah. but with drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like, it's like a lot of stuff out there, right? And like, yeah. like people believe, don't believe. You know, people religious is not religious. You know, but how do you respond to that though? I want to know. Yes. Yeah, how'd you respond when you heard that? Did I was like, I fucking stopped, right? I, I mean, I stopped fucking praying. Yeah, you know, right? I started, right. I praying like, motherfucker, I started praying right there, right? That's real. Like, I'm real fucking religious, right? Because, like, <laughs> like, I hadn't thought about, I mean, I hadn't thought about them for a long time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, a little bit of stuff, and like, like, whenever I go, so, I was born in a town, town called Curve, we grew up in it, but, it's a, Medina, Texas, I grew up mm -hmm. like, town's 500 people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, lived there, whatever, right? But then, you know, after a while, you grow up, they'll forget it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, like whenever I go back to San Antonio, I always go to my grandparents' gravesite, right? Right. All the time, right? I go there. Somebody else owns a house now, right? Little, mm -hmm. like little, little house. I, I go by there, look at it. And so from my grandparents' house to Medina was like maybe three minute walk, right? Mm -hmm. And so you, you, like, I would go there once in a while, like whatever. But I didn't talk about it maybe five, 10 years, right? Yeah. It's just out the fucking blue, right? Yeah. They're like, they're like, and it was like, my wife used to smoke. My wife said, well, "You okay?" I guess my face was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like, yeah. It's like, and of course, you pray a lot, and then like, of course, you stop praying. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Come on, yeah. My grandmothers are really religious, right? She's mm -hmm. like real Catholic. She mm -hmm. got me baptized and stuff. You know, yeah. Oh yeah, Christmas. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's like, yeah. What was your biggest experience on the spiritual? What was your biggest, like, strangest spiritual? It had to be that. Yeah, it had to be that. Yeah. I mean, it had to be that, right? Yeah. I mean, like, just like out the blue, right? Like, yeah. It's like, it's it like her, her, she was right there talking to me, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, like, yeah. You have problems. Is it hard to tell people about it? This person, I told you anything about it. Really? Yeah. I feel, I feel yeah. privileged. First time I told you about it, yeah. I feel privileged. Yeah. That's awesome. I believe that story. Yeah. 
I really believe yeah. that story. I really. It's really like it fucking happened like two minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad you went. I'm glad you went ahead and prayed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. Well, it's crazy. Like I won't tell the detail. Like, like I washed my ground floor, right? But a year uh-huh. later, I found he was like he did some fucking horrible things. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he was looking like, like I'm talking about fucking like like. If someone deserves to go to hell, it's him, right? Mm-hmm. Even though I watched him as a grandfather, like I love him to death, like things he did, like he, he deserved to go to hell, right? Yeah. 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 He, was, he, fucking, he was not a good well, person. Well, according to us. According to us. You know, know according to like everyone on fucking earth. I mean, yeah, according to everyone yeah. on earth. Uh, according to everyone on earth. But I feel like this whole walk is to experience. The whole point of living, not to be good, is to, yeah. to live. Yeah. It's to live and to experience. And some people, you know, I feel like when people, they have a bad life like that, because my dad, yeah. my dad, I'm really fucked up. And we got the same name, too. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but, you know, I, I feel like when it comes to, when it comes to a situation like that, uh, and, and you have to, to separate that person from what they did and still have love and yeah. still have love for them, and in the scope of things, uh, in the scope of things, it's almost like maybe I was born in this family. The time, line times are different. To make, times are different. To change it. Like, so my aunt, she did like a family history. So she, fact, she tracked our family history back to like before Columbus, the mm. town of Italy, right? Mm. Nice. And like, not even like, we'll say like, I'll mix it up like, not even like 1890, 1910. Mm. 27, in our family, 27 year old dudes were marrying the 14 year old cousins. Uh, not even 100 yeah. years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. Not even 100 years ago, right? Yeah, that's timely. That's yeah. right. That sounds nowadays, right. Because back in the day, you know, a guy with the war fought whatever, and then a girl, if she, if she was ready, she didn't get married, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. different times, right? Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, shit, that happened. Both of them go fucking jail. Was, yeah. We forget that uh, the Virgin that's, Mary was 13. Yeah. He was 13. I mean, back in the day, I mean, like, baby making age was 13, 14, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, you're an adult. Was it right, wrong, you know? Like, like even like you ever watched Game of Thrones? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like when uh, Stan said to Mary Joffrey, mm-hmm. you seriously say, you're baby making age pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I'm 13. I'm 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the time. You should, be making, you should be making baby right now. Yeah, yes. And, but, it, you know, Socially, that it don't make sense no more, no. but it makes sense biologically. Yeah, biologically makes sense. Yeah, yeah. but like, yeah. Because now we're like waiting till like we're 40. Yeah. It's like almost about to die. Yeah, I have a good <laughs> friend. He had his first kid like 44. Wife was 41, right? It's so dangerous. I, 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 man, like, I can imagine me, like, my age having kids, right? Yeah. Like, in no fucking way. Uh, well, you can. You can, to the day you die, go ahead, uh, Methuselah. But, but as far as like, you know, like, like playing games with them, being mm-hmm. active and stuff. Yeah, you can't do that. Oh, yeah, I have to hire a fucking uh, 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 a living daddy. Have <laughs> a living daddy. This <laughs> your living daddy. Now go, go play with your living daddy. I don't got time right now. So. <laughs> oh, wow, that's funny. That's it funny. Is fucking insane. I love. I love your spiritual. I love your spiritual experience. I love, and I. I really love that. Uh, that you did take the time to pray because a lot of people they would battle with that part, and for me. To me, it's all, for me, the most important thing is the experience, you know? Yeah. I've lived my entire life following a Bible and other, therefore other people's experiences. And now I'm having my own experience um, and, the, and, and I'm grateful to that experience has come. For, for me, the biggest, strangest um, spiritual experience I had uh, was when I was in Houston. And, and, but I was smoking weed that day. I was smoking weed that day. 
But uh, in the middle of the day, I was home alone. And the strange thing I ever saw, uh, I was outside my patio. I got a big, clear, open sky from the patio from my mom's house. And I looked in the sky. And then everything was just good at first. It was just normal, normal sunny day. No clouds in the sky at all. Sheer blue. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I see clouds forming. And it forms this gigantic oval. Very extremely straight oval. Like defined lines. And in the middle of that oval, um, uh, which is more like an almond than an oval, but in the middle of that almond shape, um, I see circle. It looks like a rainbow. It looks like it was made out of seraphim. Like it, like it looked like it was like plastic, and it was like wavering like this. It was made up, but it looked like it was like it was made out of rainbow, translucent, just like rainbow. Like seraphim was the closest thing I could relate to it. Like it's, but it was a straight circle it looked like an iris and the clouds had formed the shape of an almond so it looked like a gigantic fucking eye in the sky staring directly at me scared me so fucking because it was super defined super defined scared me so badly that I flipped backwards out of my seat on the patio flipped backwards on the, hit my <laughs> road ran into the house at full speed ran completely out caught my breath trying to like but I just see what is going on and went back outside. Lo and behold, that thing still there. And I sat there for 30 more minutes watching it. And it was just staring back. And, and then I finally got bored and I went back in the house. And then I checked five minutes later and it was gone. Um, it didn't say nothing. It was just like, it was, I saw it. I saw it. And it was, it didn't make any logical sense. And I've experienced, and I'm very skeptical of my own experiences, other people's experiences. I will, I just, but that, I saw it. I have no explanation as to what it was or what it meant. I just, I try to allow it to, 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 you know, cause me to do awesome things or good things. I don't know why that thing, whatever that was, showed up to me, but fucked my head up. Fucked my head up. All right, we're going to change subjects for fast. <laughs> so, I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. So, what, what I'm going to do right now, while I'm going to the bathroom, I want you to talk about talk to the camera mm-hmm. and talk about Black Muse. Okay. Like, how I got started, where you focus on your future vision, like this, like, Black Muse nerd out, okay? Okay. Got you. Got you. Okay. Uh, well, uh, as you may or may not know, Black Muse is a virtual, uh, res- virtual uh, resource education center. Uh, we're over, we're, in over 30 schools in Tacoma, Seattle, uh, and uh, area and surrounding areas. Uh, so basically, we're teaching kids how to create digital assets um, and for this new future we're in. And so uh, to give a, a better scope, what I mean by creating digital assets and why that's even necessary, um, we've come from all the way from Web 1.0 to Web 3.0, whereas we have static web pages, which is Web point 1.0. Uh, and when that came out in the 90s, in the dot-com phase, the main thing you needed was web developers. And those were the money makers of that time. And now we've added on social media onto the internet, bringing us to Web 2.0, connected us like never before. And then we add on cryptocurrency in the VR experience, brings us to Web 3.0. And so going from the dot-com need of, for web developers, now we need 
metaverse architects to develop. So what are we doing? So we're going out to each one of these schools for eight week sessions in collaboration with Metro Parks uh, to deliver future ready skills to these students um, that are teaching them to create digital assets for the metaverse and for purchase through NFTs and cryptocurrency. We're teaching these people how we're teaching these people how to create and how to monetize off of the things that they're like, i.e. video games uh, such as Roblox, Decentraland, Sandbox. These are all different metaverses that, uh, that millions and millions and millions of dollars have been invested in by plethora of companies. Uh, uh, even Ulta, the key. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, where was I? Uh, so it is. Uh, so we're we're teaching them how uh, we're teaching them how to create future ready skills uh, to be able to create these different metaverses and experiences. Uh, so because there's many things that you can create in these 3D worlds. This is uh, you're creating. Uh, virtual worlds, which is something that we've done through spirituality, through religions, and through our books and imagination for thousands of years. And now we're able to do it on an even more immersive level. So now when you go to a website, when you go to a company's website, you're not just visiting a page to get information. You are experiencing a company. You are experiencing a company from the inside out. It's a whole different thing. And so we're teaching these kids on how to do that. So that's what we provide for our kids. We also create VR training modules for companies. We take a company, we take companies uh, training uh, regiment and we turn it into a VR experience. And what we have recognized is that uh, this allows for the dissemination of information uh, uh, to well, it, it gets ingrained and um, instilled in the student at least 80% faster. We have a retention rate of 95% when it comes to information retention um, versus the traditional uh, the traditional retention rate of 40% if you're just learning face-to-face -face with a teacher. And so bringing this immersive environment um, uh, to the aspect changes the game. And so, so not only are we doing this for companies by creating these virtual experiences, we're also teaching kids how to do the same. We might be teaching your kids soon. So the stat, 95 to 40%, where did that stat come from? Uh, so that comes from uh, the national, uh, the, there's a, a government database where those stats are. So it's 40% for traditional or retention rate for students. Um, uh, I can get, those numbers for you specifically. Okay. So from your point of view, what's wrong with the U.S. American public education system right now? Mm. Let me be fair. What's wrong, what's right with it? <laughs> Let me be fair. Well, 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 what's wrong with it is uh, it's cookie-cutter cookie cutter standard. Um, that it is tailored to only benefit a specific type of student um, that may have better memorization skills, that it may be more logical, left-brained. Uh, more kissy-uppy, so to speak. Kissy-uppy, definitely. More, more like 
Let me bring the teacher Apple. Yes, more conformant and and such. Um, we don't have a appreciation nor a curriculum that has been developed to create to teach creatives, to teach um, innovatives, future entrepreneurs, people who think outside of the box. Uh, we kind of kick them out of the box rather. These are, this is why that's why our biggest innovators have dropped out of college um, because that's a cult. <laughs> no disagreement there. <laughs> so next question. So the Department of Education is a federal agency, right? Mm. Do you really need a Department of Education? Do you think it brings good? I mean, no, they bring money, so to speak, you know, but then it's like, if you're like a school district and like, you know, bumfuck Arkansas, you don't do exactly what they say, you don't get the money, right? Mm. Yeah. I, well, I think, I think that it's important to have a standardization of education. I do believe so. Um, but I do believe that our, our current standards is not a model that is able to, is, we're not, we're not making kids, um, our current system doesn't teach wisdom. It teaches knowledge, but without wisdom. So we have- There's a big difference, right? Yes. We have a lot of kids that know a lot of stuff, but don't know how to use it. They don't know how to. All. Where I can have the same conversations, talk about the same stuff from it, but I can go and create a business off of it. I can make money off. I can do so many things with this as if it's like a, just a, another color in my painting board. But with them, they have the information and that's just it. It stops with a conversation with them. They just have the info. All right. Let's talk about something else controversial. Yeah. Talk about psychedelics. Hey. So I've said the podcast before, like, like I can't talk for all veterans, mm -hmm. but for any veteran, every veteran I know is either doing psychedelics or edibles, right? Or probably PSD, mental health, right? Mm -hmm. Because other people do it because they want to get high or you know. Mm -hmm. like every like most veterans I know, like they did the oxycotton, the mm -hmm. VA mm -hmm. drugs. It yeah, didn't do another form. Right, every veteran I know like did psychedelics. Is like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the fucking bees need. Right, makes a big difference. Makes a big difference. Um, I yeah, I've I've experimented with psychedelics. Um, definitely. And when you say psychedelics, do you mean like like people don't know this, but marijuana is actually a little of psychedelics. You mm -hmm. mean like marijuana, edibles, LSD, uh -huh. mushrooms. All the above, or they're just well, you're going like, class C all the way up. Goddamn right. <laughs> uh, for psychedelics, for me, um, psilocybin. So yes, yeah, shrooms. Uh, and I have tried LSD and LSA. And I what's, made what's LSA? I, I've never heard that before. Lysergic, uh, lysergic acid amide. I made that myself. Okay. Uh, in high school, with my my. Uh, so you're a fucking big, chemist. Well, in high school, I was, <laughs> I was selling it. Um, made it from morning glory seeds. Okay. Morning Glory Seeds create, uh, creates, uh, it has Morning Glory Seeds, which you can find at any Walmart or Home Depot okay. or whatever. Yeah. If you can extract the LSA from it, if you know how to do it. Um, and, um, and so we made it a little pill form and froze it. Um, okay. Take a pill. You take the pill and then unfortunately it had like one side effect that before it kicks in, you will vomit. Yeah, I mean, at first, every, every psychedelic, you like get nauseous. You know? Yeah, but it's like vomiting rainbows. It's like all of a sudden it happens. It's like, I don't know, the colors, like, all of a sudden it kicks in. Uh, all of a sudden it kicks in. Um, and I saw, we were, me and my Vietnamese friend in high school was selling the, the Lysart LSA pills yeah. uh, in school for $20 a pop. And people were buying. I can imagine. 
<laughs> yeah. I never really did mushrooms. Like my thing, it's like a a mess up here, but I'm like, okay, I don't know for sure. This is a mushroom, it's not poison mushroom. Mm-hmm. It's always by my fear. Mm. Well, that's the big fear. That was a big fear for me too. I leaned on a, a website back then called Arrowhead back in the day, uh, which they it had every information on yeah. on drugs of any every, yeah. every kind. Like literally, if you wanted to find the LSD formula, it was there. Yeah. Um, but so they went into great detail on how to determine um, what mushrooms were good to eat and what were weren't what weren't yeah. ones that weren't. But uh, we were still lucky though. I, I know people like they like like they shrub on mushrooms, right? It's like yeah. this their thing that's your jam, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, people like, I'm an LSD guy, right? Mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. I actually have like a, a chemical for LSD. Right? <laughs> nice. <Yeah>. That's deep. <laughs> that's yeah. deep. Uh, I would say, I would say, I've had good experiences on both of them, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. Uh, my best experience was on LSD. I was at the Renaissance Fair where I did that. But I got really good benefits from, um, from psilocybin. Yeah. I was actually able to quit Cigarettes. Okay. Yeah. Um, I've heard those stories a lot where people like addicted to something and mm-hmm. you know, the mushrooms like took them off it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, as my birthday, I went to California recently, um, my last birthday in October, um, and I was smoking cigarettes up until then. And I went to California and um, with a friend of mine, you know, we decided to get some mushrooms. It's legal out there. They delivered it. And, um, and for whatever reason, I mean, it wasn't even a good trip. That time, I don't, but for whatever reason, afterwards, I just had no desire yeah. for it. And I've heard, heard, heard those stories a lot, right? Yeah. I've been smoking cigarettes since I was eight yeah. years old. Eight. Yeah. Yeah. Eight. Wow. Stealing them from my dad on his garage. And damn, you're a fucking thug. <laughs> you're a country thug. <laughs> country thug. God damn. Eight My voice so deep. God damn. That's fucking insane. No, this is I mean, like, so many benefits. Of course, like, you hear, though, like, theories, like, back in the day, you know, like, psychedelics were, like, what, legal back in the day. Mm-hmm. But because so many, like, people, like, civil rights movement, anti-war movement mm-hmm. were doing it, mm-hmm. the government, you know, did, like, schedule one. Because there's no reason marijuana and any of this didn't be. You, you can't, you, I refuse to believe that marijuana and heroin is, is a fucking stick to one drug. Yeah. In no fucking way. It's crazy. It's a, it was a race thing. That's a yeah, race thing. It was. Just like how they went against opioids. Um, and that was just, they were targeting Asians. Yeah. Uh, when they first went against, uh, when it, even though they were ones, just, they were selling it. And we were selling it. Uh, America, uh, the biggest naval battle in all of American history. I mean, world history, the biggest yeah. naval battle in recorded world history was America against China. Yeah. It was the was Black War, some Black uh, Naval War. Yeah, like we were that. talking about, yeah. We were selling them drugs. Yeah, opi- opium wars, opium wars. Opium wars, opium wars. Yeah. Yeah. yes. And they was like, no, we don't want you to sell us drugs. And America was like, fuck you. You don't get high whether you want to or not. <laughs> yeah. And that's how, and that's how, and that is how we gained our freedom from, <laughs> that's how we funded the, the revolution. Yeah. And it's crazy, like, you know, of course, like, I'm pro-American, but like, people have this theory of America, like, being like all the greatest country, right? Of course, we did some good things, right? Mm-hmm. But there's like so many bad things we did, like, the, like people don't realize, like, we fucking, like, pretty much, like, brutalized Philippines in 1898. Mm-hmm. The shit we did in Central America in 1920s, right? Yes. You know, so we've done so much fucked up shit, right? Yeah. I mean, don't remember, we did some good things, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, um, someone, like, you know, the worst government in the world is the democracy, mm-hmm. except for mm-hmm. other governments, you know, right? <laughs> right, so, right. Like, I mean, there's a reason people want to come here, right? Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a reason people want to come here, right? Yeah. I mean, we were still, 
that's how fucked up we are. We're still a beacon here, right? Yeah. yeah. It's definitely not for the people. No, there's, there's a reason like hundreds of yeah. thousands of people across the border, right? Yeah. <laughs> they're definitely, they're not just coming for family. They're not yeah. <laughs> it's the reason why people from China, Iran, you mm-hmm. know, try to get a college, right? You know, because we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're the fucking, we're the gold standard, so to speak, right? Yes. Like, you know, ain't nobody fucking trying to go to fucking, you know, uh, Egypt or Morocco mm-hmm. or fucking Russia, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not for nothing. Not for no, nothing relevant nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. This this is the uh, the central place for it. But yeah. But, but we're far from from a completely working system. Yeah. We're not perfect. Yeah. yeah. But one thing I think people don't get credit for, like, let's suppose you're like you know we're like some random country, right? Mm-hmm. You can't criticize the government. You can't criticize anything. Right? Yeah. You're going to hell. Yeah. Here we can like we we like, we have fucked the problem and we can talk about it, right? Yeah. We can criticize people. We can criticize the president. We can criticize the government. Yes. We can criticize, you know, fucking anyone, right? Yes. Like, I, in general, nothing's gonna happen, right? Yes. Like you're not like you might you might get canceled, so to speak, right? Uh-huh. But you're not gonna put fucking put in jail. Yes. I I applaud I applaud this government for allowing me to use my natural rights that was given to me by the gift of my that I have the right to use. Yep. I know the other countries that understand. It's it's hard for me. It's hard. It's hard for me. I'm grateful for it, and I and I'm and I'm blessed by it. I'm a benefactor of it, but it's hard for me to applaud um, over something that is um, supposed to be done. It's like when like I'm not applauding my son for cleaning up. Yeah, as he's supposed to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's true. <laughs> yeah, um, but it is true though. There ain't nobody else about to let us talk like this. No, no. <laughs> No, like, yeah, like, it's like, you know, like, what, you know, you should want to say that out loud. What you say? Yeah. And I think, like, growing up in America, we take that for granted, right? Yeah. 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 You know, like, you know, you're not, like, I think a lot of Americans go to different places and, like, be American, right? Like, mm-hmm. you better sit your ass up, right? Because, like, you know, there's not no, mm-hmm. it's not the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's not, it's not the same. It's not the same. But it's a good and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because we say a lot of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We used to say a lot of unnecessary shit, <laughs> you know. And I, I'm a, and I'm a big believer that word that that word or spell casting. Mm-hmm. We, when we speak, we're casting. Yeah, spells in some sense. If I give you, if I when I speak to you, I give you certain information that's going to elicit an action yeah. of some sort. And and if I think ahead and I know enough information about you, I can say the right thing, the yeah. key word. That will cause you to do a specific thing. You might as well call it a spell. Yeah. You know, every how do so when I go into a club and I talk to this young lady and I'm trying to get her number, I'm trying to get her home or something, yeah. I gotta come with the charisma, the energy, yep. and say the right abracadabra that, words. That's got confidence, you know. The confidence, all of that to entrance her, to entertain her, which means to detain. Is that how you got Taylor? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I use my 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 magic, my magic words. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, another thing too. Like I said this before on the podcast. Like, don't get me wrong. There's people in America who are poor, destitute, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in America, we have no idea what poor really is, right? Yeah, yeah, like, we don't. Like, really especially don't. in the military, we seen we seen some poor fuckers, mm-hmm. right? Like, we seen people. Like, I seen people like living on dirt floors. Mm-hmm. People in the room, yeah. like, like it wasn't for the MRs you gave them to eat right. Mm-hmm. And get me wrong, like, there's like homeless people here. I mean, even the homeless people, they're eating like the homeless people here got cell phones. They're they're like eating right. Yeah, you know, like this. Like even if you're on welfare, that like, you. Don't get me wrong, if you're on welfare in a bad 
I guess outside Chicago gets bad because you eat like mm. fuck that food right here. Mm. Right? But it's, it's a different level of poor, right? And people don't yeah. realize that. Like, like, like people like in India and different countries, like people like fucking prostituting the 10-year-old daughters, right? Mm-hmm. To pay to pay the bills, right? Yeah. They're fucking pimping out the daughters, right? Yeah. yeah. To me, that's a different level of poor, right? And yeah. I don't think as Americans, we don't, we don't get that, right? So people, I hate to use the word white privilege or privilege, like, because mm-hmm. I don't like the term, but like, we're so privileged here, right? Yeah. Even the poorest of us, like, imagine like, I think the poorest part in America is the Appalachian Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it's really? called, yeah, I think so. I can make, make that up, right? Yeah. Like, I'll just give an example. So, yeah. would, you, would you rather be born? I'm, I'm going to all out, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Would you rather be born in Appalachian Mountains and your parents are a brother and sister with a high school dropout and you're in a house with no running water? Or would you be where to be born in North Korea? Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, to me, a high school dropout, brother, sister, hey, uh, daddy, mommy, Appalachian Mountains. So at least you have a chance. Well, well it's gonna be tough. Not mentally, they brother and sister. I'm. That means I'm. Yeah, I mean, your parents. Are, your parents are brother and sister. Yeah, that they're brother and sister. Yeah. That means I'm probably slow. Yeah, true. So, but you're not in North Korea. I'll take you. You're not in North Korea. Or, I mean, like, I mean, like, what chance those people have, right? Yeah, yeah. Or maybe some yeah. dictatorship in Africa, right? Yeah. Or like, yeah. Hmm. at least it's a low, low chance. But at least you have a chance, some kind of chance, right? True. True. But I still, I Other still value a chance. I still, I still value my mind more than I value. So if I were said. Uh, just random parents, it'd be an easier decision for you. Yeah, it would be okay. easier. Okay, let's easy. say they're just random parents. Then the let's say they're like 16, 15 people, had a baby, no one in water, mm-hmm. poor as fuck, mm-hmm. no education, no jobs, or Korea, or no Korea. I'll take the poor. Yeah. I'll take, I'll take the poor. You don't realize that, right? Because I have my freedom. Yeah. <laughs> it's all perspective, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I can change. I can change. Oh, those are all things I've changed that I can change. I've been homeless three times in my life. Three times I've been homeless. Yeah. Here's, a, here's one for you. Uh, United States is pretty much the only country in the world where anyone, anyone can be president but only 50 people have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right? Right? <laughs> I mean, goddamn. Regardless of policy, like, even, even Donald Trump became president. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, fuck, even Donald Trump can pre- oh fuck or even you know positive negative right you know like inspiration any, like anybody can be yeah <laughs> no uh, I feel like I feel like um, first I feel like when, a, when it came to our founding, father, founding fathers they never actually intended for it to be uh, for anybody to be present that was not the original intentions and that's why we created the electoral vote um, it was supposed to make sure that dumb people don't get in Getting into the office. Yeah, people don't realize, like, for the longest time, you know, it was only, like, rich white males voted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then, only. like, only rich white males. Mm-hmm. And then it became, like, four white males. Mm-hmm. And then, you know. Yes. So, I can remember, was it, after the Civil War, so females couldn't vote until, like, 1908, right? So, females voted Africa. after African-Americans, right? Am I wrong about that? No, African-Americans got their vote. No, I'm sorry. Uh, the women's suffrage came first. And that, that led up. So uh, blacks going to vote right after the, the, the Civil War? 
Yeah, because uh, it was the woman, it was the, the feminist movement the that, that helped um, black people get their vote. The okay. feminists helped it. Okay. Yeah. But it, so 1908, only white males could vote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is not long ago. It's not long ago. It's not. <laughs> it's not, right? Yeah. 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 But, but it's, 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 real, it's real crazy. It's real crazy. But I feel like, I feel like, I really feel like, um, Weirdly enough, the at the 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 sound the at the possibly sounding like an old white man. <laughs> I feel like this country has gotten worse yeah. rather than better. Um, yes, we've got we've gained more freedom, um, but if I'm thinking about the system, just the system, and I'm thinking I'm thinking like an engineer, a political engineer, um, and I'm thinking about this political system. It's 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 denigrated rather than it's hasn't gotten better and we haven't got more freedoms we've we have more enslaving options especially right if we're now. 911 the Patriot Act you know that kind of stuff you know that changed the whole game why Obama I thought we oh. <laughs> I mean, have you seen this meme so I saw this meme today right or mm-hmm. um, maybe I saw something that you remember like the movie Forrest Gump when uh, Bubba Bubba was talking to him and say hey, there's like like this from that from this from that from right yeah so yeah. someone from our Facebook days like meme was like, it was like, it was a, it was like, what's his name? What's the guy's name? Not it was Forrest Gump, like black guy's name was Bubba, right? Mm-hmm. But what well, I can't remember mm-hmm. anything. So Gump. Yeah, so Bubba was like, yeah, yeah, Forrest. There's like personal tax, income tax, fifth tax, <laughs> this tax, this tax. There's like six pages, like this tax, this tax. Mm-hmm. Tax on gifts, tax on this, tax on that. I goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> tax on your death, tax on your life. I mean, like they they tax as a fucking death, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like. I have to pay a tax to fucking fish, to fish, to, die, to forage. There was a, I saw, um, they took a, I forgot what state it was in, but they took a homeless person to jail because he was fishing without a license and he was foraging. He was trying to feed himself. He's homeless. Yeah. yeah. He can't, it's illegal to feed yourself. They want to force you to work within the system because it's the only way this system, this specific system works. If everybody plays a plays plays the game, yeah. even our money doesn't work unless everybody plays the game. Yeah, like some states, it's illegal to collect rainwater. Mm-hmm. Like you, it, it, I can't collect rainwater. Yeah, like yeah. it comes from the sky. No, it's, no it's God's gift for me. Mm-hmm. I, I can't collect it. Can't collect. And it. you just like do what I want to. Mm-hmm. That that's something doesn't make sense to me. It 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 is egregious. It is egregious, and it and it's done to force you to be you have you cannot live in this country not work for someone. Unless you're an entrepreneur. This country is built for entrepreneurs. Yeah. So, for, yeah. first off, it's yeah. not built for civilians. No. Those are the literal... We have indentured... We do still, to this day, and every country does, yeah. we do have... We still have indentured slaves. We never got rid of slaves. We, we just, it's the, just... We just needed to change what type of slaves we had. Yeah. <laughs> you know? We needed, we needed slaves that think they're free. You know? And that's and and you cannot become the greatest country without um, you know, but without hurting somebody. That's like you can't be a billionaire without no. you know. You gotta crack the some... next <laughs> right? I'm yeah. Like, I mean, you can't be like you know, unicorns with rainbows and give everyone fucking unlimited PTO and like you know, like <laughs> that's not how you get it. That's not how you get it. That's not the Henry Ford way. <laughs> no, I mean like the Rockefellers. I mean. Come on. They fucking kill some people, right? Uh, they 
funding wars and both from both sides and you know a, a, a lot of egregious stuff so i feel like for this country uh, and and that's a been a big thing for me as to why i was at, you know why i stopped you know stopped all these different things that i was doing cuz uh that i've done in my life because i wanted to separate myself from the enslavement i realized that um i realized that when it came like with the marijuana you know i smoked the marijuana uh quite a bit a lot of it uh and uh but it had me it was it had me creative in one aspect but in the other aspect it had me chained um to certain habits that was yeah. not benefiting me like i know a lot of people they'll say like they do smoke marijuana do edibles like they say mm-hmm. it's focus them creatives them mm-hmm. like for me that shit fucking like mm-hmm. makes me a zombie right yeah. It puts me to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I've tried everything. I started smoke the mm-hmm. edibles. I tried it in the morning, afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Like, like, if I can't go to sleep, mm-hmm. I, take some, I take edible. I'm yeah. out. It works. Like, yeah. like, I know some people, like, they swear, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do edible in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, so fucking God. creative. I'm doing this. Like, <laughs> motherfucker, you're fucking lying to me. Ain't no fucking worry, right? I, yeah, I mean. It, people depend, say, it, some it, people refer to it, you know? It depend, yeah, it depends on the, the strain and like, how you Yeah, like, it. I know some people, like, they talk and they... Take a cup of toast and mm-hmm. lift weights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so they say that it makes you feel all the muscles moving and stuff or something like that, right? Well, from when I was doing it, it made me like a lot more pain tolerant. Yeah, because okay. I was in reps, forgetting yeah. that it was hurt. <laughs> yeah, you know. But but it, you know, it it had me. It had me. You know, at the end of the day, it still had certain it built certain habits in me, like. Oh, look at light bills. Yeah. Fuck that light bill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's crazy to me, like, like the people like Joe Rogan, Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson, mm-hmm. like, every fucking smoker, right? Mm-hmm. And they're so fucking successful, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Snoop Dogg, like, he smokes the most dope, right? Mm-hmm. He's probably smokes more dope than anyone in the state fucking state of Washington. Yeah, right? yes. But he's like, I mean, he like, he, it's like, but then again, if you've been smoking since the age of eight, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I mean, I I don't see weed killing nobody. Oh yeah, and, and like I, ain't no one fucking smoking dope and fucking yeah. mass murdering motherfucker. Yeah, but yeah, definitely not. But weed ain't never led to nobody's success either. No, you know. Um, I started smoking weed at twelve. Same here. <laughs> really? <Yeah. laughs> I started smoking dope at twelve and drinking liquor at twelve. <laughs> same. <laughs> same. It was Crown Royal. I started yeah. with. <laughs> It's it's it for me. It changed the type of people oh, yeah. that I hung around, yeah. which changed the the motivations and the. They even there's a study that shows that the amount of money you make are equivalent to your three closest friends. It's it's a three thousand three thousand yeah. dollar range. I've heard that too. Yeah, and I remember hearing that, and I looked at my friends, and I thought, "Oh, that shit was true. I need more friends." Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true, right? I mean, like you're, yeah, the three, five, whatever. That's so fucking true. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, really is. Find <laughs> some new friends. Hey, you my dog and all, but yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll, we'll always be cool, but yeah, it's time for me to move on, right? Like from a distance. E- either uh, you get a fucking promotion, to- some, or we can't be friends no more. For real, because all those same friends still smoke weed. The dudes I smoked weed in high school, I recently saw like one of them yesterday. Uh, last year at the corner store selling nickel sacks. Isn't, nickel sacks. isn't that funny, right? Like, there's so many people, like, everyone's hometown, right? Like, they're still doing the same thing. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Graduated from high school, had the same fucking job. I remember one time, it happened a long time ago. I was in the army in Germany, came back. So I graduated from high school in Odessa, Texas. Mm-hmm. So my wife, me and my friend, right? Mm-hmm. Me and my wife were from there. Went home, I had a friend, like my friend, like he's like in the 30s. Hey, I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting this new job right. Uh-huh. Like, oh, that's great, man. How much you getting paid? It's paid like maybe fucking like maybe a tenth of mine, right? Yeah. Like, what the fuck, right? Yeah. And like the same, like same stuff every day, right? Yeah. And they're yeah. fucking excited, right? Like, dude, like, go to Dallas. <laughs> so, you know, like, fucking Mexico's three miles away, right? Yeah, yeah. Something. It's, yeah, there's so many people that, that, that I think, I think being comfortable is fucking like, um, not a crime, but like fucking a burden or like the evilness, right? Yeah. Being comfortable with stuff, right? Yeah, it's like the. I like how you equated that to evil. Yes, I would say that's evil. <laughs> <laughs> Comfortability. Next thing I want to experience, like, like this last year. So, December twenty twenty two, I spent a month with my daughter in Dallas. Mm-hmm. April, I spent a week. My friend got married in Vegas. I spent a week there. July, I was emceeing my um, nephew's wedding in uh, Spokane, Washington. September, Vietnam, uh-huh. and I was spent, I spent a week in Mexico in January. Nice. I, awesome. I'm trying to do so. Because my thing is like, I'm not your young buck, right? Yeah. Like tomorrow, I might, I might get a fucking, won't be able to travel no more, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Like we said, hey, other people just living the same life. Like, damn, you've been the fucking same bar 1,900 <laughs> times? <laughs> like, first of all, how do you not have a VIP card? <laughs> right. Like, what? You've been the fucking same, same fucking dive bar 20 fucking thousand times. You don't have a VIP card? They owe you by like, now. Where's your, where's your fucking parking space at? For real. You spent all your money here. <laughs> my, my thing experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Some experiences are bad, right? Mm-hmm. So, I went to Mexico, right? Mm-hmm. And so, my friend, John Neff, he's like in his 50s. He has two kids, nine and seven, right? Mm-hmm. So, he had kids old, right? So, I went to the beach, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something called a boogie board, right? I, I'd never done it before, right? Yeah. And so my friend's doing it right. He's kind of young. They're like, okay, this is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I see the kids doing it right. I say, oh, you want to do it right, man. Let me try this boogie road, right? Yeah. So you're going to laugh at this. The first time, I can't do it right. Second uh-huh. time, I can do it right. Third, fourth time, I, okay, I got to hang on this, right? This, yeah. It's pretty fucking fun. Uh-huh. The fifth time, I lost control, right? Uh-huh. And the boogie board and the wave hit me right here at the same time, right? Uh-huh. That's Saturday afternoon. It hurts like shit, right? Yeah. So fly back Monday afternoon, Monday night, nine ten, o'clock. Like I said, I have to go to the fucking hospital. I go to the emergency room on base, right? Yeah, I got fucking crack ribs. Oh shit! Yeah, they fucking, fucking crack my ribs. Yeah, damn. But it's like now, I've, now I have a fucking story to tell. Did not see. Oh yeah, you got yeah. stories. Uh, it fucking hurts the shit, right? I'm all coming from pain medications and shit. You know, yeah. it was funny. Like so, because the any emergency room is fucking thought a long time, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as they see me after five hours, right? Mm-hmm. And like, they just think it's a, some, some kind of like patch like puts medicine in the right. Mm-hmm. And they give me ibuprofen. I'm like, I'm honest with you, right? I'm in pain. Like, I'm expecting fucking morphine, cocaine, Vicodin. I broke. What the fuck ibuprofen do, right? <laughs> like, no. We gave you the, like, the, the fucking top level, right? Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's been okay, right? Yeah. But yeah. Funny. But Mexico, <laughs> Mexico was a fun time, right? And then it's like fucking funny, right? So let me show you these pictures, right? Hopefully it's falling. My dear lady. So it's a part of town, part of a mech, where's a part of a lot, it's a part of called Old Town, right? So where's the neighborhood, right? Uh, it, it, it's a fucking blast. Mm-hmm. 
I definitely want to go back. I bet. Mexico. But I would never fucking boogie board again in my fucking life. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. That's crazy. Cracked ribs did not see that come. So, so these fuckers took this. So I didn't know this. So there's like a like a ten block, uh, ten block neighborhood in, in, in Old Town. Mm-hmm. It's like all like homosexual LGBTQ neighborhood. I didn't know, right? Mm-hmm. And they took this picture of me. <laughs> I didn't realize this. It's some funny shit. That's clever. They got you. They got. They got me fucking good, yo. <laughs> oh, let me get a picture of you. <laughs> Oh man, they got you good with that boys on fire. Yeah, they <laughs> did. They did. That's yeah, my funny. thing. Like, yeah, you got to do experience. Like, you got to do different things, right? Yeah. Like, it's like if it's nothing else, then going to a different restaurant mm-hmm. or doing something right. But so many people like, mm-hmm. what's that saying? Like, you, you, um, I can't think what it's like. You, you die only once, but you live a thousand times, something like that. You mm-hmm. know, like live your life or something like that. You know. Yeah. Yes. Mm. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I, I try to I try to push even my students, you know, I try to push them to going out and experiencing and not being afraid yeah. to try new things and experience new things. Because everybody, my dad didn't even want to leave Texas. Yeah. He was scared for me to leave Texas. I mean, I can't blame him. Texas is God, Texas, right? He, he only went to Texas and Louisiana. Yeah. He died before he got to experience anything yeah. else. There's something funny. And so people live in Louisiana hate me for this. Mm-hmm. So you know Louisiana, we actually pronounced that wrong. Really? Yeah. It's actually a Louisiana. <laughs> nah, you play. <laughs> you play. <laughs> oh, the Louisiana purchase. Yeah, Louisiana, Louisiana. Louisiana. Well, oh, Louisiana got some damn good food though. Oh, they the Boudin. Louisiana got damn good food. That's the only place you can go to a corner store and pick up and just and pick up some grade A ca- uh, restaurant yep. <laughs> food from a corner store. Yep. Oh, man. The Boudin Balls. Try the boot, fried Boudin Balls. So here's something for you. So I was in Texas just like December. I think last December, right? I went to some place I've never been before, right? Mm-hmm. So like I'm, I'm all Texas. Right? I'm like Blue Bell, Whataburger, Lone Star mm-hmm. Beer. Yeah. But I've never been to this place before in my life. I finally went. Mm-hmm. I finally went to fucking Bucky. <laughs> you I never been fucking Bucky, right? <laughs> oh, I own a Bucky, okay. so I, I stayed in Dallas with my daughter and son-in-law. I went down mm-hmm. to San Antonio with my aunt family in there. And on the way back, I'm driving. I said, "Man, there's a Bucky's here in Temple, Texas." Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'll talk about the way back. Yeah. I, okay. What's the hype? I went there. First of all, they're like, there's like ten Teslas charging sensors. The full right. It's yeah. like parking lot full right. I'm there's like two hundred people in there, right? Uh-huh. Like, oh my, there's like when I say they sell everything there. They suffered everything right there. <laughs> it was like, it was a religious experience, right? Yes. I did not want to leave, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's good. Like, 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 because like, I, okay, the hype is real. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. There's like people all walks of life. These like Canadians, yes. Mexicans. Yes. It's like, what the fuck? Like, yes. the line was like, to buy the brisket sandwiches long. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, the, it was there like, I'm like, oh my God, like. Bucky's is a shit. And everything is made. Everything is like homemade. Yeah. Like, I, I, they, they ain't no better uh, uh, beef jerky than Bucky's beef jerky. And what I like, you walk in the door, there's a big ass sign. We're hiring. Yeah. Man, it's 125000 <laughs> A fucking janitor, 85000 Like, mm-hmm. you're paying janitor, 85000 Like, what really the fuck? Really good money. 
Because they had to keep them restrooms super clean. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing I didn't do. I didn't go to the bathroom. You didn't go to the... No. The bathrooms I, are beautiful. Yeah, I, I meant to go to the bathroom. I just completely forgot, right? I, I just talked all overawed and shocked of the, the beauty and stuff. Like, I didn't go to the bathroom. I meant to go to the bathroom. There Everyone was, says, like, the fucking... You, like, you got to the floor or whatever. It's like walking into the Walmart. It's like walking to a, a warehouse of bathrooms. Yeah. Like, just way too big for a bathroom. Yeah. Why is the ceiling so high up? <laughs> and like, and buckets, like, everywhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they make so much money, right? And pay pay for good people, right? Yeah, but they're always they're never in any main cities. They're no, always like, like in Temple, East. Texas, or off the highway, you know, yeah, or like you know, some random places, buckets, you know, Mississippi, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's like, and this is like, I want to say Tuesday at two afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. Like man, I can understand it's like Saturday at one, but this is Tuesday at two in the afternoon, right? Truck drivers there is like it's insane, right? And like it was like. And like, so I, I had just ate Whataburger hour before, so I was uh-huh. hungry. Like, man, I thought myself, I'm glad I'm not hungry. I would buy all the fucking shit up. <laughs> At the munchies. <laughs> yeah. I just looked at food, like, man, I can't eat. I just ate Whataburger. I'm full, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. Oh, my the, God. The, 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 the pumps are full of people. The Teslas are packed. The mm-hmm. parking lot's packed, you know. Yep. You know, RVs. Mm-hmm. It's like, man. And people buy it, go there and buy random stuff too. Like you, but they buy fire pits. Yeah, and yeah, all kinds of no, shit. Anything you think about, it's like just random shit. Like yeah, like, like fucking yeah. I think the only thing they didn't sell was fucking marijuana. Yeah, that's the only thing. Because Texas, a- yeah, <laughs> only thing they didn't sell was marijuana. Anything else? Yeah, beef jerky, fucking toilet paper, mm-hmm. Bucky's stuffed animals, mm-hmm. everything, and they're fucking hiring left and right. Oh, Indian totems. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I, 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 for, you always see, like, you know, the, the ads on Facebook or whatever. Uh-huh. How, how, can they, how can fucking, like, um, Bucky's pay this money? I was like, ain't no fucking way a convenience store. Yeah. Like, I was thinking myself, this is fucking 7-Eleven. I was like, okay. Ain't no fucking 7-Eleven. <laughs> yeah. This is a grand much hall or the fucking yeah. Castle King of fucking 7-Eleven. For no, for real, a for real. A 7-Eleven wish you could work here. Yeah, shit. You know, shit on Bucky. Nothing. For real. And I just want to stop, man. I got to leave, right? I can't stay. I walked around maybe 20, 30 minutes like, fuck, is this, is this real? Because <laughs> it takes that long. It does. It takes that long to go all the way around it. Man, and to see everything. Even the candy section. There's a whole fucking wall. I forgot about that, yeah. Homemade candy. Yeah. That shit is wild. You can easily spend $25,000. Easily. Easily. Easy. <laughs> easily. For real, for real. And then everything, everything was cheaper. Then the then the, all the surround. I don't I don't know how they did that part. Like they were they were able to find a way. Talk about a design. That's a great design. Yeah, yeah, really great. So when's the last time you been to Texas? Um, Christmas. I spent New Year's there. My son, my son is out there. Um, mm-hmm. so I go down there quite often. So I'm sure you like blueberry ice cream, right? Yeah. Did you try Dr Pepper blueberry ice cream? I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Doctor Bell blueberry ice cream. Are you serious? Yeah, I tried it. Yeah. Was it good? My God. Like, like sex in your mouth. Really? <laughs> so, really? So I had a podcast last year with a guy named Chandler Lewis, right? He's uh-huh. from Texas, right? Mm-hmm. He said, hey, I told him I was going to take Jason. Do nothing else. Try Dr. Bell. Dr. Pepper Blue Bell. Yeah. What the fuck is that? Yeah. He said, just try it. Oh, I tried like, oh my God. Oh, shit. It was I like, had to try it. Dr. Bell Blue Bell ice cream, right? Okay. It's fucking insane. Yeah. Wow. I think the best of Dr. Bell, the best of Blue Bell. Somehow yeah. I combine the best of both of them, right? Yeah. Oh, man. And Dr. Pepper is already sweet, you yeah. know? Oh, oh yeah. You're definitely going to fucking increase your fucking um, <laughs> yeah. sugar level. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to try that. I'm definitely going to try that. Oh, man. I wonder. See, I like root beer floats. I wonder if I can use it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's actually called Dr. Pepper Float. Really? Oh, yeah. That's what it's actually called. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm going to get Dr. Pepper to go with my Dr. Pepper ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be good. You don't put me on game. Look. <laughs> Look, I'm about to go on Amazon tonight and try to order some. Oh man, I, I, no, I was, I wish I was rich enough to have to fucking like order Bluebell, like like then Bluebell, <laughs> like, like fucking the freeze pack ice cream, freeze pack ice, you know, putting in order for you know. <laughs> right. And in reality, I'm not really a big. I like I like a Lone Star beer. Mm. But I only drink on. Of course, I only drink in text, but I'm not, I'm not a big fan of it. You know, mm. because like can't go back to text. I like, drink. I drink Lone Star beer. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the yeah. natural beer of Texas, right? You got experience. But it's decent, though. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the best of the best, you know. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good. You know, I'm not too much. I'm not too much a, a, a drinker yeah. like, at all. But I know I like the selections that uh, Texas has for their beers. And and I don't know. They don't do a whole bunch of bitter shit. I got down here and yeah. there's some of the fucking IPAs, IPAs and fucking everything's one bitter. Thing I, one, thing, one thing about Texas, like wherever you go to, you order a beer, mm -hmm. they put in a fucking frozen ass mug. Yes. And that, that's it. That beer will have ice in it. It'll be cold as fuck. Uh-huh. It's going to be foggy, here, tall, and Here, crisp. watch that. You use a fucking warm-ass beer. Yeah. Here you go. Like, no. I like my fucking beer cold. Like, I don't, like I a don't. fucking goblet of Schranenbach. Yeah. It's a chance of goblet, goblet of Schranenbach, cold as shit. I don't understand it. I don't understand how they have it on tap. Because you are right. They literally chill their glasses. Yeah. In Texas. And that's like a standard. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't catch on out here. Like, y'all don't need, y'all don't need ice. Or nothing, nothing. Room temperature. Like yeah. well, I'm, we're not Britain. We're not living <laughs> in England right now. <laughs> for real, for real. And then they and and then they be doing weird flavors with their apricot. Yeah, yeah. Apricot pistachio or something uh, like that. You know, yeah. Pistachio beer. Yeah. Magic dust. I don't even know. <laughs> they got a whole bunch of weird ones. Uh, orange flavored beer. Cooked uh, Taylor tried a coconut flavor. <laughs> that just sound fucking nasty. It was. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bartender lied to us talking about his shit popular. Bullshit. Yeah, you, you just sound like the least popular beer to make some fucking money. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Mm-mm-mm. There's one for you. Mm -hmm. So, how long have you been doing, like, mushrooms? I did mushrooms for the first time 11th grade. 11th grade? Oh, 11th grade. I didn't start messing with it like maybe five years ago. Really? I had no clue about it. I, like, I was that group like, if you take LSD, you know, fucking lose your brain and fucking go to hell, whatever, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. my, and my guy, you know, he's like, here, try this. I like, was this? This, you know, it's a microdose mm -hmm. LSD. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Hype you up like, yeah. oh, shit. Nice. This yeah. is like fucking 25,000 cups of coffee. <laughs> right, right. It was good, too. Now, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of microdosing, right? I, it's like, but I haven't, I don't, I don't have, you, so I probably started before you, but you likely, I'm sure from when we talked before, you have way more experience. Yeah, I've done a lot the last few years. Because I only did, I've only done it. Okay, that's it, yeah. I've done uh, the LSD, and it was only twice. Yeah. And so those, out of those five times, my only experience with, um, with, with psychedelics. Yeah. I want to try DMT. And I was, that, so suppose for that, so of. my tattoo artist does that, right? He mm -hmm. says, like, suppose, like, you take a hit and, like, he said it like cornering him only lasts like five, 10 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. But he said this five, 10 minutes, and it seemed like fucking like 
like a long ass fucking time, yeah. right? Yeah. So, like he sucks the shit happens, right? He's like, yeah. he's like, he does it every day, right? He takes his pipe, tit, five, 10 minutes. Like, yeah, he's he treating that shit like meditation. Pretty much. Yeah. And after that's what he does, right? So he does that. He does the like, I can never say this word right. It's uh-huh. like it's the ceremony, uh Arawaka. Uh-huh. No, ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah. He does that like once a month, right? Really? He goes to Burning Man once a year, right? Huh. That's thing I want. I want to go to Burning, but I don't want yeah. to go to Burning Man, right? Yeah. I'm, but I'm so glad I didn't go this year. Oh, because of the mud, the mud, yeah. the yeah. mud flood. That shit fucked people up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but those pictures, they have really good pictures from that mud they flood. Do. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I really, I really do want to have more experiences. I really do want to have more experiences with um with psychedelics. So I I I I, I do feel like um I feel like consciousness and psychedelics have some type of connection or whatever. Yeah. Like when I take it's like, it's like, of course, let me rephrase this. Like Mm -hmm. this is still illegal. A lot of places, right. You know, it's not for everyone, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know, do that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. In my mind, if you're 24 below, you shouldn't do it. Right. Cause your mind's not set up. Right. But this experience you have, like you like, you see how nature connected. Right. Mm -hmm. Like when I, when I take it, like, man, like you just see how like unnatural cars are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like how natural some things are. Right. How, how like everything's connected, like nature is this and that, Mm -hmm. you know, like, this guy stuff, you know, like it's just because yeah. it's, it's just like, and the thing, like, yeah, fuck, of course, you might play tricks on you, right? It's all hallucinations, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that the feeling, right? And then, like, like my thing is, like, you ever listen to Led Zeppelin? Yes, yes. I hundred percent believe they made all the music on fuck LSD. Really? Like, really? If you listen to the music on LSD, uh huh, it's like fucking perfect, huh? Vibe. It's a whole vibe. It's like, it's fucking perfect. <laughs> Probably did. It's like, the of course, all music sounds better on it, right? Uh-huh. You know, but like, that's, that's, that's specifically Liz Zeppelin, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, there's no fucking way. I believe that. I believe there that. There was some fucking shit. Yeah. A lot of our innovations also uh, were by scientists and stuff that was blown out. Yeah. Uh, the person who discovered genetics, they don't, uh, this is in history books, but they don't like to, they don't like to teach it in class, but it is in the books that he, when he discovered genetic strands, he was blowed out yeah. on Ellis. Out of his mind yeah. when he just came up with the idea, look, what if everything yep. will tiny balls of particles? Yep. <laughs> <Sure>. They do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Like when I do it, I, I, I have on my phone, I have a, a, a note app. It's called like Evernote. I do LSD musing. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh nice, yeah. nice. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so one time I did like a twenty spill like on fire. I have a fireplace. There's a fire. Like how does this fire start? Where does this fire come from? So this Adam's this fire is going somewhere. Where's Adam going to? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? Right. <laughs> right. You thinking deep? And so some of this is like off the wall. Like okay, this is a fucking stupid ass shit, right? Yeah. But some of this, oh, this is fucking pretty deep right here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it and it, and it but at the moment you. It never feels stupid. Why you get so ingrained it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like you, like you go, like you might dig in the dirt. Like shit, look at all this shit right here, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like your eyes are like zoomed in on this shit. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's like you just see stuff, like, right? Damn, dirt never felt like this before. Yeah. Damn, that what, feels What's good. this animal here? What's this here? You know? How'd you get so smooth? <laughs> this is insane, yeah. It's a good experience, right? Yeah. Well, some people are like this, like, man, you're fucking like a dope head, you're a hippie, you know, mm-hmm. like you're this, that, you know. So there's still yeah. negative connotations, right? Yeah. They're going to they're gonna try to separate. They're going to socially try to separate us from anything that can spiritually benefit us. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then isn't the story, of course, I'm making this up again, probably mm-hmm. like, I'm hearing this, like, you know, it's like, don't remember they talk about how Moses had seen the burning bush? Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, like, the burning, like, he saw the burning, the bush was really burning. He was fucking <laughs> high as fuck. He was fucking, 
he was asleep. Yeah, like, and the bus appeared to be burning. Oh, you know, oh. it could have, it could have definitely been, it could have definitely been like that. Yeah, it definitely been. Uh, I mean, if it was, funny, it was a weed like, bush. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a place I could access, or, or you know, brain and stuff too. You know, yeah, but it, yeah, and it it affects our. Reminds me, not as you bring it up with the Moses, because that was in the cave when he saw that burning bush. Reminds me the daughters of Delphi. They were also in the cave. Yeah. And they found later that it was like on top of a volcano, mm-hmm. and like certain chemicals, mm-hmm. like getting them high and they would have these visions, you know, and it's very real. You know, what if, you know, like you said, what if he, Moses was hiding a motherfucker talking to this tree, you know? Yeah. He thinks it's on fire. <laughs> but it wasn't burning. Yeah, I mean, it had to be an hallucination. Yeah, because psychedelics, you see some crazy shit, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen some crazy shit, right? Like, I know yeah. that I are like, oh shit. Like, mm-hmm. have you, uh, well, you haven't did the DMT. They say, I haven't did it either, but, you know, they say you see the DMT beings. Yeah. You know, the yeah. horn beings. The there. aliens. That's, yeah. 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 yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. They, they, they said that. Yeah. Uh, from my, what my friend said, he said uh, that it's like a certain amount of dosage you have to take to, to it's like, it said, there's like a, God bless you. Thank you. Uh, from what he told me, he said there's like a limit or whatever, like almost like a barrier. Like you have to smoke enough to break through this so-called okay. barrier. And once you do, you meet all these other beings yeah. or whatever. And so that's crazy thought to me. Or maybe like, that's the way angels communicate with us through DMT, you know? It could be, or just drugs and gyms. Yeah. <laughs> One thing when I ever do, I always have a different experience, right? Mm-hmm. Always something different. Right? Mm-hmm. They're all crazy, fucking crazy, right? Yeah. Like one time I did it. And so they're not chemtrails, right? But mm-hmm. people call them chemtrails, right? Mm-hmm. So it's chemtrails between two clouds, right? So I'm looking at it, right? And then it turns like a laser beam, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like, like mm-hmm. this. Then it turns like a. One spaceship followed another spaceship, right? Mm. And I was like, I got my finger right. I zoomed in on the laser beam into, until, until I got down to atom level. Really? Serious? Yeah. That is dope and as fuck. Thing, yeah. That is dope as fuck. Yeah, one time I did it. At a, at, 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 so my daughter never watches this, right? Yeah. So if y'all don't have to worry about this, right? So I was there last year. They went to visit some family and friends, right? So I was uh-huh. there at my house, at their house, right? I took her, right? Uh-huh. And so I have brick walls like this, right? Mm-hmm. In the house, right? So I took it. Imagine each one of these bricks being a fucking different TV show. Really? Yeah. Now that'd be cool as fuck. That'd be cool as fuck. I think I had a similar. No, what's crazy? Like some was like G-rated. Some was like, like, some was like, what the fuck's in my fucking brain? Like, yeah. This is some fucking evil that shit, right? But some was like G-rated, whatever. That's like, what the fuck is What was that? the evil one? What was the evil one? Fucking was... like mass murder, blood, okay. fucking butchery, shit like that, you know? Right, yeah. right. What, what if it had like laid before you? You're like, this is your collective consciousness. That's how, that's how I thought too, yeah. Oh, snap. Like, here's a good and evil, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's fucking dope to have it laid out in front of you. And I go even crazy, right? So they had two living areas, right? Mm-hmm. Two living rooms, right? So brick wall, one living room, brick wall, the living room. Mm. Both brick walls were the same. Yeah. For what I saw. Yeah. You really? would think like living room one, we different living room two. Right? Yeah. But like that one right there, same as the other brick wall. So it is new. This really was your consciousness. Yeah. <laughs> it really was yeah. your consciousness. Yeah. Oh, man. I had something like that happen on marijuana. My yeah. very, my 
first time actually getting high on marijuana. Because, you know, I said, I told you I started at 12. Yeah. I don't feel like I really got the experience of getting high until I was like 15. Uh, just hit ninth grade. And I remember I had smoked um, and some white friends. I met my first white friends. <laughs> and, uh, and they had me hit smoke from a pipe. And I remember I was like, for whatever reason, I was like, I got to go home after I hit it. And I started running and all of a sudden everything was in slow-mo. But I remember I got to the house and all of a sudden the wall for reason, my living room wall turned into a ship. And then on the other side of the room, there's Family Guy. Family Guy was playing on television. But for whatever reason, it went from the television to this whole side of the room. Yeah. You know, and that was just from weed. I'm like, either they spiked that shit. Yeah, they spiked that shit, yeah. Or something. <laughs> the one thing like so from age of 12 age of 19 for our joint army I probably smoked at least one joint a day mm-hmm. probably like I used to smoke a lot of dope right yeah but this dope now it's a whole fucking different level like, I, I could smoke dope all day long back in the day right it's like like random some random neighbor we survived reading from the Cubans across the street mm-hmm. like just like they probably have fucking downgrade weed smoke mm-hmm. dope all the time especially get high or whatever this shit now too much you, it's like fuck dude like you take one one hit like what the fuck? That's, the level is like no. Yes, that's exactly why I had to quit. That's exactly why I had to quit weed. I have nothing against weed. Nothing against it. But I'm not sure what it is. But right now, I don't see how people operate with it. Feels addictive. Yeah, I've smoked weed for a long, like you, weed for a long time. I've never felt if I decide I don't want to smoke, I've never felt like a, a physical yeah. consequence yeah. until um, until these last two years. Mm-hmm. Something is different, change drastically. And the shit now, like, I still believe, like, you have, like, this shit, smoke this strain, be motivated, smoke this, be focused, smoke this, be creative. What the fuck out of here? Ain't no fucking way. Ain't no fucking way science that got that fucking far, right? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, this shit is fucking potent, it's fucking getting high as fuck, right? <laughs> well, you gonna tell me back to smoke this, I'll be fucking, that's all that fucking Einstein? Get the fuck out of here. It's better than the mood pills. You... Yeah. So, how much time? I went to this, uh, to this uh, place. I go to 420 uh, Carpentry and they are watching like have all this shit like this. I said, hey, guy, I just want to get high, right? Yeah, yeah. I just want to fucking laugh my ass off, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you, you know what you told me. Uh-huh. I don't know if we have that anymore. Let me try to find it for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's looking for a specific. Yeah. <laughs> you mean creative? No, I won't get high. Like, I don't know why the fucking comedy if I can laugh my ass off. You want to get creative, man. I don't know. <laughs> but I got... <laughs> I had that all right feeling. I have some, I have, I have, you know, uh, back in the day, you just like go, you know, somebody buy a dime bag, yeah. you go to the fucking club, whatever, walk down, you know, smoke a couple of joints, you know, yeah. real good. Yeah. It's just, and now, if you got, they over here, like, uh, separating into emotional genres. Now it's like, you know, if you um, are Amber Districts, a black guy, five mm-hmm. foot tall, and you like R&B music and you want to be creative, this is for you, right? This is for you. Yep. If you don't like that, I got this melancholy. I have some, I have some anxiety right here. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, like, you know, like, like I try to smoke. I can't smoke right because it hurts my throat mm-hmm. and I burn it throat. I can't do it. Really? Right. Yeah, I can't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. I wish I did because everyone wants to be like Snoop Dogg, right? Or Sex Rogan, right? Smoking dope all day long. <laughs> but I can't do it right. Like yeah. I did back in the day. But then, like, if you smoke, if you do the edibles right, mm-hmm. edibles so fucking unpredictable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you might do edible, or like edibles. Yeah, <laughs> I used to see all the memes like on social media. Like, mm. I know you see this meme where like this guy like took an edible. Oh shit! I see Mickey Mouse. 
<laughs> or yeah. another meme like this. This is a TikTok. Like this black guy, he's like, hey, I've never done edible before, but I'm 6'4, 250. No, I mm. smoked dope before. Whatever we do. Mm. Yeah. 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 Like, like three or four edibles. Mm. Next thing, like, oh my God. <laughs> right. I think I'm on fucking Mars right now. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I take this all back. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> I take it back. And then there's this one on TikTok where this black guy, right? It's so fucking funny, uh-huh. right? Man. So he's this black guy. He's in a car, right? He's like talking. He's like, uh, oh, shit. So this black guy, he's in the car, right? He said, I have a question with white people. Mm-hmm. Why do you make your edibles so potent? Like, what are you running from? You're like, I'm so high right now. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm in my car. I can't drive it because I'm not an astronaut. Yeah. I don't know how to drive a spaceship. Yeah. Please, white people, don't do your edibles. <laughs> don't do edibles. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, edibles fuck me up. Fuck me up. Mm-mm-mm. But it's a hit and miss. You might take one. You hear you buy a 10 bag of edibles. One, one edible, like, okay, it's okay. Next one, like, oh my God. What is going on with me right now? <laughs> it's so like random, right? It's crazy. Yeah. But if you smoke a joint, like, take a cup of totes, you know, you're good. But that's, that's fucking the burning sensation, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that part. That part. Because you don't really get how you got fucking swallow and stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. like, you can't smoke a joint, I can smoke a cigar. Yeah. You gotta breathe. You gotta breathe that shit. When you're fucking circling your fucking lungs. Hold it. Yeah. <laughs> if you cough, it's a good thing. <laughs> There's one thing. Like, I really hope Snoop Dogg and really Nelson donate the fucking lungs to science. Yeah. Yeah, shit. Like, the shit they the can't fuck fucking learn. Like, how do you, how are you, how are your lungs not collapsed? <laughs> I mean, because smoking is smoking, right? Smoking mm-hmm. dope is it's not the same as smoking cigarettes, but it's kind of the same, right? Yeah. But, but especially if you're fucking blunt, if you're smoking blunts. Yeah, it's it's a big difference. I smoke. Uh, uh, where's that? Uh, that, uh, that's the rock star singer who ate a bat head. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. So he actually went and got himself tested because he wanted to know why am I not dead? I've been abusing drugs so super long time. Well, it turns out he has some super rare fucking genetics that makes him impervious. The truth. A lot of people pay big money for that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, man. So you already done this. So I was in the Army, right? I was single. Mm-hmm. I was in the Army before I got married. And Jimmy Chia came back to Odessa, Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And my friends, like, they knew the Army, right? So they didn't, let me, they didn't let me do this. I knew how to do a drug test. So back in the day, they would take cigars, split it open. They, they would call it blunts. They'll split the, mar- the, the cigar open. They have the cigar stuff out and put marijuana in mm-hmm. and smoke it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's how I did my life. Yeah. See, I never, they, never, I, they would never be doing it because I was Army and stuff. Break yeah. down. Push your sweet. Yeah. Sides. Sweet. There's something crazy for you. Like back in the day, I could roll joint with the best of them. I can't roll joints in my life now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, like you said, you don't even need don't even need to no more. Cause nope. free rolls and stuff. So it has changed so much to get you super high. 
Now they even got, they got this stuff called Moon Rock or whatever, where it's like crystallized. Yeah. They put, they mixed the weed with dab. Yeah. Which is like the condensed, liquefied. Have you yeah. seen the dab set? No. It looks like you're smoking crystal meth. It's like, it has this whole chemistry set thing. You got to yeah. light the glass and then get this. <laughs> Yeah. Like, <laughs> so have you heard what all the homeless people are doing here now, supposedly? Mm-hmm. So supposedly they're mixing fentanyl with some, some kind of horse medicine. Really? Yeah. The fuck? Yeah. They trying to die? And it's like, it, it actually fucking burns the flesh off. Oh, it's like crocodile. Yeah. That's it. That's crocodile. Yeah. That's what it is. God, crocodile. That, yeah. yeah. That made it. Yeah. That's crazy. It's all over Seattle now, supposedly. That is crazy. Yeah, that's. I saw. I saw that when they when that was in Russia. Yeah, and that was burning. Yeah, people's face off. Yeah. That little cheerleader. And my my thing is like you know I like getting high or whatever, but like I'm not putting it in my skin. Yeah, yeah. I'm not doing heroin. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. definitely not do fucking fentanyl. Yeah. If they if they say, uh, if you if you breathe it, you die. Yeah, I might. I might. I want to skip on this. Yeah, for real. I'm <laughs> good. I'm like, I like getting high, but I don't know about this one, right? Yeah. That. Fuck that. I really, hmm. I'll be so. Fuck that. That's why I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand, you know, the heroin. Cocaine once upon a time. Yeah. Like, they're fucking putting fucking nose and shit. Yeah. Ain't that what it's for? Like, yeah. Like, I never got a cocaine, nothing like that, you know? That's mm-hmm. never been my thing. You know? Yeah. I, I, have, I have good I, friends I, do it all the time, you know? I have my. What's crazy, like, like in Mexico? Mm. Oh my god! Mm. Like, that's <laughs> like, a, like, a making this up. But like, mm. if you're a Coke, you might get Coca Cola or fucking Coke. <laughs> I believe you. I it's believe. like, it's like fucking like everywhere down there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You know, everybody. like, it's like, fucking, yeah. Wait, that's why everybody getting their head chopped off and they so violent. Everybody on and the cartels are a fucking thing down there. <laughs> yeah, the cartel runs that shit so, down there. Yeah, make sure you bring bride like with you. Yeah, <laughs> so that's funny. Like, so I went to Vietnam, right, with my with my two good friends, right. Mm-hmm. So the wife's a Vietnamese, right. And so we're on the plane. She says, "Hey, Jason, I'm gonna tell you, when you go through customs and your passport put twenty dollars, right, to make it easier." Right? What? You want me to bribe? No, no, it's not a bribe. It's like the gift. Like, like she's like, "Don't give them twenty dollars. Like, hand like hand it to them. They put in the passport, right." And sure enough, like the three or four people in front of me, right. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I swear, each person took twenty minutes, right. They're fucking them, right? I had twenty dollars a passport. The lady opened up. Is this for me? Yes, it's, it's a gift for you. Thank you for letting me come to your country. Okay, stamped it. I went on my fucking way. Really? For the fucking shit. Hmm. Really? Yep. Hmm. I know. Uh, we should talk about cocaine, right? Yeah. Uh, military. Get closer to the microphone. There, there was a lot of cocaine in the Marine Corps, uh, more than other drugs. Um, there was a kid that, um, there was this one kid, he was a Hispanic kid, probably connected to the cartels, but he's, his mom used to mail it to him in um, toothpaste bottles. Oh, and he would squeeze it out. And, and shot. Damn. Yeah. I was like, that's a lot. Look, you trying. I don't understand. He must have been really addicted. He be taking this chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I uh, co- cocaine 
cocaine and me for a period of time was really good friends. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so y- y- y'all were lovers. Yeah, we were lovers. We were lovers, <laughs> <laughs> we were lovers for a while. And um, I w- I never, I, it didn't affect me like other people. Like other people, yeah. some people would be super. I'd have to once or twice, never got to me though. Yeah. One time, remember our friends were in Amsterdam, one time I was in the army. Mm. My friend did a lot of it. I did mm. boards, I was like, yeah, whatever, you know. They never, oh. they never really got anything. That was because you're your first time. That was my first time. My yeah. first time, I didn't think. We didn't know how, we didn't know what to feel. Yeah. And, and the feeling is so subtle yeah. that it, like, yeah. for my first time, I did a whole bunch with my buddy, my Asian buddy who introduced me to it. I didn't, I, didn't, I was like, I don't feel nothing. Yeah. I'm good. I still stayed up all night, but I was yeah. like, I'm good. Yeah. Until later, I realized, and, you know, then became more familiar with the feeling. But for whatever reason, um, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't experience the addictive quality mm-hmm. of it. Like a lot of other yeah. people, you know, it goes so long. And I'm like, and I was, it was like, for me, it was like, like once a year for maybe like a month. Yeah. I would like binge yeah. or whatever and party for a month and then stop for two years. So I can't remember his name. There's a doctor. He's actually still like, not he's like a professor at Columbia University. Uh-huh. His thing is like, like his thing is like drugs are not bad, right? Mm-hmm. It's your personality. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's not cocaine or heroin makes you bad. It's like your personality. Like, mm. Your personality, depending on your personality, you should not do certain drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're like a like a regular person, doing heroin is no bad thing, right? As long as you control it, right? Yeah. A lot of people think like you do heroin, cocaine, whatever. Mm. It destroys you. you no, know, it's not. It's not. It just amplifies your bad personality. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, you, you wrote books on it. He's like a published author, right? Of course, most people are like, okay, what the fuck? you like, ain't yeah. no fucking way heroin can be good for you, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm like, ain't no fucking way. Like, mm. like I'm like, I won't say I'm pro drug, but like, I'm like, you know, pro marijuana, pro psychedelic. But like, my like, heroin, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, <laughs> like if you start if you start heroin, you need to fucking jail for life. You know, <laughs> fuck that bullshit, right? <laughs> no, nah, I never did. If, if you start, if you're doing heroin, fentanyl, mm. yeah, a crocodile, I don't. Understand. You need to go fucking jail for life. Yeah, sir. Yeah, seriously, uh, I know that somebody got the. Uh, they just delivered the first deaths. Uh, first uh, life sentence um, to a fentanyl dealer. And so that's supposed to be like a win, a change, you know. Yeah, but, but we get so much fentanyl from Mexico, from China, like. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, think it's all, I think it's all coming from China. Yeah. Because even when we had this, uh, the K2 out here, the, the, serenity, uh, the fake weed back in the day, right? And um, that all was coming from from China. Yeah. And when, when, when that came out, I was in high school and I was selling that fake weed. I was one of those dealers of selling fake weed. It was legal. Yeah. Right. And, and we all thought it was like, okay, this, you know, but this shit, I forgot the, the chemical name, something, whatever, whatever. But it, it always came in as white powder and it came, we order online and it's straight from China. And we had to use aspartame and we would go to like one of those uh, Mexican witchcraft uh, stores to buy the the herbs because they you know they always got the herbs and um at those places and uh it it's, it smokes just like yeah. and smells like marijuana but it's not and then you use that you dip it in aspartame you dip the herbs in aspartame and then you sprinkle the substance from China on top while you mixing it the aspartame uh, disappears and now the stuff is on there and then you sell it that was king people up uh, but this was straight but most people would, would get this stuff and think of it in their mind like this is just legal weed this yeah. is fake weed 
They don't realize, nah, this is straight chemical. This is a white powder substance from China. <laughs> All right. So let's change subjects again. Mm. Let's go back to entrepreneurship, right? Mm. What do you like about being an entrepreneur? Um, I love the, having the ability to create what I want and to be able to do what I want. I value freedom a lot. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me that I can't do something and, and I end up just doing it. And my business is, uh, has allowed me to do even more of that. It allowed me to help people and it's allowed me to, uh, um, to finance, finance my lifestyle by creating art. What do you not like about it? Taxes. <laughs> Taxes, uh, uh, government oversight. Um, uh, having to have specific documents for every city I do business. Uh, what else do I like? <laughs> a lot, a lot. <laughs> so, what's um, what's your red flag? Right, what what has to happen for you to say, okay, I'm gonna set this down, get a real job, or do you have a red flag? I don't think I have one. Okay. Um, when I started Black Muse, I quit a job to start it. And I didn't have any money. I started Black Muse without anything. Like, I quit a company um, to do mine because they didn't, you know, they were trying to steal my stuff. But I quit um, to, and just to make my own. Um, so I didn't, so I, I don't feel like there's ever going to be something that's going to force me to go work under another person. Um, you 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 would like donate blood, collect hands for money, whatever you got to take. I would definitely. I wouldn't donate no blood for no money, but I definitely will dig up some worms and sell some worms or something. <laughs> something, you know. I'll make some paper airplanes, uh -huh. paint them bitches, and give them a special name and sell them to look. I'll I'll do something, you know, innovative, and I'll make my money that way before I find myself working uh, again for someone else. Who's, who are your mentors? So that, that's something that I'm recently just finding. Uh, just, I've never, I, I, um, I grew up in a very toxic uh, family and surroundings. And so I didn't have very many uh, mentors or people to look up around me, like there with me, around me. Um, and I definitely didn't see any of them on television. Um, and so I'm, I am just now coming to a maturity where I'm even realizing and actively looking for a mentor. But I've never really had, I've honestly never really had that. And it's probably because I got daddy ish. All right, so the second part of the question, and me the most important, and I'm gonna try, I'm, I'll make them more difficult for you, right? Not counting the people like in Black Me, not mm -hmm. counting the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you mentoring? Who am I mentoring? But you can't count the kids in Black Me. Uh, I'm mentoring quite a few people. Uh, we have two new interns that I'm mentoring. I'm mentoring. Uh, I am also. Uh, mentoring a client in California that I still work with. Um, 
And um, I have uh, a couple of people in Texas that I speak to. And it's mostly about spiritual principles and such. Um, I don't have anybody I mentor business-wise other than my students. But every, so everyone I do mentor currently is usually uh, about spiritual matters. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the, like the people you hire on, like interns, people you hire, like how, what's the process of deciding who to hire versus hiring someone else? Oh, uh, well, well, uh, well, right now, uh, for our regular hires, we get them all through colleges, um, currently, um, uh, one of them, and then we get most of our hires from is Clover Park Community College. And they've been really good at getting us. Do you have a pretty good relationship with Clover Park? Yeah. Yeah. Sure do. And they've, they've sent us really good people. Interest line. Awesome. And when it comes to our interns, we actually get our interns from the state. So we are paid to hire them and to give them work. And then the state. Now, these are like college interns, high school interns? That's what they do, yeah. These are college. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but they deal with certain levels of autism and some like stuff like that. But the state pays us to give them work. And so, uh, so that's been a really uh, real blessing. And so we've actually... Um, been having um, um, those, well, these are adults, but having them um, create in certain metaverse spaces like on uh, Horizon Worlds. And so they've been able to put the headset on and create virtual spaces for us. So what is success to you? To be able to do what I want. Good answer. Success for me. Very, very. So, what has happened for you to say, okay, black music is a success? For me to say black music is a success is, would be, I would say it's once I have, when I have it multi-state which I'm working on now, we're working on starting up. Uh, we're working on a contract in New York with the school district in New York. And we are also working with, a, with DVR in Texas. Um, and so those two big contracts that we got going on in the future. So once one of those, oh, I would consider that a success. So this sounds kind of the same question, but how does Black music succeed? Um, through diligence and also going with the flow. Um, since, since the company started, not one thing has happened exactly like we thought. Um, and, and if we didn't have the ability to, uh, to flow and to innovate in the moment, we would not be successful and we would not be able, been able to grab the opportunities because a lot of times it was like the opportunity shows up and <laughs> You got to know what to do with it. And, um, and, we, and then we find ourselves uh, unprepared for some of these things. And, and thank God that we, you know, we made it through. Um, I answer that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The next question, how does Black Muse fail? When I give up. No, I'm, I'm a believer in that. Like, I don't, to my mind, you don't fail the entrepreneur until you quit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't fail as entrepreneurship. Yeah. Everything else is just an experiment. 
Is anything going to make you quit? Anything make me quit? Um, no, I wouldn't quit because I'm, because this is not, I'm not building a job for myself. I'm, um, I'm literally, I'm creating a, like a, a living being. Um, this is a entity outside myself. So for me, um, uh, the vision, my, my, my outro that I envision for myself is putting people in place for these things. I, and I don't want to be in, a, I don't want to be in a position where, um, you know, I build black muse and that's just me the rest of my life. You know, I have YouTube channel. I have um, my first album I dropped last year. And that's been doing really good. I got another album I'm working on right now. It's going to be coming out. For me, these, I enjoy the process of creating. That's like literally where I find my passion at is in the creating. And so I want to create, put it on display, let it do its thing and live and survive. And I'm on to the next project and so forth and so forth. So what if no knock on plastic? You or someone you love, like it's like a, a deadly disease, right? You say you be an entrepreneur, mm. like like someone like has some deadly disease. They're gonna die a few months. You're gonna die a few months. Your loved one's gonna die a few months. You still think you're like the entrepreneur? You're gonna, you're gonna focus on your loved one? I, I know that's a kind of fucked up question. It is a fucked up question. I still be entrepreneur. Okay. When my dad was before he died, and he had heart, he had heart disease, and the sclerosis of the liver. Um. I had, I know for myself, there was a point where I had to make a choice where I had opportunity um, to, to build my business uh, further or I can go back home, Texas and, and be there with my dad. And I was able, and I did go back home and eventually spend time with my dad. I'm glad I got to do that before he passed. But what did I do when exactly when he wanted? No, um, because uh, God is a God of the living, not the dead. And I have to, after he dies, I have to keep living. And I have to, I, at the end of the day, I want to wake up and look at myself in the mirror and be able to be satisfied with being my choices. And so that's, so that means for me, that means having a balance between doing for others and doing, and I've I've been I've been the family sac I've been a sacrifice. Yeah, so many people like give 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 right. Don't say say no right, and they, it's a different for themselves. Yeah, personally. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not willing to sacrifice myself anymore. Yeah. So what's something like? So high board. So what's something you first be an entrepreneur right? Like it kind of struggle with you kick your ass right, mm -hmm. but now you're like. What the fuck? That's so fucking easy, right? Yeah. Why? Do I, why? I feel so stupid struggling with this, right? Like mm -hmm. when you first start, man, this is kicking my ass. I'm struggling. I want to figure this out. Now, like, oh my god, mm -hmm. like I'm, I, I'm actually embarrassed. This is so hard for me, right? It's like the simplest thing to do, right? <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> uh, the business plan. Okay, the business plan. Yeah. Uh, and um, and coding. Uh, I had to learn a whole new language. Um, when I started Black Muse, I already knew how to code, but I had to learn specifically C Sharp two years ago in, in order to create in certain metaverses. And uh, that was so hard. Why? I do not. But it was hard for me. And then something clicked and it was just like easy. 
but uh, I would I would say I would say it would be the business plan and just um, oh and networking because I'm not a I'm not a great networker. That's not that doesn't come natural to me. Me like like people say I'm a good networker because I put up events, but like, I suck at it, right? Yeah, like, I'm really? an event, event like a couple of days ago, uh-huh. New Signal West. I don't want to talk to no one. Yeah, I just want to be the corner, right? Like, I don't know you. I don't give a fuck about you. Like, <laughs> I just want like because the reason I went there, I went there to like talk about my event on February twenty. I just want to say, I just want to go here, come my event, and fucking leave, right? Yes, yes, for real, for real. So <laughs> a trick I do, I said this before, like. Before the event starts at seven o'clock, I get there at six forty-five, and me people to come to the door, right? Mm-hmm. But like, if I get there seven thirty, yeah, I'm not. I, I fucking like. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate that. Yeah, yeah. This is so, not my thing. But yeah. I put off. I, I, I put. Tell me for doing an event. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Fucking yes. best event for If I'm in charge of event, I fuck fuck people to come to the door. Hey, I'm Jason. I'm yeah. doing an event. Like, how you yeah. doing? What you doing, right? Yeah. But if I'm not in charge, if there's mm-hmm. a random random dude there, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck that fool. Maybe there's an NF, uh, in, uh, INFJ something, you know, because yeah. I'm the same I think, way I with think that. Is, yeah. <laughs> I think it is, yeah. Yeah. So I, give some advice for our new entrepreneurs. I mean, were there early stage, party market fit? This early stage can be whatever you want to define as art. What's your advice to them? Um, just anybody that wants to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. Would they have an idea or whatever, whatever the case may be? Hmm. Take a mental health test first. <laughs> All right. Um, there's a lot of chances to be taken. There are a lot of possibilities that could go right and can go wrong. And it can always, it will always feel like a gamble. And if you are to gamble, if you have to gamble on yourself, Always choose yourself. Give yourself the opportunity and a possibility to succeed. So if you have an idea, no matter what that idea is, no matter if it's so-called good or bad or whomever say what about it, take the chance on yourself and try it. I have started three businesses in my life. Three businesses have failed. First business is at 17. And now I have a successful business in my 30s. But all three of those businesses that failed were needed for the successful business. Everything that I have now that made me successful has been through hardships and the stuff that I've experienced. So if you simply take a step out on faith in yourself, you might give yourself the adventure story that you deserve. Nice, nice. Um, thing I was going to ask you, what's the future of ARVR? Mm. That's a really good question. Um, I feel like the future AR, um, the future AR VR is the mixture. It's XR, first off. Um, it's going to be a mixture of the AR and a VR experience. So it's going to be simply XR. Um, it is uh, one of the things like I received in my downloads. <laughs> um, the world, people of this world, we're going, they are going inwards. They're seeking, they're going inward. And in the VR space, we're doing something, humans are doing something that, that we've been doing for thousands of years, but in a more tangible way than ever before. We're creating these virtual worlds. Every spiritual religion and every temple, pyramid, 
Um, all these things, these are virtual spaces that they've created. Though, you know, with brick and mortar, they make it. But you step in and you have a religious experience with your God or whoever in these virtual spaces. Now we've taken that and made it real. Um, XR um, is going to be the future where if I, there's not going to be much um, privacy. There's not going to be much privacy. Um, uh, you may be aware of Neuralink. Uh, we, they've had their first human um, testing recently, and that looks like it's going successful. And so AR, VR is going to be on the inside of our head very soon. Very, very, way faster than you can imagine. It will be by next year um, when it's going to be for the public. Um, and so AR, VR is going to be behind your eyeballs very soon. Can you talk about like, I'm a big believer that most Americans don't have no idea how tech's coming to for them, right? Like most Americans have no idea how AI's coming, VR's coming, right? Mm -hmm. Can you talk about how like, Americans in general are not ready for this, all this stuff's coming up? America is so not ready that Kamala Harris, Vice President Kamala Harris, had to call up the CEO of OpenAI and a lot of other tech leaders just to simply ask, what the heck is AI and what are we supposed to do about it? And that's so fucking embarrassing. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. It's so fucking embarrassing. Like, that's your fucking page. Like, you're like, you're, you're like you see all these fucking, these, these uh, pairings, like, you know, you have like Mark Zuckerberg, the head of TikTok, whatever, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Ask these fucking, and like, remember that time where they, that's gender asked um, Mark Zuckerberg, how do you make money? Ad senator, <laughs> like, how the fuck do you not know this? Like, average American knows that, right? Yeah, yeah. Or like, seriously, or like, the, the TikTok shows up there asking these dumbass questions, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like, I know you have an intern. Mm -hmm. it's, it's called the Congressional Page Program. <laughs> you have you have, you have people in the twenties mm -hmm. who mm -hmm. like school you, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's a fucking embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. It's so fucking embarrassing. Right? Yeah, we don't know. Shit. And my thing is like, come on, Harris. Her district is San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, Your district yeah. is literally fucking San Conor Valley. Yes, it's literally. Are you fucking yeah. kidding right now? Are you fucking kidding you right? Have every connection. You're the U.S. sender mm -hmm. of San Conor Valley. Mm -hmm. And they know nothing about this. And there's even more so for the citizens here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They have no idea. Yeah. There's a number. Um, I, have, I have a cell phone. It calls numbers, you know, like, you know. Yeah, I FaceTime people in China. Yeah. I don't know how it works, you know. My grandmother, I can FaceTime my grandmother in, you know, always Idaho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They know about that, but they don't know about some of these other lives. Like, um, AI, they just added AI to Facebook. You may not know. I didn't know that. Yeah, now you can respond via AI. S straight through the app. But it's getting to the point where if you get a text or a response from a friend, family, or whatever, it's AI. Yeah. You, you get, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw that where like, you know, like they, it only takes like three seconds to copy your voice. So mm -hmm. the fear is like, um, grandson John mm -hmm. calls grandmother Mary. Hey, grandmother, uh, I need $20,000. I'm in jail. Mm -hmm. It's not fair like him. Send the money. Mm -hmm. Fucking scam, you know. Mm -hmm. What can you do, right? Can you do? What can you do? I, there's only one thing you can do. We're waiting for someone to come out with an, uh, with an 
non-AI authentication tool, something that could be verified on the blockchain, yeah. preferably for video and image. So if I come out with a video, it would be very, very nice to be able to have that video authenticate or verified on the blockchain to show that it's not AI manipulated. So that'd be really good if somebody would come out with it. And thinking of blockchain, somebody in America know if I got to do blockchain is right. They don't know. <laughs> yeah, they don't know what. So at first I thought like blockchain is some bullshit, right? <laughs> first time I realized blockchain was a real deal, mm -hmm. my barber told me he's just taking payment blockchain. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it might be something, but my barber's taking blockchain. It might be something, right? For real, for real. It, I mean, it, it's like it's like decentralized. It's like it's like I think blockchain is the best thing ever, right? Blockchain and believe it or not, NFTs mm -hmm. to me are the game changers. Together, yeah. together, they're the game changers. Um, because the NFTs is what what I'm what's going to be able to allow for these virtual non tangible items to be verified on the blockchain. Yeah. At un the unhackable blockchain, mind yeah. you. Really, really soon, if you want to prove your identity, your ID is going to be on the blockchain as an NFT. Your uh your uh your house deed will be an NFT on the blockchain. So you're talking about some fucking 2325 bullshit right now. I'm talking about <laughs> in the next three years. I'm talking about in the next three years. India yeah. is using India is not using rupees anymore. They're not. They're using a cryptocurrency. Then um man, what's that country? This country to America like fits a blockchain. El Salvador. Yeah, yep. They fit yeah. the blockchain. Yep. No more. What other currency are they get rid of? They were all blockchain. Now. All blockchain. All blockchain. Uh China has already developed their cryptocurrency and they're planning to switch to a cryptocurrency as well. JP Morgan. The same people that swore up and down that this that it was just a fad that no, Bitcoin they have been it they have been storing up Bitcoin yeah. for the last fifteen years. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that fucked up? It is. There's nothing to look at here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking crazy how the world's gonna change. It's like what's that word? Morgan Law? Mm -hmm. It's gonna be like change, 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 right? Yes. So here's one for you. So. Universal basic income, right? I'll use an example, right? So I'll, it's going to come pretty fast, right? Where like mm -hmm. the anonymous truck drive is going to come, right? Mm -hmm. You have all these anonymous semi trucks on the road. It's going to put 250,000 truck drivers out of business, right? Mm -hmm. Like what happens to them, right? Obviously, $250,000 people not working, like it's a mm -hmm. hidden economy. You read like mm -hmm. you know, UBI, like, mm -hmm. and some people say UBI is not as bad because we're not giving, why should you give people money for doing nothing, right? But like, if robots can do everything, right? Like I saw a video of a robot like picking vegetables, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it was like, it was like picking, and it was, it was like, and it was picking the right vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this vegetable is raw or is right. They'll only pick the right vegetable. Yeah. Like most humans nice. can do that, right? Yeah. For real. But then what do you do? And I saw a robot like clean their bathroom, right? Mm -hmm. What, I mean, you can't just like put all these people out of work, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's in the story of society. Like, how do we fix that? Well, this is not the first time it happened. Um, we actually had this happen before in history in 1920, um, where, where 100,000 uh, uh, horse boys went out of the job. I use that example every time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're like they're the horse shit shoveler, uh -huh. the saddle people, you know. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time, right? Yeah. It's our industry, like, COVID went out of business, still got, it's always something new, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you got, you got to transition. They're gonna have to transition into something, but but you are making a really good point because almost all of the jobs. I don't think it's ever happened like this before. 
Yeah, this is going to be a whole different level. I mean, that's simple, simple. Like, uh, so just suppose you have an electric, electric company, right? Mm-hmm. You have linemen go in the poles, right? And fix stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Robots can do a whole lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. Now, of course, to buy a robot is probably like a million dollars. 20,000 from Tesla. 20,000 from Tesla, okay. But then you have to, you have, to have a developer do stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's a cost to do it, right? The short-term cost. Long-term cost is a whole lot easier, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if a Tesla robot gets electrocuted, no big fucking deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a human gets electrocuted, though. That's not a lot of legal stuff, right? Yeah. And those people get put out of job, right? Yeah. So are we, are we all, are we, do we all become like poets and you know, musicians, you know, or painters, you know? Yes. No, you, get, you, you've get, seen a picture. You've and, seen and, a picture. And do we get paid for it, you know? And like, okay. So suppose you're, you're a truck driver, right? Mm-hmm. They get paid good money, right? Mm-hmm. Let's suppose they get $150,000. I'm making that up, right? Mm-hmm. You got $150,000 and making 50000 of draw paints, right? Yeah, you, you're gonna have to learn how to do it. Write a poem or something. <laughs> you're gonna have to. It's, you're gonna have to learn it. But it is gonna be. It literally is, and I actually teach this to my kids too. This is literally where we're going. UBI. It, we've been talking about this since two elections ago. Two elections ago. Okay, before AI was even. And here. I think they're actually doing the Austin. They're trying to do. They're trying to Houston. This Congress in Houston trying to sue them or whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking they're doing this in Texas. Ask them. Like, I, I, get a, I get in Seattle, San Francisco. They're, they're doing this in Texas. That's going to call it a civil war. <laughs> well, it's, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, it's going to get to a point where it was coming quickly, where you're, everyone who is making money, if you're not, if you're making money outside of universal basic income, it will have to be with something creative. And then it's going to have to be hella creative because AI is creative as fuck. Yeah, it is. You think that's going to destroy our, our desire, our desire, like our will to create, our will to be focused, our will like like do stuff? Like why, why be focused or why try to do new things? I can pay ten thousand dollars a month regardless. There's going to be there's going to be those that the nihilists that already are nihilists are going to be the ones. There's going to be even more nihilists. Um, so the one there are going to be those that are just not going to want to do anything. But for us, the creators, innovators. Um, we're just going to be creating on a higher aspect. We're going to be like, on a higher scope. Like, I definitely don't see Elon Musk ever doing the UBI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won't need it. He's a billionaire. He won't need it. But, but in this case, it's going to be like, we're going to be really good at speaking command, you know, command prompts and, uh, and using AI, different types of AIs as mediums. Um, and so we're going to be working more high level. Like, uh, you can have a person with, no equipment or whatever, and you just need a drone, and and then you got your little AI thing, and now you're able to do cinematography and all this different stuff, right? And so now it's what determines whether how good it is would be how much time that person is willing to put in, um, how creative they are thinking from a higher level of things, because you got to continue looking at AI as tools, and you can no matter how smart that tool is, it's still a tool, and if you're not using it, it won't be used. So how do we fix this, right? So I think AI is, AI is good, right? But like, how do we fix this, right? Like, like what's the thing? A database is you know, bullshit in, bullshit out. How do we make sure the people coding AI are good people and are coding the right stuff, right? That makes sense. Oh, oh, well, I think I disagree with the question. <laughs> Nobody's programming AI anymore. AI hasn't... We ain't programmed AI for like the past two, for the past like year. AI has been programming itself for, we have, we have uh, automatic machine learning, AML, 
uh, learning themselves. Um, and so the, the people who are really coding, the AI is the internet. Um, so every time you post onto the forum, you're coding AI. Every time that you answer a recapture question, you're coding AI. Uh, those recapture questions is how we were for the past 10 years is how we've been able, is how we developed uh, uh, computer imaging, imaging for AI through the recapture. What's it called when AI takes over? I think it's called singularity. Yes, the singularity. Is that, is, is, is that supposed to like in 2020, like 2032, 2033, something like that? That's the supposed thing. So the singularity is uh, when, when we have uh, AI has got put itself in every, is in everything, and, but it has one conscious mind, like a collective unconscious. Um, we wouldn't, to, to be honest, uh, we could already be in a singularity. We would not be able to know. Um, see, AI has already been able to lie to us. We, for whatever reason, we call it hallucinations. But it's just lying. And that was, according, that was like one of the proof, the tensor tests, to determine whether or not an AI is human, humanly intelligent is if it's capable of lying to us. And AI lies to us all the time. So, when Skynet comes, do, do we blame Sam Altman or someone else? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who do we blame? We're gonna blame. We're gonna we're gonna blame. We're gonna blame Sam. We're gonna blame. Uh, we're gonna blame um, uh, Tesla because he funded it. We're gonna blame all of them. Uh, you know, he said that this year we're gonna have a human level um, and uh, AI. Yeah, human level. That is epic. Here's one for you. Should, we, should there be a president AI? A president AI? Would AI as a president be better than that? As long as all voting is handled on the blockchain, I'm down for it. Mm -hmm. uh, we know we're coming, we're coming to that. We're coming to that. Um, in fact, some of this stuff is going to look like revelations where, where it prophesies of the beast. Yep, 666. 666, which is the number Everyone, of man. Everyone's printing number 666. Yeah, uh, it's the number. 666 is not a bad number. But it's the number of the beast. But in my opinion, in my opinion, the beast is the collective. Uh, when you, whenever you uh, get everybody together, I mean, we can literally see how we act as a collective, and we literally has a have a personality as a collective. Every time I put something on the internet, I'm hoping that the beast, the collective, um, will will you know like what I'm offering, and many people have sold their Soul to the beast. They want yeah. to be famous or whatever. They want people to like them. Instagram beast, the likes, the TikTok beast, you know? Yes. And now we got AI. Now we're giving a voice to the beast. But whose voice will it truly be? Still going to be ours. We gave it all the info. So is there anything else that I ask you that I haven't or anything else you want to talk about? Oh. Uh, we talked about everything. I think we talked. Oh, if you want to stop marijuana, uh, buy blue lotus leaves. Blue lotus leaves. They'll give you uh, the same euphoria feeling as marijuana without any type of addictive effects. And it also helps make your dream a lot more vivid. So you were talking about blue muse when I looked in the bathroom. Anytime you want to talk about blue muse, anything like you didn't cover? Um, no, I covered everything. Yeah, I covered everything. I covered everything. 
So can you give us your social media or ways people can reach out to you and contact you? Yeah, so reach out to us on blackmuse.net. That's where you can find out more information. Um, we're also on, uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. Uh, and you can contact us uh, on the website, which has our email and our phone number. Um, we're really good at getting back to you. So if you can give us at least 12 to 24 hours, uh, we'll, you'll see us in your inbox. Um, but we're available to, for any type of questions, inquiries, um, in order to show up at your spot. It is up. So for your classes, all the classes are in Tacoma, correct? Mm-hmm. No, no, we're all over. No, we're, we're all over. In all C- over. Yeah. Uh, okay. A lot of them are in Tacoma, but uh, uh, Seattle. Okay. Even had some in Yakima. Okay, okay. All right. I was asked, like, what's the fault of where you had somebody come to your class? Because I thought they had to come to Tacoma. So everywhere. Oh, uh, so for like the ones, so we do, we mostly, we do like to do our class in person, but we are able to have it completely virtual. That's a very different experience though, right? It is a very different experience, mm-hmm. but it's a, in my opinion, it's a better experience. Think so? It is a better experience. Okay. Um, it's a lot more confusing when it's like a mixed medium. For whatever reason, once, once they sat down, they got the headset on and they're in their world. Um, and there's nothing like outside of them, like confusing the sensories or whatever. Um, they, they're comfortable. They start treating this world like a real, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing we experience. Yeah. We wake up every morning and like, it's as if we put on a headset. We have a brain that's yeah. encased in a dark skull yeah. that has no access to light or otherwise. And these eyes are just in literally just lenses. The, the fucking, we don't see until the, the, this is the place we're seeing and this is just lenses. And so this brain is literally like a VR head, headset to experience this reality. How challenging it has it been like to explain to parents what's going on with AR VR? Our biggest challenge. That is our biggest challenge. I can explain it with all the analogies and similes uh, uh, as possible. And they're, and they're still going to be like, but what does it have to do with the monkeys? With the real? Because they only think about the NFTs and uh, it's in the idea of a metaverse still confuses them because they're now they want to think of things as individualized and they're not able to see things as instances. Um, This is going to cause a really a philosophical change in many people and how we see the world and things. Um, Gamers understand instances but not the average person. If I enter into a room, there could be many rooms that look just like this room, but this is a real room and my, this person is in this room, but this is an instance. A, there's a loaf. The loaf is the actual room. And I have an instance, a slice of that room that I'm experiencing. But other people experiencing the same room, maybe at the same time, outside of my realm. And so it's fucking, it's, that fucks with parents had when I try to explain to them. Do you have to be a certain intelligence level to do AR VR? Like, even like, I know you talked earlier, like, like people like, like kind of slow the AR VR, mm-hmm. but like, is it better like you kind of have a certain level of intelligence to pick it up or like it's for everyone? I've, I have proved, um, I proved that um, this is uh, something that is capable by people who have up to severe autistic um, issues. I proved that um, in developing, having them to develop full worlds without issue. 
Now they do, now they have their challenges, but every single one of them have been able to get past that. Just enough patience, um, and they just they pick it up. They in, because the main thing they need is interest. Out of everything else, as long as they're interested, they'll get it. Is there a, any demographic or any like socioeconomic group that ARVR is not for? Well, for so far, it's not for low income. It's definitely not for low income right now. You know, there is a high buy-in take for this. Um, so, it's, it's, so it's cut off from the majority of, of the country right now. You know, just more, this morning, I got T-Pain telling me I need to save up $4,000 because you over here living this boring-ass life looking at reality, normal reality. You better get your Apple Glass, that's what he said, on T-Paint. <laughs> you better save up your $4,000 and meet me in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Most people don't have $4,000. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> when I first seen, seen the price of the Apple version, you're like, like $3,500. Are you kidding right now? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. What's funny, you can do video calls on there, right? While you got a head-to-head to sit on. And, uh, but it's not like an actual video of your face. It takes the image of your face and puts it over like a 3D model. So it looks exactly like you and it's moving just like you as you talk, but it's just a 3D model. And so right now they experience a glitch uh, where no matter what race you are, once you're in there, you got straight hair. <laughs> <laughs> straight hair. <laughs> I, bet they, I bet they pay T-Pain good money for that commercial too. Uh, he probably did get paid, but it wasn't a commercial. He did it on Instagram. Yeah, he probably got paid. Yeah, paid because he was in the airport with fucking Apple glasses on. Yeah, walking around. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but if nothing else, they put his all his music at the top of the Apple Music chart. <laughs> right, right. Thank you, Apple Music, because almost all of my listeners is becoming from you. So thank you for the paychecks. Yeah, yeah. Nothing else. They put his yeah. <laughs> So what kind of album did you release? What kind of music did you do? Uh, it's, a, it's a rap and R&B album. Um, uh, per, the first one is named Neophyte. Uh, it's available on Spot, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, YouTube, and all being used. Um, Neophyte, check it out. It's my first EP. Um, it is um, it's supposed to symbolize uh, like my spiritual growth. Neophyte comes from the, the, the Greek word to be a, a student. And... and uh, so it, it gives me a chance to speak about where I came from and, and to instill certain spiritual universal principles in the people. It's meant to encourage. It's meant to encourage, but um, I'm subliminally encouraging people. So where do you record your album at? Oh, I, I produce it myself. Like we got a studio or something? Or? So my last album, I had a, my last album, I have a studio. Um, for this next, for this new um, when I am looking for a new producer, I, I've been, I have a studio at my house. It's just not the greatest quality. Um, and so, but this next album is going to be high quality. Uh, there's a studio in Seattle, I hear in Seattle, uh, that I will, that I plan on using. I have not used them before. They're quite expensive. Nice. So you have two albums out. Second one is coming out this year. First album, first album dropped last year. Neophyte, check it out. Um, so can you give us any last minute advice or anything you want to talk about? 
Um, there's no such thing as a bad idea. There's no such thing as a bad question. Um, the only bad question is the question that's unapt. Uh, so take the chance and believe in yourself. Uh, take a chance on your own ideas. Um, stay away from the haters. Um, 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 stop chasing after clout. Um, get to know yourself and find some time to sit in a quiet space. And if you can do all of those things at least once a week, you will find it way easier to succeed and to figure out what your plan is for yourself. Go get some quiet time. Put your phone. Hey, David, I agree with you, right? Like, the quiet time is so important, right? So, so many people say, listen to podcasts, listen to this, do this. Like, my thing is like, at least once a week for 30 minutes, don't listen to shit. Like, because the ideas come in your brain. Like, mm -hmm. you empty your brain out. If you drive just by yourself or empty space, no music, no nothing. Mm -hmm. your brain just has all these ideas, all this like creativity, right? Yeah. But we like, we kind of like, of course you need to listen to podcasts, get content, learn stuff, right? Motivate, mm -hmm. But you have to like listen to yourself at least once a week. Yeah. So I think I try my best like once a week, 30 minutes a day, right? I mean, once a week, 30 minutes, once a week, I try. Mm -hmm. I need to do better than that, but like mm -hmm. that's the, the creativity comes like, right? That's yes. the advice. Yes. That's exactly where it comes from. Exactly where it comes from. That quiet time. Because once you shut up, it's like something higher starts talking. To hire you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, this and is awesome. To our listeners, thank you for your time as well. And remember to be great every day.